time to jump back into another week of books with your friends at Weird Science. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And you're back for another round <laughs> of Weird I'm Science Jim DC Warner. Comics Podcast. Yes, And this you is episode are. number 174. Yes, they are. Uh, yes, they are. Here we are happened? once again. Hello, one and all, to the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. I need to be picked up a little, Eric. I need to pick me up. Oh my goodness gracious, is that it? I'm a Dracula now. Once I'm a Dracula, then I'm okay. I'm in a bad, I'm in a bad mood this weekend. Uh, it's one of those, Erica, we, I haven't been in that much of a bad mood starting the podcast, but right now I am. Maybe something will pick me up later, but hello, one and all, to the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, the official unofficial podcast, weirdsciencedccomics.com, for the week of May 5th. 2018, we are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, the Batman Podcast Network, and the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. Proud. Proud. I am sitting here right now in my seat, and it is free comic book day still, though I think that most places were probably already sold out or, or have given away all of their comics. I actually went, and I talked about this on our Patreon news show. I went to our shop. I, I wouldn't call it our shop. I don't even like calling closest, it our shop. Yeah. It's the closest place. I went. They open at 12. I went at 12 thinking that even I was late that they would have opened up early for free yeah. comic book day. They were not opening up till 3 because there was a sign on the door that said, uh, since it's free comic book day and it'll be busy, we will be opening at 3 p.m. What the hell does that, that mean? That doesn't even make sense. I got so mad. I, I had already gone shopping. I would have egged the shop, but Eric, eggs, the prices of eggs have gone up lately. So That's I didn't want to do that. But I did have my, savages throw eggs. I had my car full of groceries headed down there just to pop in uh, with the intent of buying Avengers number one at least. And I had a couple ideas of some trades and things I was going to yeah. look at. And I get there. And uh, there's cars pulling in as I'm sitting there. Then afterwards, I just get back in the car. I'm like, what the hell? And I was by myself because everybody refused to go shopping with me today, which also pissed me off. Uh, But, yeah, I'm sitting there, and I went to get on the phone to start ranting and raving myself in the Slack chat, and my phone died. So then as I'm sitting there – about four, cars, about four other cars pull up, and that's just normal, dead, you know, the battery. And uh, people going to the door just shaking their heads in and driving off. It's just like, this is fucking ridiculous. So ridiculous. And that I guy, really hope that everybody went early and then refused to go back yeah, when they did you know, you know they would go back. They're, they were probably went back, and the guy was probably like, this is the best idea I ever had. Besides ah. eating that seven fucking quarter pounders two minutes ago because I'm a fat ass jerk. That's what he probably said, Eric. That's my that impersonation. I do too. I can't stand him. We're on Facebook at Weird Science DC Comics. On Podbean at Weird Science DC Comics at Podbean.com. On Twitter at Weird Science DC. And we have a website, Weird Science DC Comics.com. Eric, we also have a Patreon account. You'll know if you've heard this. It's, a, it's the secret I have. out there. We have a Patreon account at patreon.com slash weird science. This week, the bad asses picked two books, as they always do, DC Nation number zero and Harley Quinn, Harley Loves Joker number one. So if you want to listen to those, you can go over and listen to us do that. Which, uh, Reggie did the whole thing with us. So yeah. Reggie was with us. And in fact, that's the only book. The only books that we're going to be talking with Reggie ourselves this week. He will be doing a book with Chris. Reggie later. is a Patreon exclusive. Yes, Reggie is pa- Reggie with Jim and Eric, Patreon exclusive. We also have a spot 
Spotlight that comes out on the regular feed that you get this podcast on. And that was where we did Deathstroke number 31, which is part two of Deathstroke versus Batman. So you can listen to us try to piece that one together. Uh, it was a little bit down than what I thought, you know, the first one was, how it ended. I actually, uh, in my mind, that uh, Deathstroke versus Batman has been kind of meh. You know what I mean? It hasn't oh, really hit me yet. It is. It hasn't hit me yet. Marvin meh. Uh, but you can go and hear that and we try to kind of figure things out. But since we already mentioned America, it's time for Badass Roll Call. All right. This always picks me up. You, you going to light up there? Light that up there. Here we go. Badass Roll Call. Kenny Vengeance. T-Funk. Alex M, Josh, Abuse Mom in the Verizon Hall, Aldrin Stoja, All New Dave, D-Man, Haviland, who we'll hear from later, Batman Beyond Mark, G-Man, Manship, who we'll hear from later, Eric. It's, it's a rare occasion when Manship puts pen to paper. B. Murray, Bobby, Reggie, Andrew, and Belfast, Bill Bear, Eric Gilslison. I hope I pronounced it right, Eric, a new badass. So thank nice. you, Eric. Uh, he is right before the Cellar Dweller. What, what an honor that he has. Danny the Street, Luis, Zach Davis, Ulysses Jones, T. Hakeem T right now is upstairs. She's in a little manic uh, moment and now in the cool down from that or, or the crash, as they say. Double A run. Monty, Simon, Swanee, Anthony G, Dave J, Ian, Missy T, Rob Lewis, P from NYC, Lone Wolf, Marv, Jazz, Ruben, and the OG, Christopher Hyden. Thanks, all of you. For supporting thanks, us, and thanks and everybody else that does support us on the, all the levels at the Patreon uh, account. What do you, the Patreon shows, the Patreon love, the Patreon Eric, subscription, the Patreon subscription, whatever it is. I hope that you're getting your money's worth. But now I want to mention something before we go off because you're going to be getting a little bit more of your money's worth if you're on Patreon. Because recently, and this isn't even recently, this has been going on for a while. We've been receiving a bunch of feedback from people who are saying that either, Eric, there's one or two things that I seem to get most of. You see some in the comments of the yeah. podcast. I get some emails that are like not for the podcast or messages on Twitter or even just tweets where people have said that pretty much our reviews of, say, a Batman or a Mr. Miracle, mostly the Tom King books or really, the Tom King books, yeah. have become what they think is just a continuous bash session and saying that basically we sound like broken records, they're skipping over them, but recently it's also been pointed out, and it keeps on being pointed out, that people think that this is our idea of a clickbait type you know, business plan. Yeah. That when we get on the podcast, especially, this is more podcast, I think, even though the latest uh, thing from Corey was on the site. Um, but the podcast people think, oh, you just get on. You know, we had comments in, in iTunes like, oh, they're, they're faux anger at Batman and things like that. So what happens is I say to you during the week, during a Batman or Mr. Miracle Week, listen, Eric, I'm not going to get on and scream and yell. I'm not going to get right, angry. Good. I'm not going to yell because I told you and you are here to say it's true. Not because I say I'm not going to get angry or fake anything. I say that I'm worried that people are concentrating more on the anger and less on the message or the review. Yeah. I think in my mind, while we do get angry and while we have problems with Tom King's writing, we still try to present the review in a way of, you know, yeah, we break the book doing down. It. 
But the problem is, is because we don't like it so much, it does seem like it's just a laundry list of attacks. And people seem to be getting sick of it. So I said to you, we have a couple options. One being, fuck that book. We talked about it before that we just said we're going to stop. Now, again, I, I like that idea, actually, because... It goes back to the idea it is not a business plan to hate it, and we're going to prove that it's not a business plan, especially for this podcast because from now on, here on out, we will not be talking about Batman or Mr. Miracle on this podcast. You will never hear until something else changes. We're we're just going to skip it. We're not going to talk about it on this podcast. It's done. Uh, But – to do the deal where we're going to have it for people who do like to hear us yell and, and think the same way, I guess, we are going to put it on Patreon. Now, that might be a business plan, Eric. Now we're talking business plans. But in the meantime, we're going to put it on Patreon uh, just as its own separate show as a bonus Patreon King's spotlight. Corner. That deal, yeah. So if you do not like hearing us bash it and are sick of it and skip it, you, you're fine. You, you never you have to do that again. Yeah. Uh, if you are interested in hearing us still talk about it, maybe you've dropped the book and use our podcast to kind of keep up on it. Maybe you use our podcast like us uh, to kind of – you know, get it out of our systems uh, to talk about it because we are so upset about it. You can go over and I said I, I have a little note here, but you can even use this as an excuse to even just check out our Patreon. You don't have to. At the end of the month, you'll already have heard at least two Batman reviews yeah. and possibly a Mr. Miracle if it isn't delayed. And you'll be able to, even if that's the only reason you went there, you'll be able to decide if you want to stay or not. It, it's nothing that we are going to beg people to do or whatever. This isn't holding anybody hostage. This is actually actually me saying something and doing something that I said to you months ago that I thought might be something to do mainly because it does get the positive vibe back to the podcast. There are times when you listen and you think that we sit here and talk about Batman and we're like wink winking at each other. I get done and I'm You don't fucking, let me look at you I'm on the done. podcast. I'm telling you though, we we put it to the end of the podcast because if we did it the first book it made us hate each other. It, the it, rest. It really just freaking, you know, made a stink for us the it rest did. of the goddamn podcast. It ended up like eating a shit sandwich before you were eating the filet mignon. It really was. So we put it at the end of the podcast, and I do have to say that really – I don't like eating the shit sandwich after the filet no, mignon And either. that's the other thing, and, and not that everything else is filet mignon. I'm not even <laughs> going to say that, but I'll tell you. You have to imagine you're listening to the podcast. You're there. Oh, man, I hear Eric and Jeff. Oh, my God. There goes Eric always yelling and screaming. That Eric doesn't shut his goddamn mouth. This is what people tell me. They say, listen, Jim, you're very calm. You're a calm, collected man. Why does that Eric always scream and yell? I'd love it, actually. I'd love it, actually, if people were listening. And you know when you first start something, especially a podcast, you don't quite know the guy's names. I can just imagine. So he's like, I like that podcast. But boy, that Eric's a real asshole. Always screaming and yelling. And I'd be there, yeah, if I hear him, yeah, I know. But when we get done, sometimes that Batman is being done at 1 o'clock on a Friday night. And then when you're at work listening to it, and you're like, oh, man, that was pretty funny. You know, them yelling, blah, blah, blah. Uh, unfortunately, there's me who now goes downstairs at 1 o'clock and can't go to bed till 4 because I'm so riled <laughs> up. Because Blood this pressure. isn't – it's not fake. 
the things that we get angry about. And then I'm sitting there just thinking of all the things that I'm mad at. Then I start thinking about shit that I forgot to say gets me angry. But I also will admit, I will admit 100%, we're not anybody here or trying to, you know, put on airs or, or lie or whatever. I will admit that the Batman reviews on the podcast, because I don't review the book on the site like Eric does, but I come into it, I might as well put on army gear and start heading out to the front because I almost get this idea that I'm here to battle everybody else who likes the book. And that, that's not what the podcast is about. It really isn't. No. It's supposed to be us you know, telling the things. There is a little bit more to those reviews because of that, because I think of all the people who are like, they say this, this, and this. Well, now that it's on Patreon, I can pretty much say to myself, you know what? This is for people who want to hear it. May not, and, and really, I give full kudos to people who love it, but still will listen to us talk about it and at least keep an open mind because I'll keep an open mind to why you like it. It closes pretty quick after you, the words come out of your mouth, Eric, but I'll still listen. And I've had points where I said, you know what, you guys, you're right. And, and really, in the end, I don't want to go too much about this, but in the end, like a Mr. Miracle, since we're focusing on Batman because of this week, with Mr. Miracle, I have said – in almost every podcast, multiple times, I've said it on every review. If that number 12 issue comes out and everything wraps up, I, I'm, I'll be happy. I'll be the first to say, oh, my God, it worked. It, all it makes, makes sense. sense. Now Kudos you can go back. Tom my King. main problem with Tom King and Mr. Miracle, it is a very hard book to review single issue-wise and still keep a you know a review-type attitude towards it. You're just reviewing. I, I can't say that I'm going to go into many reviews and end with, well, I don't think I know what's going on and I hate it, but I trust Tom King. You do that, and then you get screwed up. But with that, I think that now, see, this is what picked me up. Now it's getting it off my chest, Eric. I can sit here because I think that this might be a bit of a reborn, Eric. It might be a little deal here. All right. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. We're talking good times now, right? This is, the, the podcast has now gotten 75% more uh, positive with just that. But we'll see how it goes. We'll see what people say and do and think and whatnot. And, and really, Corey, it's nobody's fault. It's not your fault. I said to Eric, it's like the best thing. That's always my best out. I, I just blame him because Look what of that. Corey but did. Corey was just actually like I, I don't even want to go as negative as saying he's the uh, final nail in the coffin because there's no coffin. It's just something that has been bothering me. Uh, in the back oh, of my oh, mind, oh, and I, yeah. I have said to you uh, all the time, it goes even as far as other books like a Hellblazer. So we, we have a hard time, just me and Eric, trying to decide should we stick with the idea of do every book even if we hate a book so much because a lot of times you think that somebody who comes to the podcast is coming because they like that book. And then when they get there, you slap them in the face with a negative deal. But I, I figured that if we get rid of Batman and Mr. Miracle for the time being, we he definitely promised to keep Cyborg and Hellblazer. That is a even swap, right? We'll, we'll like keep those two. But in the end of this, just to end up here before we go to the books, I say I will not bash Batman, Mr. Miracle, or Tom King anymore at all, Eric, except through song. Guess that when it can't come too fast for her now 
of the num, podcast, num, num, the num. books. I'm going to tell all those jokes that Dancing Mike just said I was. All the jokes that I would use. I don't think I'm going to have any jokes tonight. Straight what? up reviews. That's what I'm doing. Aww. Because, because uh, I said we haven't had a lot of characters lately on the podcast. I am now going to be meh Marvin is what I am. Meh. Oh, do I got to be humdrum Harry You're humdrum then? Harry. Uh, we Damn were doing it. this at work. Basically, anything, <laughs> anything you talk to me about, like, hey, what's going on with that Superman? Meh. There I am. I'm Matt Marvin, and, and that kind of sums up my week this week yeah. and kind of what we've been getting. I, I actually have been looking into, like, all the weeks coming up, and I just sit there and say to you, okay, next week, and I remember, and there we go, I'm Marvin again. And then I say to you, like, really? This is the lineup? I mean, tonight, this podcast, I know that you're supposed to, like, self-promote. 
Here we I go. Try to pretend. Oh my goodness. Oh, these books. Are you ready for the roller coaster ride of emotions? One book better than the next. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of duds here on this here podcast. But when you read and review everything, Eric, sometimes they are not all winners. They can't all be winners. I remember way back I went to a Pirates Braves game in Pittsburgh, and I think that it was a view of the future. It's actually when the Pirates and Braves both were battling for the NL East at that point, and uh, actually wasn't that bad. No, it was earlier than that. I, I this have is no like ninety one. Uh, this is like ninety one. This is like Terry Pendleton Braves. I'm just uh, happy I got the right wink. decade. Uh, we were there, and this is when my buddy Pete and Jay, my buddies Pete and Jay, came to see me at school. Ooh, we buddies. went into Pittsburgh, and we went to see this game. And it was funny because I think I was seeing a glimpse into the future where we say now that everybody who's grown up through the age where we went, which the cynical 90s, uh, <laughs> into this new age of everybody gets a, a prize for everything and every book is a 10 out of 10 to wrap it around to what we do. Uh, the, the game was terrible and it was the most boring game. And all this lady kept doing, like three rows behind it, you're all winners! She just kept yelling it. And it was so Fucking annoying. Oh, it was the worst. I'm like, really? And then it, uh, that way it was, uh, you're all winners and show us your stuff. And it was the other thing. And Pete thought that she that wanted was to a be proposition. Yeah, yeah. She was yelling to the pitcher. How many uh, beers did this woman have? Did you watch? I don't did think you she count? had any. No, I don't oh, think just, she had any. That's no I, fun. I think that she was just, that's just regular old, old crazy old kook yelling and screaming. But, uh, maybe we'll say that tonight. We're all winners. Uh, in the meantime, I can't, I remember for the longest time the joke was that it was a wristband night, but I can't remember. I'll have to try to remember which guy on the Pirates at that point they were having that guy's wristband night. It's nobody that anybody would have heard of, though. But here we are. We have a lot of books. This is the meat and cheese of the podcast. And if you want to go and read all the written reviews for the books we'll talk about tonight, plus the others that are on the Patreon, also the regular spotlight, uh, go to weirdsciencedccomics.com and you will be able to do those as, as well as some other books that we end up not really reviewing on the podcast some non-dc stuff some yeah. marvel stuff stuff like that so go over to that award-winning site and have a ball have yourself a ball because right. now Eric, we're gonna get Smell into this later, stuff Jim. oh my goodness gracious we're gonna be doing these books and we don't have a lot this is gonna be probably one of the shortest podcasts that we've had in a very long time it's gonna be the best <laughs> tell you you want to hear some happiness yeah fast forward <laughs> about three four hours you're gonna hear some giddy guys saying their books of the week and going off to actually have a weekend uh there is the winner of the week uh, my book of the week is any book that we just got done so i can go off and watch some tv with my kids Boom. but we're gonna start right now with what we're gonna have as the big book of the podcast tonight i'm not saying it's the big book of the week but it is the big book of the podcast i'll give you a hint it's easily my book of the week because i'm gonna go into this a little differently i'm gonna i'm gonna be reviewing this a bit differently i did not have to do it on the site like you nope. did so really when we're done with this i am just going to focus on the dan jurgens part that's all of this i book. wanted to do the reason and i, I have can't my score because, is we're because on i the had podcast. to get the entire thing yes and now on this podcast eric i'm going to allow you i am the genie in the bottle as christine aguilera sang and i'm going to allow you to review it as well as i am going to do it and at the end give a score if it would have been just dan jurgens because really that's what we came for these other right. two uh, stories that we're going to talk a little bit about are oh. on that 
just to add to the price. It, it, to me, that's all it is. They want to make this an oversized deal. Now, if you go about them, we're going to get into the blurb and all that, obviously, in a second. But if you go on that route as well, maybe those two stories aren't exactly a ripoff either. If you're adding just that extra buck or so for that, uh, maybe they're okay. But it, really, they're nothing. All we want to do is have Dan Jurgens say goodbye to his book. And Eric, give us a blurb. Action Comics Special Number One, written by Dan Jergens, with art by Will Conrad, Will Quintana, and Rob Lee. That's all we're doing, right? The, the story. That's Ding all sound. I need. <laughs> you, right. you can say we'll we'll mention it later. When uh, we also have Mark that. Russell writing uh, Max and we also have on art Jill Thompson, Romeo Fajardo Jr., Francis Manipal, and Steve Wands. Well, did your copy? There's another story in the back. Did your copy have the Lebron James? Lebron James. No, uh, I don't story. Lebr- Lebron you didn't James. have the Lebron James. It was a little play on Space Jam. I, I say this, and some people are like, "God damn it, I want to see that story." But no, go on, go with the blurback. Let me hear the words that are coming out of your mouth it's time for dc to continue the hype of action comics number 1000 with a special that feels a bit like a sequel to that issue where we get a bunch of superman stories but really the one that's most important is dan jurgens's final story of this run where we see that lex luther's future seems to be set as his dying future self goes back in time to finally best his arch rival superman yes and and with this we have a lot of these guys we had uh tomasi ending his superman run with that deal and with that you had him basically saying, listen, change is good. Let's go forward. It's, you know, not really ending anything because the weird thing is the, you know, boys are and things didn't really get wrapped up, but at least yeah. they were put somewhere that later if somebody wants to work with boys. them, they'll, they're in, you know, Hamilton County, maybe still working that fair. I don't know, but at least they're still Even out there. Even though that there. fair has moved on, they that are fair's still moved there. On. To they're this still day. there. They're, they're not that smart, Eric. They, they really aren't. Uh, but with this, it was odd when I first heard about this story when they said, listen, because what really happened here in my mind uh, was uh, Brian Michael Bendis was announced to be taking over Superman and Action Comics. There was a bit of a backlash. People went on Twitter and things like that, as we heard from a Christopher Priest who said that yeah. DC really does seem to, you know, mind their P's and Q's when it comes to that sort of thing. I think that these were added after the fact to allow, because even at the one point when the people were like, Oh man, Tomasi, this sucks. Yeah, he didn't have the well. Don't worry, we're gonna get to end it in this, you know, an annual type special deal coming. He didn't say that at that point. Then all of a sudden, a week later, you heard this was gonna happen. And I read the solicit for the Superman one. I'm like, okay, it does seem like they're just gonna be like a victory lap. It really seemed yeah. from the solicit. Then I read the solicit for this, and when I first read it, it didn't include this Mark Russell story or you know the Max, the Max Landis, Landis deal. Yeah. It was just this Action Comics. And I thought it was very odd because right away, it's a Lex Luthor story. And I thought, boy, that is very weird. And I thought, you know what? It's not so weird because this Action Comics has pretty much been – it started out with Lex Luthor where we even thought that it was going to be the Lex Luthor Super Lex story. Even as that went. Most of the legwork of this early series, after you kind of had the Doomsday stuff that was, you know, people were uh, going gaga like one Eric Shea because it reminded him of his I youth. got all 90s nostalgia. You were. You got on. 90s nostalgia. But after that, you did spend a bit of time going with the fact that almost like the Trinity book at that point was supposed to be this pre-Flashpoint Superman learning to get along and vice versa with Batman and Wonder Woman. This book was really starting to go with the idea that Lex Luthor was – good you know he's lex still but he's good and it was this pre-flashpoint superman 
trying to wrap his head around it and not really believing him because his Lex Luthor from pre-Flashpoint was not good, obviously. Now, again, like the Trinity book, Superman Reborn happened, and it got a little wonky because we didn't know what was going on, and Lex kind of did disappear a bit from this book, and we went on with the, you know, all of a sudden we're more concerned with Jor-El, you know, and things like that. And so after that, when you're done, it does make sense to have this story because we're still left with the only real thing that showed you that possibly Lex, and not that Lex fully is bad in this either, because there's a little twist, but uh, we were only left with a spread page in the pretty much Superman Reborn to say, oh my god, Lex is going to be bad again. He's among all these other villains that have been brought back in the middle. Yeah, Yeah. so he's in the middle. So when you have a Brian Michael Bendis... we got the end of the Imperious Lex arc where there's just, like, Lex looking up after yelling at Superman and breaking the crest to smile at like a goddamn lunatic. Uh-oh, he might be going bad again. Yeah, so you're there. Now, we thought that basically, in my mind, you were going to have the idea of, okay, Brian Michael Bendis, he said it's not really going to be a Lex Luthor centered book, but I think that it's going to be in the background and maybe some other books as well. But with that, and he's even in the justice, no justice deal, the yeah. Justice League deal. But with that, this seems to be where Dan Jurgens is going to say, listen, I'm done with Lex. You know, he's not exactly the great guy that I wanted him to be. And I think that that was something that he did want to do. It seemed I like what he was going to do. So did I. Me and you thought it made total sense for this to be super Lex, this whole deal. But in this, it's like, He's not making Lex a bad guy, but he's showing you a future that's a bad guy and also a Lex that has changed his tune towards Superman anyway. And and ma- mainly to me leaving this, it's not exactly Lex being like an asshole asshole, but it's Lex being a, you know what, stay out of my way and, uh, you know, you're a jerk and I don't like you and let's go from there. Uh, but yeah, it ends up so you kind of reset Lex. So if you go yeah. from here and Brian Michael Bendis or anybody else wants to use the bad Lex, wants to make a good Lex, you really have a starting point from here. Lex reborn. Uh, we just know that he's not going to be on. super Lex now. No, he's no, no longer he's not super Lex. That's symbol. gone. And, and usually this is what happens when people do want to end their run or somebody starts a new run. You do get these issues and parts where they're kind of putting, like you always say, the toys back in the toy box. Yeah. And I liked it. I, I really, really like the story a lot. I like the art a lot. It's, you know, it's, it's our man who we love anyway, uh, that doing the art with this that you always, uh, what's his name? Now I can't Will even Conrad. Yeah, Will Conrad. Actually, I was, I was mistaken. I was thinking that this was something else. Yeah, Will Conrad's good, but I like the art. Uh, but with that, I'm telling you, I got all mixed up when I'm going through. I was trying to get because you mentioned all these other, uh, deals, but yeah, with it, you have this twist story that really doesn't mean too much because it's a future deal. Uh, but it starts off where somebody's in the, you know, the uh, Fortress of Fortress, Solitude. And I'm telling you, right away we have the green narration going through this this character's, you know, what he feels like the hate. It runs through, like, you know, mo- ruins most men. For yeah. me, it's fuel. And this person is broken into the Fortress of Solitude to, as we discover, find out the uh, secret identity of Superman. Because, uh, you know, he yeah. goes in this person, this fortress kills Kalex, like just blasts him yeah, immediately blast him. and then uses his technology to access the crystal font so he can see what's going on with Superman. Yeah. And he just like, you know, you know, show, show me the people that Superman cares about. 
and it takes us right to a vision yeah, of Lois Lane family. and John, you and know, inside shows, their yeah. apartment. I'm like, oh shit, things yeah. have just gone wrong real, immediately. Real wrong. And this is the thing. This is one of those, you know, your man Will Conrad on our uh, when you're going through this. <laughs> I do like Will uh, Conrad. Yeah, Will Conrad. Uh, not that I've ever heard you say he's your favorite. I don't know what it was. It came up from here. Uh, I'm positive <laughs> Peter all of a sudden. But with that, when you read it the second time, and now this is like the second time I've read it, it's probably the third or fourth you've yeah. read it. You do see the clues that it is an older Lex. That's yeah. the twist. This is a, but when you're doing this and you do see that Lex, you think it's Lex. I mean, it's obvious that they're you, playing you that can't game. Help but think it's Lex. Yeah, Even yeah. From, like you see a side, oh, like a backside kind of profile from the chair. I'm like, that's Lex with her in his yeah. battle armor and, watching and what Lois Lane and John The best part is, is you look at that battle armor telling you it's really well done that then the second time I'm reading it, all of a sudden, I see the oxygen tanks and the yes. things on the side that he needs because he is dying. Even the hand that's old, because what's happening here when he says, I want to see his his family. I want to see what they're doing at home. Where, where are the ones he loves? And you end up seeing John and Lois. And this is the thing throughout this whole action comics, even with Lex and Superman and Lex being super Lex good guy. The biggest thing was for Clark never to let Lex know about John and Lois being his Ever. wife. This was huge. This was when, at points when they actually were on uh, Apocalypse, they, they got lucky and we laughed about it because Lex got <laughs> knocked out and did, you know, it was Crazy. very convenient. But this was a huge thing. So when you see where you see they're playing, it's Lex and you see, oh my God, he knows about John. This is huge. And this is huge. Going forward, especially for where we left with Lex Luthor last time, with him denouncing Superman's like you know title. Yeah, and and with that, this is a Lex that would be if this was the actual in continuity or or current timeline Lex. This would be going forward in continuity. So you're like, oh my god, this changes everything. Now it does end up being that this is a future Lex that's dying and has used all of his you know know how, money, everything to build a time machine type deal to come back and destroy everything that Clark loves because it's. Lex. That's what he thinks at the end. We'll get and to that. And even at but... this point, he does believe that he is helping his younger self by letting yeah. him know yeah, all this nonsense, getting rid of Superman so yeah. he can be all he can be without all this hate yeah. and re- like running through him this entire yeah. time. And even that, it's also the idea of every time we did the best thing ever, we were still in second place. It's yeah. always him. He's always the one, number one. Fuck him. Get rid of it. Now we're number one, and then you could just live your life. Uh, and with that, he's there watching the things, and then he sees there's Superman. He's like, I'm w- uh, where are you, Boy Scout? Probably getting some fast food to go home. And he's right. And I really so pedestrian. Uh, uh, yeah. So and, and really, I want to get a hold of somebody, possibly Clark Kent. I can call him on the phone, right? I'm so yeah. listen, listen, Clark. You, you're carrying that goddamn pizza in a way. There is no goddamn way that that pizza is going to end. Nope. It's, ex- it's extra cheese. He I says so to angry. John, he, he is holding it in the way that they should have pizza, did, sauce, and cheese dripping out the bottom. I, you're I just Superman. thank God he doesn't Nonsense. get a pizza the way with extra sauce, extra cheese, yeah, because the, that is that's going to be all the over the place. The only thing he doesn't get, because that's the worst thing. I'm, I'm watching this and how he's holding this pizza vertical. <laughs> and then he says, hey, John, hey, pizza. With extra cheese, kiddo, I'm like, no, no, no. You you might have a pile of extra cheese on the bottom. I mean, I'm telling you, we go and get pizza all the time. We go and get Monday pizza. I told How you. Pedestrian, we, Jim. <laughs> How pedestrian, indeed. Now, we're so pedestrian that we have got – we get the pizza. We go and, and we, I have a lot of kids. We go and get yep. four pizzas, four large pizzas at the one place. They are – it's the sale on Monday. But we go and we have road slices where we end up eating Nonsense. pizza on the way home in 
in the so car. Messy. You want to talk you, pedestrian. You got grease and fingerprints everywhere. Grease and fingerprints, I'm telling you. You tilt those boxes, you know, just two degrees shit on one side, and it infuriates me if they do that. To the point now, we end up, I put them in the trunk. I won't even allow anybody to even hold them on their lap, because then it gets hot, then and I they move strap it. Them down. Fuck that. I'm not having none of that. <laughs> and that's just regular cheese. I'm like, oh, I'm looking at it, I'm like, I see what you're doing. You need to draw it so we know that it's pizza. You just do it a little different angle. That is nonsense. It's great. He better not be a delivery boy. Oh, you ruined boy. that pizza in your oh, drawings? he ruined it so bad. It, it infuriated me. Uh, but in the meantime, with that, you have Lois is off to, I think she's off Paris. to Gay Paris, Eric. Mm-hmm. And she's not so pedestrian. But no, she goes, and even fast. that, Lex even through this, this older Lex that we get, even is like, why would she go with him? You know, why wouldn't she be with me? And things like that. And I'm like, I, I oh, love you would kind of know that. the whole but, thing where, you know, why would she marry? him i could have you know been like she could have been with me if she would have pursued me it's not like he would have done anything to go after her but maybe if she would have pursued me yeah they she wouldn't be eating sloppy ass pizza but yeah she's she's on her way to gay parade no she is but i'm saying at some point this is a normal deal superman goes and gets that and i don't even I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know what else he would get. Like he gets shit and just ruins it constantly. But the, uh, John gets a text message that basically says, you know, and and Superman. But John gets it and it says unknown, you know, da da da. The seat misses Superman. So basically, it says, hey, it's uh, Lois's flight. Lois Lane is Superman. Is Mrs. Yeah. Superman and oh this god, is somebody knows. Yep, Superman goes into action, goes to the plane, ends up stopping a missile that's about to hit the plane. Uh, in this, we had just done a back issues deal of the introduction of Lex with the battle suit. And yeah. it's kind of funny here because it's very similar where, where we had some stuff like that where this missile goes off. And I, indeed, I kept thinking it the entire time. Yeah, indeed, throughout this, the, the missile is tainted. Uh, and it is making him weak. That is something from and there. It's a and mix I, between Kryptonian technology yeah. and LexCorp technology. And so Andy, this is yeah. uh, this, when, the, when Superman takes the brunt of this explosion, as he normally does whenever there's a yeah. missile launch, it starts affecting him throughout them, making him dizzy because of the Krypton. Yeah, uh, the he Krypton, just keeps you know, saying he's dizzy. There. So he saves Lois and then heads off to Lex because they're like, who would know this? Who would do this? And even, you know, you have a little bit where Lois is like, you think it was Zod? And he's like, no, no, no. Zod no, doesn't Zod need Zod don't need a missile. He would just punch the plane. It'd be nonsense. So so he's like, I think I have an idea. And he goes off to see Luther. Kind of does break in, uh, which I really like that Lex when he's always just like – he follows the rules there. He's like, I'm going to have to get a hold of your insurance and things like that. This is another thing, speaking of Max Landis in the back end of this. Uh, Max Landis and that American alien really did this scene as oh, well yeah. when Superman showed up to pretty much the first time he confronted Lex – and Lex basically undressed him with the idea, you don't have proof, you did this, you broke in here, you're going to be arrested. I'm not the one who's in trouble, you're going to be in trouble, so get the fuck out. But with this, Superman doesn't think he's lying. He's very confused of what's going on because Lex is like, no, no, you know what, you suspect me? Like, I'm trying to find out what happened as well, but I don't have to talk to you. Get the, you know, well, get And the, the things out. are really solidified when, you know, Superman does an x-ray vision yeah. into uh, Luther's vault, which I think yep. is odd that he doesn't have it lead lined. Yeah, because I, I would think. That's that the Luther that would, we know, I would but, think that this whole office would have been lead lined. Exactly, There'd be no reason why there, it wouldn't have been. There's a time lock on this vault that yeah. hasn't been open for 36 hours. Yes, yeah, so and he it's, didn't you do also that. see for the first time here that the Superman crest is no longer on the battlefield. Yep. It is the old classic just symbol that and he had it, on and there. And it is classic too because 
that's where you, you have it and you see it. Me and you see it. Now, this has been a thing that's been working through, you know, already, but we see that. And I like how Dan Jurgens then even has to have Lex say, oh, by the way, uh, you know, that, that nonsense crest that you were always bitching about me having, you notice it's gone because that symbol was a mistake and that's one of my rare ones. And I will not make that. That's the again. only time you'll ever yeah. hear me say that again. Yep. And he, he just goes off. But you see classic Lex as well here where you see that he was actually looking into this attack. Even before Superman went, he's checking it out, and he does see somebody there, and then, you know, we see it. It looks like, a, you know, it's some freaking robot. It looks like yeah. a Transformer, Eric. Uh, and he's like, um, he's trying to figure out what it is, and it does say it is LexCorp uh, Engineering, and he's just like, huh, that, that is very hmm. odd. And it continues on. Lois goes to work. Then she don't take no days off. She's no Eric Shea. She goes to work, and all of a sudden— Then, then you the, get the uh, classical thing with the rocket yeah, elevator that yeah, propels itself elevator. up through the goddamn building yep. up through the daily plan i really i'm like i love the whole like reverse of the thing like the elevators oh, yeah. a cable's about to snap this is the reverse where it just shoots it out it of the just building shoots it out and she ends <laughs> up up and, and you know now you're getting this uh you know a narration that she's being you know somebody's talking to her from above and we see that it is lex which we find out that it is Lex, but an older Lex, because then Superman obviously shows up. I'm telling you, though, but when we see this reveal at first, I was sitting here yeah. thinking to myself, reading the whole time, like, this can't be Lex. It's got to be a red herring. Yeah. But then when we actually see it, and he's actually wearing a modified Kryptonian battle armor yep. that is his now power suit, I'm like, oh, my God, it was Lex through the whole time. What is yeah. Dan Jurgis doing and, on his And farewell? that's the other thing is at this point, again – we just did that back issues on Patreon with that. I actually thought this was the introduction of a new Kryptonian battle armor. You're going to be, oh my god, he says it. It's very clunky. I, I'm glad yeah, that yeah. this is a future deal. It's very, very clunky to me. Uh, but now Superman and Lex are going to battle it out. But that's when Lex shows up. What? So Lex shows up as it's going on because if Superman's you are here, who's there? Yeah, pretty much. And even Lois is there, like, oh, Lex, you know, how are you doing this? And you're gonna have to help. And it's funny too. It's like, you know, while they fight, there's some people that are hurt. Can you help me? He's, oh, Jesus Christ! Oh, and he's got, yeah, he he doesn't really want to, but he does. But yeah, this is where you just get the whole deal where this dying. Uh, Lex then tells Superman, you've always been the worst. You've been the worst guy. You're an alien. I'll never like you. I hate your guts. I used everything I could to just ruin you so that I could have a better life. Uh, yeah, I'm 70 years old. That's why you didn't recognize me. I'm an old geezer, and I'm yeah. cancer-ridden, and, and he looks old. It's really good art by your man, Will Conrad. And uh, he just ends up, and there's a cool deal here, and it's very odd because then he, he basically tells them all this. I, I hate you. I'm consumed by hate for you. My whole life is all ruined I want because is your of head this on a hate. Pike. I just want your head on a pike. That's all I care about. I don't even care. I, maybe he could have even cured cancer that is killing him. Instead, he made a time machine to yeah. go back and ruin or Superman. Even, even when like present day Lex shows up and blasts at the battle armor, yeah. he even looks at idiot. Can't you see I'm doing this for you? Yeah, yeah. you know that your future will be better without yeah. Superman, and that's what yeah. Superman takes him away. So and, yeah. yeah, now our present day Lex Luthor doesn't know what's doesn't going on know. behind and the scenes. The craziest thing in this is, you know, you see a Superman and you see the deal and it, it's really weird to me how this plays out because you have Superman. It does blow up then. 
And Lex and pretty Superman's much is not like, able to save him. Yeah, he's not able to save him. And he also had a heart attack. He already died. Yeah, he died yeah. from a heart attack. So it's it's one There's of those. No so, helping anybody. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, it's one of those so that Superman has an out. He has an excuse like I didn't kill him. He had a heart attack. I think. But uh, yeah, he's talking. Natural causes. Man, <laughs> must be natural causes. <laughs> and you have Lex show up and like, who who was that? Because at this point. All Lex knows is somebody was saying that was him. He doesn't believe yeah. it. Obviously, he wouldn't believe like, it. Who is He's impersonating like, me? Who's this impersonator and, and trying to make me look bad? And even at one point, it's like, if I'm going to look bad, I'll do it myself. I know how to play bad. Uh, well, who's this deal? And Superman, at this point, I'm really shocked that he didn't at least try to be a good guy to Lex because he sees now the, you know, the twisted version of a future Lex and a twisted version that in Lex's mind, it's going to happen anyway because of Superman. I don't think Superman could, you know, if things go the way they are, you are at the precipice of a Luther starting down that road from what yeah. we had in Rebirth. And I'm really shocked. That's it. Now, I think that Lex would just tell him to go fuck himself, but it really threw me off that you don't have a Superman here and like, listen, Lex, uh, we got to talk. You know what? Hey, Lex, let's try to figure me, some let's things out. Let's go for a walk. Yeah, huh? let's try to figure some things out here. Because, what do you like doing? You like uh, playing highlight? Yeah, huh? even that. It's, it's just like, you know what? Really sorry. We're going to go wig shopping. I really like that shock of red <laughs> hair you used to have. I don't know if I told you this before, but it kind of looked better that way. But no, he just is like, no, no. Don't worry about it. I took care of it. Smell you later. I, I even like the whole thing, though. It's like, you know, he walks out of the explosion. There's like, who was he? He's like a bitter and twisted old man. Luther. Yeah. They're so consumed with hate that the black and rotted, like the blackness rotted away his soul and shit like that. I'm like, tell me his name. It doesn't matter. Smell you later. Yeah. I'd be so. Who was that? Who was that impersonator? Listen, that thing. I don't even want to call him a human. That thing thing in that it was ugly it was, it was deceitful bald. it was just uh, no woman would ever want to go near it bald oh my goodness it was you lex see ya yeah and that yeah. just goes off I, it's just i wish that he would have tried and said listen you know what buddy come over here let's hug it out bitch and then he's like hug it out with you you alien piece of shit and then superman like the heart attack goes eh, i tried <laughs> and then leaves yeah. also he's like you, you like Lois? She could be yours. And just go, you know, try to get things on the right up and up. But, uh, yeah, he just, it's also funny too, as he's like, listen, Lex, it was just a twisted piece of nonsense. I'll see you later. There's Lois, like, how am I going to get home? She's, he's just there on the street. He's just flying away. He doesn't even ask. She's got to get an Uber. Uh, it's just maybe she'll I go really, back to work. I really liked it though. I really did. Come I on. do wish that Superman would have been a decent enough guy, but again, it's almost like one of those. It ends with a well, we're back to classic Lex and Superman, and that's what you know. It seemed that this was for. And what's weird is I think that this was a very well done issue. We're already into a part where, to me, you're already at an oversized. I mean, we are. We're we're it. It has a yeah, little yeah. extra page length. I wish that it stopped because then you go to this Mark I just Russell wish it would have been deal. Action Comics annual yes, and we would have yes. had that. I just wish it would have been. I know they don't want to have – they want to have the, the Action Comics 1001 that has to be Brian Michael Bendis. So you can't have that. But I wish they would have. I wish they would have the 1001 you have it, but they weren't going to do that. But when you go off then to this Mark Russell deal – 
it makes this whole thing like a joke then. It really yeah. does. It, it makes it a joke because it's basically, you know, the correspondence dinner where you have Lois White telling House the correspondence jokes. Yeah, dinner yeah. Where everybody shows up. And throughout this whole thing, like, even on our way here, because this is a Lex-centric story as well, where you get to see how Lex rose from his being in his father's company of Luther Corps. Uh, yeah. I mean, Luther Co. And then, you know, him ratting his father out for bad stuff that he was doing. So he would over. have to, like, take over. Exactly. So now it's just not Luther Co. It's Lex Corp. Yeah, it's just yeah, he Lex changes Corp. that and Lex Corp. It's just and the whole thing about, you know, getting bullied and, you know, having power and stuff as a kid, yeah, moving yeah. your way up till we get to this correspondence dinner where it's just – it's not it's really nonsense. It's, it's it's silly to me, and it's such it's a weird silly. thing for this to come out after all the hubbub of Michelle Wolf's freaking, yeah, you know, yeah. roasting the White and House. And this had to have been written before week. that. They had oh, to yeah. have been written before There's that. No but way this could have been again, out this early. And then you have this whole idea, and then you know, basically at the end, it's uh, Lex saying, "You know what? I'm going to run for president." That sort of thing. But yeah. even with that, though, it just after seeing the story that's setting up the thing and getting me excited, like, "Oh my God, Lex is you know full up bed. We're going to do this now. He's a joke." And yes, yeah. you do see his background. It was done okay, uh, but this this it dinner was done, I say the dinner's just nonsense. Get, the roast is nonsense. Once we get to Clark Kent roasting Lex with her, complete with slideshows in the yeah, background yeah. of like too him. This like, oh yeah, we couldn't trace anything, but then we caught you getting a freaking you know, a moon, moon pie, pie afterwards. And then and, everybody starts laughing and at Lex Luthor calling him Moonpie. Yeah. I'm like, and then it's, what yeah, you why? Do Lex why do that? And then it's like, we we couldn't find the kryptonite because you hit it, but then you littered and they got you. You know what? That was your tenth unpaid citation for littering. You get a rest warrant. We found the kryptonite. Hey there, Moonpie. And, uh. and you have that where he's there going to the bathroom and you have the you know the president and all whatever and like, oh hey Moonpie, how's it going there, Tootsie? And then he goes out and just is like, hey. Uh, I want an exploratory committee. I'm running for president. I'm like, no, this is nonsense. And, and, and really, it's such a weird thing. My favorite issue. part, my favorite part of this entire issue though, is Lex taking a leak. This asshole guy coming up next to him. Hey, yeah, didn't we just I see think, you? Hey, Moon Pie. And then because yeah. then Lex leaves, signals to his guards, urinal three, and you know yeah. that guy's about to have the shit beat out of him as he's calling him. Yeah, hey, yeah. it's Lex. Form an exploratory committee. Yeah. I'm running for president. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just crazy. I, I just love the idea of this guy who just goes up next to him, giving him shit. He's yeah. about to have the ever-loving hell beat out of him. Yeah, it's just nonsense. It's nonsense. And it's not I, – I see people just because if this came out and we're in a world right now that this Michelle Wolf stuff didn't happen – Nobody would have paid any attention to the story. Now yeah. I see we have we have Mark Russell getting interviewed by the you know Hollywood Reporter and all this. Oh my goodness, how could you see it coming? I'm like nonsense. I don't need it anyway. And it's oh. just it's not even funny to me. The whole only thing that makes it topical is that Michelle Wolf nonsense. I don't care about that. And so with this now all you're doing is making Lex a joke after we had a really good story that is setting it up for Lex being the bad guy again with a Superman. Why have this and if you're gonna do it fucking change the order and end with the jergens deal so when i end this issue i'm like all right i'm ready to get forward with action comics yeah. i like this uh then the, the last story in this the three uh stories the is max this landis the max landis seat. with yeah. francis manipul which i always really like and the, oh, yeah, and the francis art looks manipul, amazing in this. and the art is even made almost like a a christmas card type look because it is a holiday uh, it was story because to be in the it holiday was supposed special. to be in the holiday special and something went wrong with printing some places had it some places didn't whatever the case may be this was just hanging around because it didn't make the cut 
of it's the like, holiday special. We already special. paid Max Landis for this. We got to put it somewhere. Yeah, All right, so we need to charge some extra money here. for this bit. Throw it in. Yeah, and it's a. It, it feels weird to be a holiday deal. But it's, you know, it's a nice enough story where Lois's favorite car that she grew up with uh, treats like a friend, like a lot of people do. I've never done this. I've never named the car. Uh, people have like, hey, Big Bertha, Tanya. Hey calls there, Kari. Tanya calls uh, the one Big Bertha. I'm like, hey there, money fucking siphon. Let's go. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, hey there, asshole. But yeah, uh, hey there, thing that I abuse and throw trash in and never clean. There you go. It's like me. It's actually my twin. Uh, I, I think I'm looking into a mirror when I see my car. I told, I was telling Reggie, uh, this week that the one time, and you know this story where somebody egged my car. Uh, yeah. probably some fan of another podcast, Eric, maybe if I'm uh, pretentious enough. Uh, oh. but they ended up, it looked like, like four dozen eggs. Just no, we just have jerk offs in our town. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we have. And this yeah. was way before the podcast anyway, but, uh, you had, they, they must have thrown, you know, three dozen, four dozen eggs, covered it. And then we, I wake up and I'm like, God damn it, somebody egged my car. To the point where I'm like, I have to use the windshield wipers to be able to see through the goddamn shit. So I go in, I'm like, hey, Tanya, somebody egged my car. I don't know what's going on. Of course, then she thinks right away that I'm cheating on her and this is a jilted lover. And I said, no, I don't think this is the case. I, I actually think that what probably happened was either at I that did, I point. I just love it too, even if it was like, you know, there's a eggs all over the car. It's key with the word cheater on it yeah. these damn kids huh tanya yeah hey t- oh man they're they're mad at somebody you cheating bastard jim i'm like who i'd hate to be that jim uh <laughs> but no i said either maybe somebody was mad at alex because the other kids were too young for this but i really I, think i really just think it's just I think it was random mis- happenstance yeah, yeah i think it was either that or they thought Jerk somebody kids it was. needed a victim so, so but we have this car and i go in and i'm like oh somebody had the car she comes out and she's like holy shit i've never seen a car egg like that uh, when you get home from work, we're gonna Your go to the. Egg, we're gonna go. Yeah, yeah. They're like, you want a car mixed in with that those eggs? And she's like, we'll go to the car wash and we'll do it. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. That, then the terrorists win, baby yeah. cakes. We're we're leaving it like this. And I'm telling you, it was the summer. That car stunk so bad because I, I refused. I, I refused I to let her do it. And Why? the thing is, it was in the summer, so it, it didn't rain You're for like insane. the next three weeks. And it got to the point where it almost became part of the car, the egg, because it was like baked on. Oh, it was nonsense. But no, I'm not gonna let I'm pretty the sure terrorists win. I was in a war on terror here. Just stop it. You know, I think stop you were too it cheap right to now. Pay for the car wash. That might be as well. I was in a war on extravagant spendings, is what I was on. <laughs> but back to this. Never, never said, Hey, Aggie, let's go to work. I don't name my car, but Lois, she did. She loves this car. It's like a family member. Uh, it gets crashed. The holidays deal. They go back to Lois's, you know, uh, mom's house. I guess it would be in this. I don't even know that I saw a general lane. You see a picture of him, but I don't think yeah. you actually see him. Uh, I've said General Lane's place, yeah, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I think maybe he's off doing generaling stuff. He, you know, the general. Maybe he's selling insurance. But he, he's there and Clark Oh, no. It's, I'm sorry. Ben. It's her aunt's house. I'm sorry. Oh, I just okay. don't get through it. Yeah, but you do, see, you do yeah. see the uh, General Lane stuff. And her there, of course, with yeah. the car. And that's where Clark's seeing all these pictures. She never pictures. went anywhere without that car. No. She's like, I. Had, there's more pictures here with Lois in this car than there ever were with me and her. And and speaking <laughs> of which, where is our son? He, he's like nowhere, Clark, he's like, nowhere to well, be seen. At this point, I don't even know if they had a kid I know. I don't out, know like, where it's supposed to be. But, uh. It, who knows what the like, continuity is? There's yeah, no continuity. Yeah, there's no continuity. I just, I'm looking at this thing, though. Clark's just looking around the house. 
Big old picture of Lois in this car. Next to it, a way smaller picture of General Lane. You see, this big old picture framed he's of like, Lois in her car. It's just there he looks, and he's like, I'm married. Her aunt was so bitch. proud of her. It only took her 17 times when she finally got that driver's license. Yeah, yeah, there it is. There she is, Lois. But so for proud some of little Lolo. For some reason, standing there opening up the passenger side door. I, I don't understand this picture quite, uh, <laughs> what's going on, but there you have it. Uh, and with that, he goes and gets the seat and the, uh, the steering wheel. And then Lois just says, Oh, I guess they're never going to be able to repair that car. Thank you. Uh, you know, you could have at least went and used your, you know, heat vision to solder some shit, but with that, weld it. But in that, the the whole wraparound is at the beginning, uh, there was a guy who had a jetpack and Superman stopped him. He ended up uh, steal, robbing uh, a bank and he ended up saying, like, listen, you have this technology. You're a smart guy. Why are you doing this? Uh, what you're going to do is you're going to go and you're going to be arrested for this. You're going to stand trial. You'll go to jail. But I'm going to keep this deal. And when you come out of jail, I'll give it back to you. You can make some money on the patent or something like that. And then the guy's like, really? Uh, nobody's going to buy this from I'm a, now I'm a known felon. And then he's like, yeah. okay, you're right. I'm going to cash it in. It doesn't happen like that. <laughs> but he just basically says, when you come out, I know you've had some rough times. We've seen this in a lot of stories like that. It's a nice thing just to show yeah. Superman's okay. Uh, I, I just yeah. like to think, too, when you know, Superman presents Lois on Christmas morning with the, the car seat and the steering wheel, and she just looks at him. Why are you like this? I just like taking it a different way. Not only was my car destroyed, but you decided to tear it apart as well. That's what I'm saying. She's Why like, are you never... like this? Yeah, I, it's I such just, a nice and then moment, like, too, but I sort of tear it apart. The, the phone rings. Hello? Yeah, yeah, this is, this is Lois. What? It, you, the car wasn't totaled, but now it is. Somebody came and ripped out the seat <laughs> and the steering wheel. Who the hell did that? You see Clark backing, you know, going back. And then, and then in the meantime, you didn't know that in that car accident, her favorite dog died, Eric. He, he there also has a paw and the tongue. Oh, <laughs> like, the, the dog's licking you, Lois. It's the tongue. That works, I, I like right? the idea too because this it's a nice story at the end, you know, it's Superman nice. puts Lois on the on the uh, car seat and he flies her around as, as if she's <laughs> yeah. you know a child she's retarded or something. Now, now, but uh, now that car's chitty chitty bang bang. I don't even no, know. Uh, oh, this is just like when I flew my my flying car before. I, I just want to think it's like, okay, we're gonna get back to our apartment in Metropolis. What are you keeping a goddamn car seat <laughs> yeah, in the fucking stairwell at? Put that. I, I would use. I'd actually, if if they had a roundabout deal, I'd like to see that car seat as like fashion and just a, a seat that they it's have. Just and practical as all I'm not with that, that, that wheel. You know, with that wheel there, and then they're basically Hang Clark that has wheel it. On the wall. Eh, he just has the wheel on the wall. So every time that Lois gets pissed at him, he, you know, he nods over to that. Remember that? Huh? I'm huh? the one who did that, baby. But yeah, uh, it was nice enough. We already, you know, it, it's something that a lot of people had already read, and it just, it doesn't seem to fit. It's just thrown in there. But in the end, like I said, I am going to just rate it as the Dan Jurgens deal and Lucky. say that those other two stories are bonus. They're okay. That they're not anything that's gonna, you know, ch change my mind of how much I like the Dan Jurgens deal. But if you were gonna ask, like you said, you have to review it for all the stories. What did you give it? I gave it a 6.5 out yeah. of 10 where I really liked the Dan Jurgen story. The other ones just really felt tacked on because they were. And just having a holiday story here felt weird. It felt weird. And then, you know, and also making Lex Luthor a joke in this weird thing. Yeah, like, I didn't like know, that. We, and the thing is, we have Superman Reborn. We still don't know exactly what that means. Was Lex Luthor president in this continuity? Well, and that's no the thing. Idea. He just kind of says that. But at the end, he wants to become president. So it that's what I'm saying, though. He's, that. he's going to be. This, they yeah, but, I don't, yeah, but that's the thing. He may not have been able to. He just had. I, I that's why it's, it's the exploratory. It's just there and it's silly, and yeah, I wasn't a fan of the art and, in that and, section. And with that, 
to me, now this is the, you know, it might be throwing shade at some people, but to me, if you came out of this and you're like, oh my god, you have to read this Mark Russell deal, to me, you're not really a fan of this current runner, Dan Jurgens. You know yeah. what I mean? You're just in there. Oh, I got the thousandth issue. Uh, I'm a dirty casual named Jim Werner. I think I'll get this special. Oh man, this this thing, it's just like that news that I saw. And I, I love when my comics are ripped straight from the headlines. I, I love that. Oh my goodness. And it, to me, you're like, okay, that's a, that's a diversion. Uh, I love the Dan Jurgen story, and I love how, like I said, Tomasi. I loved how he ended his run by kind of saying the like change is good. Let Bendis do his deal. I also like the way Jurgens did it in a, in a, another way. That's a classy way to kind of put things to where probably they want them to be. Do you see themselves? Yeah. But but be able to do it in a great story as well with a time traveling deal that doesn't mess up shit. Hey, you know, the ha- um, imagine that. I just spilled imagine. my coffee. Imagine that. I fucking went with my arm way up and knocked over my What's coffee. What's wrong with you? I don't know. I'm very, Is I'm it, very energetic. New? I'm very, <laughs> yes. Uh, so with that, I'm giving it an eight because of the I'm Dan Jurgens going. If I could have just rated this on the Dan Jurgens story alone, I love the art and I really enjoyed the story. I would give it an eight out of ten as well. I thought I saved my coffee. The lid did not come off there, but it all spilled out of the lid. So I'm done. I don't have a coffee, but yeah, I'm going to go eight out of ten. It's fine for me, and I like that Dan Jurgens and his action comics run was one of our favorites in the yeah. uh, the deal. As long as Will Conrad, your favorite, there. Uh, but we're going to move on Will to Conrad. the next book of this section, which just happens to be. One of my favorite characters here, Eric, and I'm saying this, and somehow my notes—I think I am new. I'm, uh, we are talking about Nightwing. I'm going to do a little uh, thing before because I got to load up my notes now. I, I don't okay, know what's what going this? on. No, I don't know what happened. I Did think that when I hit that, I spilt my coffee and my notes ran away. I had a whole thing with my notes and it's gone. But it is Nightwing, and with this, this is going to be Ben Percy's first issue. And when you have a first issue, it's it's a very yeah, you have kind of a similar thing. You you have this ending with Dan Jurgens, so you're gonna set the places, yeah, or the pieces back in the place. You're gonna have a thing like when we're gonna get to the end of uh, James Tynan uh, in Detective Comics. Uh, I'm no mind reader, Eric, and I'm not a, a fortune teller. That's mumbo jumbo. Oh. That guy hasn't been around in a while. But you would guess that when that ends, you're gonna have the defy the or the Gotham Knights kind of go off like, hey, you know, it was pretty cool what we did. Smell you later. Let's keep in touch. You know, you're not going to go forward where a guy's going to end a run with uh, you have to use this going forward. But when you start a run of a new deal, to me, this is where you also have to go in and, number one, respect the run that led up to this. This isn't a number one issue. This isn't a rebirth number one. This is an issue that is the 44th issue of a run. You yeah, have a, a lot of things. Series. You have a lot of things put into place. So to me, you have guys who do go on to books, and I wish I had a, a really great example. I don't right now. I am a little Good. flighty, Eric, at this moment. But uh, you, you go in. That is, and I took it very late tonight. So you, you have the idea where you start on a book. And you're going to get – and even if – say Ben Percy gets on this book and he says, you know what? I don't like this, this, and this. If you're going to do it in the respectful way or the way that is also not just respectful to the creative team before you. It's also respectful to the readers. There's exactly. readers who have why You're going to end up where you ease your new things in. You don't just go in and burn it to the ground. You don't no. just have it say like all of a sudden I would – but you also have to like – you have to, again, go with what happened before, and that's where I think this issue with Ben Percy does not do very well. 
uh, I think that he really throws things in here that is like, okay, you think that you like this. Well, I don't like that, but seems to want to continue with things, but in a different way. Well, I'm saying I take it as, you know, Ben Percy wrote a short story about the ills of technology, yeah. forced it here and put Dick Grayson in it and had to and make then, it work. And then with that, though, no also, matter what. and really what I'm talking about really right before my blurb is I'm pretty much talking about Swoboda. And Grayson CrossFit. Now, Grayson CrossFit still might be able to kind of be worked in. There is a way to do that, and that's just something goofy that we like. Swoboda, though, if you're going to go with anything, two things that we have really liked, and and this Nightwing run has not been our favorite. It's been up and down. We like the Grayson CrossFit, but we love Swoboda, and we like the runoffs. The runoffs I don't expect Ben Percy to have to have or or do anything with. We probably won't. Maybe we'll see them later, whatever. But Swoboda – is actually an important part of this book. And, and to the point where if I started a Batman book and I decide I don't like Jim Gordon, I'm just going to change. The relationships change, and it seems very odd to me. But it's Nightwing number 44, written by Ben Percy, art by Chris Mooneyham, Nick Filardi, and Carlos Emanuel. Ben Percy starts his run on Nightwing with an old-school attitude, and that's what I liked and hated about it. The whole story feels like Percy hadn't read this current series up until now, and may think that Dick Grayson really is in his 50s. Just yeah. because you love the 90s Nightwing book doesn't mean Dick Grayson is suddenly taking place there, or Nightwing taking place there. If you are just jumping on now, you may get some kicks out of this and like it, but as a continuation of both the New 52 and the Rebirth series, it really felt off to me, and what gets me is you had him coming off a green arrow and pretty much to me and you again didn't love the whole green arrow run no. there was a lot of down parts it of that was way run. better than this new 52 run of green yes, arrow, though. yeah yeah actually it was but then at the end after that last issue all of a sudden it was like the darling the bell of the ball uh, it People was like, hail, oh my one god. of the best things ever yeah, out of oh my god the ben percy's run is so great well where were you when the trans-pacific railway was going on where were you huh. when we had 30 issues of the freaking burned yeah you know these people must not have been around then uh you know when the inferno went when down and domini then out of, was just eating flies yeah, domini's no eating flies. where were you when dante disappeared for 30 issues and then just showed up in his red sexy <laughs> suit I mean, what is going on and really wh- where was the ending what where's domini now what what happened there's oh, a lot Dominic, of things we that hardly knew you. he he died from, he died from eating flies uh but with that you have this this issue, the start, where I really think that Ben Percy, because this Green Arrow, when you had the hard traveling hero thing and Green yeah. uh, Arrow deal, uh, he was a big Mike Grell fan, and he would say over and over, "Oh, Mike Grell, Longo that was a big deal." Well, obviously, the Nightwing that he must like or wants to, you know, replicate is this '90s Nightwing. So you have a Bloodhaven that suddenly does not appear to be the Bloodhaven we had last week. You no. know, and I'm talking in this timeline. Now, I'm not talking like last week, me and you. I'm talking about last week in the timeline. You have a Dick Grayson who suddenly is not even matching up to how old he should be or how the exposure. You have a guy here that they are pushing towards the whole deal of him being against He tech. feels like, I'm telling you, at some point during Chuck Dixon's run of Nightwing in the 90s, Nightwing was frozen, and he was just unfrozen. He is a man out of yeah, time, it feels like, in his current-day Bloodhaven. He is, and this is where you can tell. I mean, you can tell right away that he thinks that Chuck Dixon's run of Nightwing is the, the bee's knees. Which I and, did love as well. Yeah, and you did love that. But with that, you have a Dick Grayson. Just to kind of go, he's against technology. It starts off, and he's pretty much saying, technology's nonsense. The way we fight crime anymore, it's not like the old days. Well, his old days... 
would be these days. He's yeah. not. He's mid twenties. I, I, I always put him at like twenty three years yeah. old in my mind. I'm so telling that whole you, time at one point recently, yeah. come on, man, your at entire one, yeah. life you've had this technology. Recently, at one point, somebody had it in one of the books that he was mid twenties because in this, when the new fifty two started, Batman himself was like twenty eight. So Somewhat yeah, they they've enough. aged from then, but not that much. And so you're looking at this, and also you're, you're sitting there with a Nightwing that if you are a Nightwing fan, which I am, you are too. Yeah. Y- you can only think like, okay, you're against technology. Huh. You were in Spiral, pretty much a spy yeah. organization based on tech. A neural implant. You had a neural implant. You had a Somnus satellite that can wipe the memory off anybody. You had – now, again, you have many a time where you were, number one, had a cell phone. Where this kind of says that he hates them and never had one. Also, that one of the big things in the New 52, which this is a continuation of, his big thing to do with Damien is to play with, with video games. At this point, we even have, we even, yeah, we even have, yeah, yeah, it was. We even have the idea. He was Batman. He was a Batman that had the Bat Cave that uses the technology of the the Bat Bat Cave. Yeah. This is nonsense. He's got the Batmobiles and he's the Batgadgets. He's got the Batmobiles and the Batsgadgets. And in this, it starts, and he's like, these people and their phones. You may, Now, again, I, I can't say that the Lansing and Kelly or the, the other one shot is in anything that you would go, but it just seems odd that he was on his cell phone the last issue yeah. getting texts from Roy. Now, again, that doesn't – I'm not going to hold Ben Percy to that because that was just thrown in. But he's there, and he's it like, yeah. It was kind of a weird kind of like, you know – Continuation where he didn't seem very, very tech savvy in that either. No, like, but he wasn't tech savvy. But I said with that, you got this overall idea. It wasn't that he was a dumb guy according to tech or against it. It was that he was spelling out he's always too busy and never yeah. gets a night off. So he never learned how what Netflix and chill is, stuff like that. But this is a Dick Grayson who has certainly used technology to its fullest, like yeah. we said, especially in Spiral. Which, which just happened, but yet Ben Percy's writing this as if this is taking place straight in the 90s. And oh, yeah, it I'm just sorry, doesn't even work. The whole, whole anti technology bit goes on way too long because even it goes against things that actually make sense to me. It's like the one bit when he gets on the train is like, technology has made crime fighting more difficult in so many ways. I'm like, no, no it's, made, no, it it's easier. made it easier. What are you talking about? It's made it now. now, you have a Dick Grayson who comes in and says, man, everybody looking at their phones. Nobody has eye contact anymore. You know, when, when I was growing up in the circus, one of the things was a man's handshake and a look in the eye. That's fine. I, I'd be fine with that. This is a – man, that technology, right? Millennials no, I, know what I, I'm I saying. There was no landlines in the circus. You all had cell phones because yeah. the only way to communicate. And, and that's the other thing. He's saying that he calls Barbara because in this he's on a train. They end up using the tech of cell phones to be bombs. He ends up saving these people, and I love it too. A bomb goes off. He sees this one guy on the on the phone. <laughs> it is gets such a in, weird progression. And there's a there's an explosion. He's like, huh. Thought I heard something. And then another explosion goes, can't ignore that one. So you ignored the first one? That's very odd. I, I just love it, though. He gets into the friggin' subway train. The guy who's just sitting outside the subway looking at his phone, he is staring at that guy as the doors close. Next panel, the bomb explodes right there. He's like, I thought I heard something that yeah. set me on my, like, you know, every nerve on high alert. I'm like, Man. you were looking at him. Yeah, you're looking at him. 
a guy just blew up in the subway. Like, no one You're else a superhero. I guess yeah, and, I won't either. Yeah, yeah, oh, well, nobody's reacting. They're looking at their phones. And uh, then he's like, oh, no, you see that the phones – and really, I don't know that I've ever read a more forced issue to be something that's, I'm against this. And everything's going to be that. I've never yeah. read anything that crazy. Uh, but yeah, you see these phones and he ends up, I used to say, you know, yeah, Ben Percy, look, I know he was in the circus. I, I changed my batons in the circus things that goes with this and that. And well, I'm that's surprised. the thing. It's like I've, I've changed my batons to a more of a circus style, like a fashion or whatever. I'm like, I, I'm looking at what you're doing. I don't know why that has to do anything with the no, circus from I what you've either. done previously. There's a couple lines in this that I, I, I think that it just doesn't jive. And then he ends up grabbing four people and swing out with them. I, I don't know how that works. But he then goes and he goes and calls up Barbara. Again, you're going to get the greatest hits. Somebody – now, I don't, I don't think this is bad. Because when you go on to a, you know, a new book like this, you're going to start your run. You are going to set up – you have to set up the idea, I know the character. The problem is – he knows the 90s character. He's not showing that he knows the current run well, Nightwing, that's the thing is, and that's what like throws me off. He's setting up his own Nightwing, how he feels, but he's just throwing it at you immediately. There's no yeah. setup. No, there's, there's no, no time taken. Easing into like you it said, either. like you know, giving you know uh, at least do like do credit respect yeah, yeah. to the previous creators. This is just I'm Ben Percy. I'm on this book, and this is the Nightwing and I'm writing, no matter if it jives or not. I like the Mike Grell uh, Green Arrow. Everybody seemed to like my approach there, so now I'm going to give you Chuck Dixon, you know, Nightwing. And with that, you you have his apartment. He has a landline. He has a record play. I mean, really, how many more things can you push? They he's gonna he's like, hey Barbara, when you know, we're done you know, here, you know what you know what you are, Nightwing. You're a douchebag because you did yeah. not grow up in the Sarah. Yeah, yeah, you didn't. So you're just an asshole. And with that, I I just went. She's like, oh, what are you gonna do? Go play pong, pong. I don't like them video games. But no, even with this, that Barbara's playing up the whole deal. Oh, yeah, you must be the last one with a landline. Oh, you know what? Growing up, going from you know place to place in the circus, the landline was one of the things that really kept me grounded. I'm like, really? A, a dial tone? A dial tone was what you liked? Really, to me, a dial tone when I was a kid, that meant nobody was fucking calling me because they all hated my guts. I was a loser. I, I pick up the phone oh, hoping – they're. Be- I'm telling you. Uh, you pick up the phone hoping somebody miraculously is on the other end. They you weren't. know, that happened to me once. Scared the yeah, shit oh, out of me. I'm telling you. There's weird times that I was going to say. Did that ever happen to you? One time I was going to call my buddy Pete. Again, that's I why when you – I picked up the phone. No way. Pete, my buddy Pete was, was on the other side. Exactly. Yeah, Pete was on there. And I said the call came from within the house. When this happens, when I tell these stories, this is why you, you only hear a couple names when I talk about me as a kid. You don't hear crazy names. As, it's Pete and her. You don't got a there knuckles go. or a Bruno or No, a no. There's no cuts with me. There's no dice or, you know, one-eyed Willie. What about Willy. Tommy? No, there's no Tommy. There's, there's Pete and, and Herb. And so, you know, uh, picking, I'd used to like to pick up the phone and, and listen to the, you know, the deal. And even then, I don't even know if anybody reading this, 90% of the people don't even know what he's talking about. And the problem is most of them are, are the age of Nightwing at this point. So yeah. it doesn't make sense. And then Barbara goes over the top with it. Oh, man, you got yourself a mixtape with your favorite 90s bands. And I'm like, really? Why are you doing this? You are the same age pretty much. It's pretty much yeah. been set that you guys – don't go with that, you know, go against, he tries to play it in with the, he's just against technology, but he's so much over the top, he sounds like a 90-year-old guy. And she even he says, does. what are you, 70, yeah, I'm 78, whatever. And then they're trying to figure out, but also, the and, problem and I'm is. I'm pretty bad. I don't have a cell phone. I don't like talking to people on no, phones in general, that's no, why I don't have one. Deal. He's way worse than I am. 
But the problem is, because of this tech villain stuff, you, you got to rely on technology. So it kind of starts to try to play this game here. First off, I don't know how, you know, there's Barbara trying to do things. I don't even know how she got what she has there and, and working with what he gave. But they're trying to, you know, go into things and he's trying, they're trying to figure out and they say, he says, listen, it wasn't really, they, they weren't targeting me. It just seems they were blowing up. They're using the phones as bombs, whatever. And they're going to think, but at the end, it's so great. It's like basically Barbara's like, I got nothing. So you just wasted all this time. Well, and even it's that, just I'm telling you, I hated nine-panel layout for how much we get it now. This 16-panel layout was yeah. killing me. I'm like, God damn, this is boring. Yeah, so then you go off, and now the next bit, you go off, and there is Dick Grayson. Uh, he thinks he's in Rocky Four, but instead yeah. of being in Siberia uh, working out, he's actually this is more at, Rocky Balboa, I would yeah, say. Yeah, well, it's, it's just a Rocky thing. <laughs> I know. You're going off the Bloodhaven salvage. And this is one of the things that me and Simon in the Slack were kind of arguing, having fun with the fact that he is working out in somebody's salvage yard. You can't just show up and make yourself, uh, you know, weights out of tires in a pole. We never got a thing. Where is this little setup where, hey, uh, Dick, you going to lock up? Yeah, there, Rex. I'm thanks you, for giving he, me this job. He can job. have a relationship with this guy at the salvage, like, that's at all the you salvage need. yard, like he does at the sandwich shop yeah, or something like that. That's all you need. But it's yeah. such a weird idea. It's like we had Grayson CrossFit, which you and I both love because, you know, yeah. you need to give these characters a day job. Yeah. seems like he might have run that in the ground and now he's just going yeah. off of like, you know, but again, how long is this from trainers. there? I don't know. You, you don't even have that where you're, you're having Ben Percy change some things. You don't even have that beginning that, yes, it's hokey. It may be even cliched of having that like, man, ever since I took down the judge, I reevaluated my life. But you know what? Months later, I think I'm ready to, you know, be myself again. And then when don't they you go, just hate technology yeah, and with that. And even like, you know what? I kind of going back to basics and they, you know, because now he's lifting tires and things he has a he has a CrossFit gym. Poor Bruce has given him the money for. Also, he's got a different apartment. There's there's all this nonsense. But he ends up he's there for a a guy who's coming to work out. So this guy shows up. I don't know if they met on Grinder, Tinder, fucking Reddit. I don't know. This guy comes. Hey, you're really recommended. And now Humper. this is the thing. This could be that you still have the CrossFit. Simon even said it. Like they never said he didn't. It's yeah. just that you have this idea trainer. and you have this idea of privacy. Now, first off, privacy should not mean that you break into a salvage yard and start lifting fucking car parts. Well, that it's makes the whole no thing sense. Too. It's like, okay, I have Grayson CrossFit. This guy, yeah. he got a hold of me. He needs a personal trainer and he wants his privacy. And I tell him, you know what? I don't like the idea of going to big gyms either. I'm like, you don't have to go to big gyms. You have no, great CrossFit where and you have also, all your equipment. Where we left it, there was only two people yeah. that were doing it. You know, Kid Delicious and the, the girl who liked the hockey. So <laughs> I, 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 I don't remember her name. But you have this where you have that set up. So when this guy says, you know what, I need a lot of privacy. You know what privacy is? Three o'clock in the afternoon when you don't have another class. I mean, yeah. it is your gym. You can c close the blinds. You can work out there. This guy shows up, and of course, because he's against tech, the guy has a goddamn cybernetic hand and eye. I'm like, and I'm, really? I'm What's going you, on? I, I can't remember the dude's name. I'm actually was trying to look it up right now, but 
Do you remember that guy in the DCYOU uh, cyborg series who had that fucked up yeah. cybernetic guy? He yeah, became a yeah. techno sapien. Yeah, it was, this uh, looks like that guy. The guy that was either was he the football player or the guy who went to war and came back? He was, was the injured. guy who went to war. Okay, was, like, yeah, that was in the apartment. The he was in yeah. the apartment of cyborg, and then that's yeah. how they met. Yeah, <laughs> it might be him, but it's so funny too because he shows up, and all you need to do is think that this guy is up to something because. <laughs> He looks like he's up to something. Dick Grayson is against tech. I like that Dick is there in the salvage yard with his weight belt on uh, and, and his gloves. Heavy but tires. he's like, yeah, and he's like, hey, uh, you know, how's it going? You know, we're going to be lifting tires here. Also, uh, I don't know how well you're uh, at at uh, axle bench presses, and plus, we're going to be doing uh, kegels uh, with some ball bearings. I, I don't know what he's doing. It's I'm just the most you, the nonsense is, stuff. He really should have had some more information going forward. Where this guy seems to have a cybernetic arm. You need to really change up your goddamn yeah. workout style yeah. if you only can work half your yeah, body. Yeah, really. Yeah, or he's like he's lifting cars. Where do you want this? And then we find out he's just crushing cars. Now they're working a side job at the salvage yard but he's like hey uh so i always ask my my people what you, what you looking for here this is my nightwing because i'm telling oh, you he looks like this weird. hey what you looking to do here in the salvage yard you know you got a hey, car yo, that you want you, you going to do uh, huh? hey hey George, you got a, a body you want to get rid of or you want to work out he, he could do anything what do you got a body you want to get Ooh, uh, but yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying here. Hey, that's some salvage yard you humor. You see here. my muscles? Hey, look at you. You're like the junkyard dump. They they say basically, what do you what do you want out of this? I want to get big. Oh, you mean big? Yeah, big. All right, shake my hand. Yeah, all right, there you go, cyborg. He's a fucking cyborg. And then you have a uh, dick go off, and it's just it's like it, can it get at, like every step of the way. You, you're just getting more tech because then he goes to a Bloodhaven, his his normal fucking you know deli where he gets his breakfast sandwich. Has to throw I, shade you, at this a big fat guy. Egg and cheese sandwich. Yeah. Like, you know what? That sounds amazing. It does sound good. We actually had this is where uh, at my old job with Pete. Uh, we had where uh, we would go and get what we'd call breakfast hoagies because there was a deli that was open at like six in the morning, but you could get any of the hoagies. So this is where when I had that uh, that my hernia that got strangulated yeah. and stuff like that, uh, that's why at, at 7.30 a.m. I had already had a meatball sub because we would do this all the time. And it reminded me of that. But he goes and he's like, hey, I'll have my normal. Uh, hey, you know what there, Sammy boy? You were a fat so, but I, I don't have to worry about that. He's the worst guy. It, the worst is, is when you want to get in shape or you're trying to watch and you have this motherfucker who can eat anything and then brags about it. You know, my workout, I could eat anything, but he goes and then this guy's like, Hey, you want to see something cool there? Dick Grayson and then hits a button because he's got a controller on and it ends up giving you a hard light construct hologram type deal that makes his shitty ass shop. Look, His little no, bodega no. looks yeah. great. Now it looks like the best thing ever. And he's like, isn't Including this great? Including all the food on the inside. Look, yeah. my bananas don't even have bruises yeah. no Just more. Just imagine when the guys are like, hey, uh, I'll take that, uh, you know, that apple. And he gets it. And the person walks out, he's eating it and gets out. And it's a goddamn fucking rotten out ass apple. It makes no sense. He's like, isn't this the greatest thing? It makes it look like I cleaned up and I could be a lazy ass and not do shit. I mean, he's he's there. It's it's a weird it thing, for, especially for how it works. It seems to be almost like we have with the Pixie uh, software yeah. that was implanted yeah. in your nose in Teen Titans recently, where you can project things like that. Didn't even make sense. But the idea no, in my mind, the hologram of some other in. people can go in. It, it, it's weird. If it's a it, virtual reality for you, that makes sense. That's Making what I'm a saying. hard light, like like construct yeah. or whatever it is, it's a fucking hologram for everyone else to see. It's this is an odd thing. It's because very odd. 
we have this one projector that's on the wall, and it, like I, I don't know, it's just an odd concept yeah. to throw out here, because especially and, and, for all the anti-technology yeah. talk, it's just and, and so there, like no. over the top. I'm telling you, and then you get the whole idea, like you, you have mice and uh, rat shit on there. You just hit the button, it makes everything yeah. look fine. It's like this is like the a, a new thing they said everyone in, in Bloodhaven's having. It's some herbal renewal project, and this is where me and Simon were talking, where we. Up until this point in Bloodhaven, it was Bloodhaven, but this was a different Bloodhaven. You had these casinos. It was a little more, from what we saw at least, it was a little more uppity, even towards the idea of maybe like a gentrification that happened since the 90s when yeah. we had it back then. There, there, It's almost like the new Bronx or Brooklyn or things like that in New York where Bloodhaven was still – clean up Atlantic City. Yeah, Bloodhaven was still Bloodhaven, but – there were things that were making it better. That is just thrown out the door. But as this goes on, you have a, a police car goes by, Nightwing goes off, and he goes off to oh. see what's going down. Hey, what's Jim, that? That, that character from Cyborg that this guy looks like at yeah. the salvage yard, Bobby Zerozinski. Oh, yeah, man? the Zerozinski, yes. It'd be so funny if it was him. But, yeah, yeah and, and it would make sense because it's all tech. But, yeah, you yeah. have this where he goes off. Somebody's been murdered. It, it's a really – this whole explanation of the murder and things like that, it really, to me, it, it's kind of over the top. And I don't think it means much because, really, it's going to end up just being that, in my mind – uh, the guy's butler, like you have with Alfred, where Nightwing touches him later and says, boy, I can touch you. I, I, he's definitely, to me, been murdered by a virtual reality person in his, uh, you know, phantasm deal there. Well, I, that's I think the that's thing. what it's, it's leading like, the, the, the cops shot him down because it was, uh, like, uh, his, like, somebody yeah. called the cops saying that he was going after girlfriend. his girlfriend with a knife. Yeah. And when the cops showed up, they busted him and shot him to death. Yes. And like, well, how, who could who could have called this in because the curtains were shut? So how did yeah. they know he had a knife? Which yeah. leads us to this whole idea of the, the phantasm projector, yeah, the phantasm which takes projector. him back to his apartment. So he's got to look it up. Yeah, I mean, but like, with that, apart, this is where it. he goes in, and we get Swoboda, and this is where you're going to go forward, where you're Ben Percy, where this is where you'd have Swoboda. So you want to show everybody, hey, listen, this would be like if you have Brian Michael Bennis, and he gets on. Uh, people are going to be waiting to see what he's doing with Lois and John. You're going to be waiting for this first interaction. So if yeah. you're into this book, this is something that's important. Really, this book only has two real ongoing characters, Dick Grayson and Swoboda. So when you go and there's Swoboda there and she's like, you know, it starts out okay. You have that kind of thing where you could even have swung yeah, okay. this around. You you have had this interaction yes, to a degree with them where they have the this first. kind of thing like – I'm going to take – exactly. It really yeah. feels like it's more it's, of the beginning of Rebirth beginning. night when yes. he first got to Bloodhaven yes. where it we had this like they don't like have that. the continued relationship that grew out because of it. Because they where- had that – that relationship is one of the best things that have grown throughout this whole run. So when they have it – but this is the other thing. If I thought Ben Percy was playing us because I thought it was like – what the fuck do you have to do here now? You got, you got two minutes you got here, two minutes. And then the other person comes over and it's like, hey, uh, hey, Captain. I'm going to go out for, uh, you know, I'm going to go out and check things out. I'll be right back. And he leaves like, all right, hey, Dick, what's going on? Have you been okay? I haven't heard from you in a while. I thought that's what it was going, but at least Ben Percy is continuing I, I the idea. Hey, hey, hey uh, Sabota, I got to go out and do this. 
You got two minutes there. Fuck you know, okay. Two minutes that's, for everything. That's her trigger. Hey, Swoboda, <laughs> like, uh, you want to go downtown for a, for a drink after this? Listen, you got two minutes. But I do like that Ben Percy is at least continuing the trend that Swoboda will completely ruin a crime scene with her smoking oh, yeah. and going around and letting Dick Grayson, just after saying she hates him, leave see, with a pretty big thing of evidence. This is but, the thing. Is this is the stuff we didn't see in between, like, the judge yeah. arc and this, where Dick Grayson just keeps showing up and stealing evidence. This is why she's evidence. the way yeah. she is. And, and there's – you're going with I the whole deal. I'd be pissed like too. Yeah, and she's like, you know, listen, two minutes, asshole. Okay, I can even go with that. I, I'm really – I'm telling you, I can go with that. But then when she says, you know, I never fucking liked you. I'm like, really? Like what happened? Because you guys were – having a bad day, you, Swoboda? You started to be almost best friends. You're joking. I mean, yeah, best friends. And really, you. I can't be hanging out with you no more. My freaking husband thinks uh, you're getting warm from my form. Yeah, right. two weeks ago, you shot Dick and then tra- and then saved his ass. I mean, where does. And then was really happy to be able to say, you know, I'm sorry about that. But they're there and, you know, hey. Uh, and, and then it's all like, oh, looks like this guy. Uh, I would say from the blood, it looks like he's been hurt. Way to go, world's greatest detective. Ha, uh, I think that the ground is his enemy. Way to go again, greatest. De- I think that you're a smoker. You'd like Harvey Bullock. And that's the only thing that I think that Ben Percy got out of anything with Sabota leading up to this. something we joked about all the time. And even it's the weird, weird thing line, is, though, because, oh, it's like, a weird line because you would say it constantly to me. And it's very odd when, uh, hey, you know what? Uh, have you ever by chance met Harvey Bullock? We would say that all the time. Oh, no, time. no. I'm sorry. I like the line. I actually think it's presented here a little weird because there's two dialogue balloons coming from yeah, Nightwing. Yeah. I'm like, why did you separate these like yeah, this? It just it feel, I understand that you have to, like, you want to share this little device that's on the dead body's arm, but like, yeah. it looks like it's coming from two different people. And I actually had to go back and like, wait a second. That's both Dick Grayson. And, and I'll tell you, even the dialogue, even with the whole deal, because then Dick says, so this guy is one of Falcone's lieutenants. That to me should have been a question. Like, hey, you know, you, you looked at the idea, whatever. He's just like, so this guy's one of Falcone's lieutenants. Like, <laughs> Once again, world's greatest detective. I don't know so if Falcone's doing a Bloodhaven. Yeah, I don't know. And really, again, it, it's it seems like nonsense because then he's like, hey, by the way, you, you really have this guy here. He has a knife in his hand. It matches the call. You have the idea somebody called with the, the you know, the curtains were drawn. How would they know what's going on? That seemed like a little forced for the whole uh, virtual reality. But by the way, I'm going to take the only other piece of evidence here and go tinker with it because, you know, I, I hate the technologies. So but I'm going to go. But I love to tinker with a screwdriver, and then he gets it, then picks up this controller that we saw. This controller hooks up to your, you know, wrist. It scans your brain to figure out what you like and don't like. I mean, really, these are one of these things where when we have a, uh, you know, a comic book or anything, you, you start making androids, you start to scan your brains. It usually doesn't work out. It usually where ends did, up where bad. Where did he get the like the like the device that goes on the body though? Because did, I didn't see I don't him know. pull it he off of the, the dead body. It. He seems to it just, just kind grab of seems it. to come out of yeah, the device yeah. that he pulled off the wall. Which I don't makes know where no he got sense. It, but it he doesn't has. make sense. But yeah, he has it, and you know he hates technology, so he's just gonna blindly put this on him, the and he puts it on. Phantasm deal. Yeah, I'm the phantasm right away. Device. It's like it's Boy. a great movie. You don't want anything else called phantasm. Boy. And he puts, there, there are phantasm characters in the yeah. DC universe, so I don't know how they're playing because you even have the skull symbol yeah, you in have the, like, the whole digital background yep, behind, like, yeah. know, invoking the whole phantasm look. So, I don't know what they're yeah. playing with yet for this well, new like you know rebirth version. 
And he puts the controller on. It, it it scans them. It picks luxury. You do have a thing where even that you're looking at has luxury, comfort, fear, adventure, nostalgia. You have that fear there that you would nostalgia think that maybe you know went the other way there. Yeah, nostalgia. I'm there. I'm in fucking diapers. You know, I, I'm not that into that though. And uh, so you have this, and then the it scans. There's uh one of the big moments there to me is that there's a you know there's an Alfred, and that's where Nightwing's like boom boom. Hey, this is weird. I can feel you even though you're not here to show you that possibly somebody that would be in your virtual reality could even harm you back because they i'm telling are. you the thing i i don't even care if these things are like hard light holograms or whatever you want to call it immediately when alfred shows up like this thing is freaking reading your mind get it off you right now it's yeah, gonna, yeah. gonna give up all your goddamn secrets to this goddamn transponder yeah, really there it is it's done they know everything about them but yeah and then as this goes on very quickly the uh the controller that's on his wrist ends up turning into a spider, cuts into him, and goes into his body. Oh, God. And then and he becomes like, oh, no. all raged out for yeah, the glowing eyed no. muscle man. But really, I mean, how many, how much more force can this be to be a tech story and have it force where Dick Grayson is against tech? And I said, this is one of the things that has been a sticking point to me. And I, it's a pet peeve of mine, especially in this rebirth where you have these writers. And a lot of times I always, it's funny because I'll always go back to the one guy that I'll go back to that well again when I heard that interview with Kyle Higgins, who was on the new 52 Nightwing book, where he went to DC when they were going to do this and said, please, my favorite character is Nightwing. I did a, a student film of Nightwing. I need to write Nightwing. Okay. Nightwing's yours. Now it's it doesn't seem like that. Now it seems that they're going like and, and people have pointed out. Well, the that Slack was also chat. a fresh start, so he can just yeah. go in the Nightwing well, and do yeah. whatever he and wants. This and seems his like big thing he wants was to do. get Nightwing out of Gotham, yeah. take him to Chicago, which was Kyle Higgins' yeah. hometown, yeah. which I which thought was, was going to awesome. be was their version of Bloodhaven when they exactly. weren't allowed to have a lot of these made up towns. It seemed they were going a more realistic deal, like a Christopher Nolan type darker and, universe. And instead of in Star City, we had Seattle and shit yeah, like stuff that. like that. So with this though, there's word that you know people have pointed out that uh, ben percy has a book that's based on the ills of technology a sci-fi yeah. thriller book and dan didio went to him supposedly and said i like that story make it for nightwing so now again you are having a story with a character that's forced in forced it. instead character, of yeah. taking on the character and naturally make a story based around him. And because of that, it feels very off to me. It feels like something like a new 52 restart that yeah. you would be like, okay, this is number one. It's taking place in the past. This is almost to me, if you're going to go with what I would think it would be, this is DCYOU. This is story over continuity that they seem to be going with because it just doesn't jive. It doesn't seem like Nightwing here. It just seems like a character stuck in a tech deal. And really, I mean, how can you go with I'm against tech and then everything else. You don't go three panels Fuck without you. One goddamn tech. guy you're doing a personal fitness thing is a yeah. cyborg. Yeah, he's a cyborg. Then you go and get your favorite deli who all of a sudden the guy has to say that he's got this thing with the virtual reality to do this. You do not go. The only one that you get is – you know, Swoboda, but she's there investigating something that's going to end and up being I, I wouldn't be surprised if she was smoking an e-cigarette initially. Uh, I actually thought she was vaping. 
So what the <laughs> and then with that, and I said, we were joking around a little, and I said, it'd be like if I wanted a character, I'm like, he's against sports, and then all of a sudden, the League of Sports uh, Villains shows up, and you have, oh, I no. said, you have five-minute major, he, he's the leader, along with Hail Mary, his second-in-command, oh, no. and then you have, like, you know, crazy things like that that's going, you know, let's quarterback sneak, he's our spy, and, and ah! they're just attacking him out of nowhere. Oh, no, it's Enzo! It's Enzo, oh, no, it's tight end. Wait a minute, that's Dick Grayson. But you, you have this thing like, why force that issue? Why make it naturally progress this? And he is off and running in this one issue to the point where uh, it's just very odd to me and very over the top. We could just have Dick Grayson not be a guy who's on his phone all the time yeah. and still be in this yeah. world where everybody is, like, you know, I walks mean, around looking at their phones you, and shit like that. You could have this play naturally without saying, I'm so against I, technology. Yeah, and, Look and at these with people. That, they can't even have a conversation. Yeah. With that, you have that last issue that we had where it had Roy and Damien. Yeah. And the whole roundabout joke of it was was that Dick wasn't good with technology. He wasn't saying he hated it. He just wasn't sure. good where he was hooking up, trying to hook up his set box to get his old Netflix. And he never had that before and things like that. You can have that. If this would have started with Damien on the phone with him going, you know, y- you plug it in. You have the AV there. And he's like, oh, man, it was so much easier when we had this and when I had a butler to do shit for me and things like that. Have it naturally progress in here. But the over-the-top technology, <laughs> am I right? And with that, you even have a thing that we didn't even point out. There's a twice joke in here, the two-time running joke of, you know what? I really missed the days of phone booths. That was a joke, like you said, in the 1978 Superman movie. Exactly. This That's is how antiquated they were becoming in 78. You know, by the yeah. late 80s, they were hard. Like, you couldn't find a phone. But they were all phone kiosks this everywhere. This did to me that the, 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 the youngest or oldest said he was probably born around 95. And, and uh, from then, you're going for 97. But that's the thing. Even if it's that, you, you still have a point of eight years where you're just a kid. And then now you're you're talking that you're in the 2000s and you don't know what uh, you know you're talking about a phone booth. I'll go talk to my son. My oldest son is 23, 24. I bet you he has never in his life seen a phone booth. Yeah, he might go. He's 23, maybe 24. Who knows? (laughs) Who knows what the hell he is? But yeah, I bet you he hasn't seen a phone booth. You ever see a phone booth, Logan? He's not talking. He just fuck. I'm just saying. He just gave me a dirty look. I've seen a phone booth. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, he Logan handed me a coffee, and when I, I was flailing around, smacked him in the face just now. He handed me the coffee, and I say, "Do you have a phone book?" And I think he actually uh, mouth, "Fuck you." I really oh, do think that. Oh, that's good. my youngest son. He may be between nine and fifteen. I'm not sure uh, quite <laughs> what it is, but yeah, there you go. But yeah, you have these, and that joke with the phone booth and stripper pants came twice. It, yeah. it didn't hit great the first time, and it, it's just forced. It's overly oh, I, I want to tell you this one bit. Though. I'm reading this issue, and he's like going after the whole murder thing when he sees yeah. the cop car. It's like this. He's turning in the Nightwing. He's like, here's the thing about Batman, beyond his genius, beyond his gadgets, beyond his will and strength, the thing that I always like, always impressed me the most about him is – I swear to God, it was just going to leave his money, but now it's like, you never <laughs> see him because I'm telling you, yeah. he's going off about what Batman is. I'm like, 
He's got to save his money because goddamn Dick Grayson, you can use some of that yeah, money right now. Yeah, you can use some. And it's just, I don't know. It's just so weird. Like, even like you sit here and you're reading this, to, you know, Nightwing. And if you don't agree with us, just sit there and you're all the right to you. And I think, yeah. like I said in my, in my intro, if this is your, you, you never read New 52 Nightwing, you didn't, you heard somebody say, Oh, you got to check out Nightwing. It's pretty cool. It's like an old school deal because the art, we didn't really mention the art's very old school. And I really and like I, it. Really enjoyed the I Fitness. really like at it. At first, I found it jarring. I didn't think yeah, I liked but it. But no, like, I really like uh, it. Even in the subway scene, I thought some stuff was like not very detailed. No, to point. Uh, I didn't yeah. know what I was looking at. As the issue went on, each page I think got yeah. better and, and better. I, and like, by the end, you, I think it was really good. I, I don't think that I'm going, you know, I'm making shit up or talking out my ass to say that if you would like to have a John Ramita art that actually is good. It might be this. There's a lot of John Romita-esque things to this, but there's also very much 90s stuff, which does fit the feel of the story. The problem is go with that old school look, but tell the current story. I really like like Swoboda smoking and the smoke just seems so much like and even as it was like when she's lighting up and oh, you yeah. have that looks very it's John very Romita to me. Yeah. And but it's very that 90s. And in fact, this week after reading this at work, we have volume one of the Chuck Dixon Nightwing that you have at work. And yeah. I actually open it up and like the third page that I just randomly went to, there was a guy smoking very similar, very much like that. So I thought that that was really well done that's all you need to get the feel of the 90s you know nightwing also if this would have been the beginning of rebirth obviously you've been starting kind of your own thing there but that it would have fit better with like an action comics at that time and everything with that but going forward but it just seems like it seems like uh or what i was going to say if you, if you like it and you're like i don't agree with jim and eric this is bullshit think of this dick grayson leaving right here and going off to the Titans book and, and hanging right. with the Titans, it makes no sense. The Titans, again, are a tech-heavy team at points, that very much so in my mind. Uh, and you have him here that just doesn't seem right. I mean, we just got done a Titans run where it started with stolen memories and computers and, and things like that. There's never a time where I don't like this technology. You could have, like, again, start with the – and he's – he is Robin. He's been in the Batcave. Start with the idea of saying like that the world isn't as good because of the technology. Just go with that. Don't make it seem like you're so against it. I, I get the idea that it's going to lead to this Nightwing solving crimes. He's going to be the good doctor now. He's going to solve crimes because to take he, has, back to the he has a different way of doing things. You know, instead of scanning a room with your VR thing, he's going to dust for fingerprints. Oh my goodness, who would have thunk it? But yeah, it's it's just nonsense uh, to me. Though I still like some of it, and and, yeah, and yeah, again, so I'm gonna end with the idea that this could still end up being a great run. This is just for one could. issue. This is my it's favorite very jarring character. though. If you've been it reading is. Nightwing all the way through, you jump into this. Yes. All of a sudden, Dick Grayson is a different character than you've seen up until yeah. this point. It's just I do very think there odd. are merits to the story that I think yeah, could I be too. cool going forward. It's just the Dick Grayson and, aspect yeah. is completely off, and, and then yeah. out of nowhere, I just. DC is such a weird thing, especially Nightwing. I'm not, we have a world full of superheroes and supervillains. Yeah. But especially in Nightwing, Bloodhaven, last arc, we just had Guppy, the little yeah. shark man who gets yeah, shark nobody man. bats a fucking eye. No. It's like, all right, my client's Phones. here. Like, nobody says he's a goddamn cyborg. <laughs> nobody <laughs> says shit. He shows up. 
And he's like, hey, how you doing? Well, whoa, whoa. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, I usually ask my clients this when we first start. I like to get to know them. I usually ask them, the fuck's up with that cybernetic eye? I mean, what the <laughs> fuck, buddy? What are you doing? Are you scanning me right now? Because I'm not comfortable with this. Uh, but yeah, but with this also. Nobody this weird shit just out of no, nowhere. No, it's cell phones. They're bad about it. I don't know about you with that crazy cupcake game you've been playing. I do kind of hope it's Bobby Zero Zinsky just so I can say that name some more. It'd be so great, but. Uh, but with that, as it goes on, I will also end this before I give my score with saying that uh, it's one of those things where after four issues of this, three issues even, uh, there's going to be a time that we're going to have to uh, accept it. I, I can't yeah. sit there. Yeah, there's things that you know you might say, but Jim and Eric, you guys yell about the same thing about that book all the time or that book. That's more like a writing issue or whatever. But if this is the night when going forward at a point – just going to have to accept exactly. it. Exactly. If this is it. who Savota is going forward, and if uh, Dick Grayson has a gigantic stance against technology, stuff that we can do about that. Yeah, this, we're this, just going to have to go with now. it. And then by the time – and really, if, if you want to really go about it, you have your idea of three issues – is the decision point if you like something to drop it. I'll go that the first arc of six issues. After yeah. that, it's his run. And then it's his to do what he wants with it, unfortunately. If he wants to have Swoboda be the worst enemy to Dick Grayson by the six issues, uh, I'm going to have to accept it, though I would have liked to have had a transition from what we got. And we still may, but yeah. if you're going to do it now, it's going to come off weird as a flashback type thing. Like, man... Uh, where did it go wrong? And then you look, and it's when you know he he was warm for her form, and the husband. Oh man, you know, Sabota has always been a little surly. She's just you know, like getting angry and angry as the days. I wonder what's going on in her personal life. Yeah, I wonder why she's so miserable at me, and she just you know who knows. Her because husband he left her because yeah, her of being husband warm left for her and form. He, yeah, because of that, and you know whatever. But and I, I don't think, think he we'll did because that. even in the judge arc, it just seemed like she was a single mom. Yeah, it did seem like a, a single mom at that point. We were very confused of what was going on with her. But, yeah, I don't think we'll end up finding out anything like behind the scenes. It's just this is what he's going to go with. So eventually if that continues, I'll have to go. But I gave it a 5.5, and I really did like the art. I don't think that he has the voice of a Nightwing that I've known. No. Uh, but we'll have to see how it goes forward. What would you give it? I was initially going to give it a 5.5 out of 10, but there are, like I said, merits to this story that yeah, I do look is. forward to going forward. And I really enjoy the art. And it is the beginning of his run. I'm going to give him a little bit of like a pass there because well, you're going to go six, so, are you? I'm going six. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go and, six out of ten. And with that, I'm giving it a five point five, and it's a weird deal now. Just to give some people an idea of in the mind, I can get my finger in the mind of a reviewer. Uh, oh. As I'm going, where we end a run uh, that we say sometimes, hey, if it's a good run, you end up giving a little bonus. You know, oh, man, I really like this run, so I was going to give this issue an 8. I gave it an 8.5, you know, as a congratulations type deal. Uh, with this, though, coming out of a run, again, not my favorite story. That judge story was nonsense. Judge but was I did have to give him some points off for a shaky transition. But next issue – you know, all bets are off. It, it's your book now, and I'll see how it goes. But, yeah, it was a shaky transition in my mind uh, where we've had a bunch in a row, especially with the Superman books, where there's a really crazy transition that went going on, and they did it fairly well. Uh, yeah. You know, actually did it real well. So I, I think that this was a little off, and it just – it worries me that this is one of those, hey, it's my book now. Fuck you. And I'm really worried about that, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, but now we're going to go off to some mail. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim. Oh yeah, it's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, 
All I right. always need an Eric Shea. This is mail section number the top one. Shelf? Yes, indeed. I need you to get the can of corn. Can of corn, baby. Uh, yeah, you you didn't play much uh, sports, uh, being a very uncoordinated non-sports fella as you are, Eric. Uh, did you ever yell can of corn on the baseball field? Have I never ever, yelled can of corn. Have you ever heard ever. that? Did you know that no. that was a saying? It always upset me. I'm telling you, I'm playing baseball. I'm in Little League. And uh, the uh, can of corn, can of corn. I'm looking for the can of corn, Eric. I'm a hungry fella well, even delicious. back then. Uh, you know what the big, the worst thing that ever happened to me in baseball was at the point when I became pretty much for years and years the shortstop. Ah. And, and I'm telling you, it, it led to a lot of jokes, a lot of jokes ah. and, and a lot of fists to face. But then I become big because I was, I was a small fella. I don't know if you realize this now, uh, but I was not very tall growing oh. up. Uh, and, uh, I ended up becoming a center fielder because of my speed. And, oh. uh, basically, if you wanted to know how I went about playing baseball, uh, anything that was hit to me, I, I could, you know, I, I was pretty fast. I, I'm not just, you know, tooting my own horn here. Uh, but I know I hear of, every week the Quaker Town comment over here. I'm tooting my horn. But what I would do, Eric, because of that, I could run. You know, I'd, I'd go, but I, I, I'd kind of ease up a little so that I could dive. I was, <laughs> I was known <laughs> to be a guy who would dive just for diving's sake. And there is a thing I'd have to look it up in the paper, in the Free Press, our local paper. There was a time that we ended up winning a game. Uh, uh, in my, I, I don't know, this might have even been my sophomore year, where there was like bases loaded and I did, I, I eased up and then I dove the cat, catch this thing. And uh, people were, uh, people were going nuts, I'm telling you. And it was such a sham. I, I really laid up. And they ended up interviewing me and I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I, I kind of, I was right on it, but boy, I to, then they interviewed the coach who hated me. And he basically ripped me apart in the free press. It's the best thing you could ever read about somebody as a kid just being like ripped apart. And he, he ripped me apart. He, he hated my guts, but hey, there you go. Goddamn uh, showboater. See, guys, see, this is it. Mail section one, it's all about me, Eric. But if you want to be part of the mail section, you can. I was a showboater. I really was. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, I, I'd even yell about it while we were playing. I wasn't trying to even hide the fact. But Everybody else yelling, can of corn, oh, going for the ball. Showboat! It was so good. Uh, if you want to be in the mail section uh, and be the star of the show, you can email us, and then you'll have this. You can be the, the showboat here. Uh, you can mail us at uh, Weird Science. What is it? Weird Science DC Comics at <laughs> gmail.com. I'm all flustered now, Eric. I would say that now we are recording showboat. tonight, and how this goes, uh, we are only about a half hour into this recording section. Uh, you know, how we're doing this. Yeah. I believe that this is what is called the Adderall kicking in, Eric. It really did right there. If, if you go listen, just go back. Somebody go back. Listen to the intro. And now listen to this. This is only minutes away. And yet, all of a sudden, I, I feel like I am on top of the world, Eric. Top of the world, Ma. Mail section number one. And we're going to start with Havlin, who we have not heard from in a long, long age, yeah. time. And I'm so glad that we heard from her because I love hearing from her. And she is one of the biggest Catwoman fans that I know, which makes yeah. me both humbled 
and excited because I'm a Catwoman fan as well, but not as much as her. But she says, hello, Jim, Eric, and the Get Fresh crew. And she says, insert whoop whoop, if that's even a thing anymore, Eric. Of course it is. And yeah, it's been a while. She says, it's been months. And while I still download the podcast. I rarely ever listen to it. It's not that I don't like it. It's I hate Eric's jerk-off voice. Oh, my God. It all makes sense. She may or may not have said that part. I got to a point with my pull list where I really didn't care for any of the books, but I still didn't want to be spoiled by them. So it's it's a real tough place. She didn't buy the books, but she didn't want to be slow because what you're going to see here, she did plan on getting back to him. Now, again, this is where we'll go back to even what we talked about at the beginning with Batman, uh, where people would think that our business plan is to be negative or our business plan is to hate on DC. The, the overall business plan really is, please to God, DC, write some good books so people are interested on hearing this podcast. That's yeah. pretty much the business plan is – when DC's, oh, God, DC, stop making I us mean, look like assholes. Ju- and anybody listening, even if you've never mailed or you're not on the Patreon, you're not, uh, you know, and if you're listening, you're part of the Get Fresh crew, beep, boop, boop, boop. Wh- whether you want to be or not, you, you are part of that. Um, but if, just think about when you started listening, and most of the people probably will think Rebirth, and that that helped us because it was exciting and it was good, and people jumped on. Well, as they kind of drift away and stop buying books, then they stop listening to Eric Shea, and Eric Shea becomes a lonely fella. Uh, but she says, anyway, I think I have some <laughs> distance now, and I'm genuinely curious about what's happening. Currently, I'm planning to catch up on Batman, Green Arrow, and Aquaman. Now, again, this is where I give uh, Havlin full credit. Havlin is a fan. Havlin has tried to be like, you know what? I'm not real interested in this nonsense anymore. You can't just walk away fully, you know? Yeah. So there you go. So I decided to start with Batman because it was one I was most curious about. I was Batman. expecting it to be a little rough. But I don't think I was prepared for the very confusing reaction I had. And it's so funny. I'm reading this. I'm like, Haviland's gone to the dark side. I, I, I just really imagine you're sitting there be... without your soundboard and just saying ding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm doing that. No, actually, when she thought it was a little rough, didn't prepare for the confusing reaction. And again, I, I don't have the greatest of memories now that I am a rocking chair old fella, Eric. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do and remember some things. Junkie. And I do remember, no, that helps. I do remember that Havlin was talking about how, uh, Selena was being used as just a sexual prop way back yeah. when, when she emailed Liz. So I was like, oh no, I think that maybe she has gone and taken this idea. Also, she did have a problem because it was already the bat or the cat god Selena. So she had a problem like you're taking away what makes the character. I mean, really stuff that she said 100% right on and stuff that I thought as well. And she thought, you know, this Catwoman that you think you're making Tom King, you think you're making it like the greatest thing for Catwoman fans. But instead, you're taking away what we love about her. And so I thought, well, maybe she's, you know, on board now. But. Now, a long time ago, I wrote in saying that Catwoman was my favorite comic book character. At mm-hmm. her best, she is a femme fatale with her own agenda, who challenges Batman at every corner. And that's very important to me. That's why Batman loves her, I think. That's why Batman, through all these years, has had a relationship with her, because she is not like the other women in his life. She challenges him all the time. That is gone. At her worst, or when she is poorly written, she is a sex object that Batman wants but can never have with almost nothing to say or contribute. Uh, And and really, that's the thing she'll say. I think Tom King was trying for the first but missed the mark big time. 
And I don't think he's making her just as a sex object, though, either. And I don't think she does either. In so many ways, this version of Catwoman is just like uh, what I just what I like. And a part of me just wants to forget my complaints and just enjoy the bits I like. However, there are just so, so many bits here and there that annoy me. And then there is a big problem with this book. That's more what's not in it. The only people worried about Bruce marrying Selena is the Bat family and neither Bruce nor Selena has really talked to them. And this no. is a very big, important part. I sit there and talk to Eric all the time about this. And I say, I, I just recently on the site, and I, this isn't bashing. I, I'm agreeing with Haviland. I'm not bashing Haviland. I mean Batman. But when Corey was on the site and talking about it, I even said, like, wh where, what are we ever going to find out about, like, what Batman actually really thinks? What have we learned that he thinks about this upcoming wedding? And mm. in the meantime, I said to Eric that – I started really going crazy, and Eric said that when he mentions stuff or talks to people on the site, on the comments, he'll always like one – you want one concise reply because yeah. to you, more than one, it makes it seem like you're, you've got an agenda or you're pissed or whatever. Yeah, I've been known to have. I'm seven, telling you, like I told you before, if, if I send a re like a reply to somebody commenting, and then I think of something after the fact, I just let it go because I'm not about to have multiple replies yes. to this person because I become a goddamn lunatic. Yes, I don't mind being a lunatic, and what happens then is I reply. This is where I'm talking about earlier, where we get done reviewing Batman. I go downstairs. Now all of a sudden I'm a, I'm a raving lunatic. I'm thinking of all the things that it drives me nuts, but in the meantime. I was talking to Corey, and, I, and he even said, boy, I didn't think I was going to get yelled at. It was kind of funny. I wasn't yelling at him. I was just trying to express some things. But one of the things that I yeah, pulled back – You had a lot of thoughts you didn't think of I did, first. but well, I, I actually probably had seven more responses okay. that I didn't let go. But one of them was the last thing we really saw of Damien was him crying and then him waiting for his dad, just waiting for his dad after crying about this wedding, waiting for his dad and saying – Hey, when Dick Grayson showed up and wanted to be Mr. Jokes, and and Damien said, listen, my mom and dad are going to come out and explain this. My mom and dad will be out. My mom and dad will be out. When they came out, it was going to be his future mom. Then, you know, there was no Talia. It was just Batman and Selina came out, uh, and they they started arguing about how many hours on the horse, but we never got a resolution of anything of Damien talking to his dad. Now we still have these preliminary one-shot things coming yeah. up, things like that, that. But the Damien one's the Damien Rachel Ghoul, I think. And I think it's going to be more about that. I want to have an issue. We have some issues where in the New 52, in even Rebirth, some of our favorite issues are those quiet issues where Love you actually issues. get real emotions and real things. I'm telling you, I told you and I tell Superhero everybody. Superhero downtime is yeah, sometimes the best I mean, there, Eric Shea has been waiting for a Justice League issue where they just sit at the table and talk about shit. You have asked Love for that, that for years. Uh, some of my favorite moments in you know the comics since we do, do the podcast and the site were things like just lines like when uh, Damien died. And I, I mention it all the time. When you had Damien say right before he died, you know what? We were the best Batman and Robin. And I'm telling you, I'm saying that now. I get choked up every time I think about it. Then you had that Batman and Robin silent issue. Awesome issue. There's no action the or anything in it. But yeah, the Requiem deal. You have that. And then even stuff like later where Damien had sent a letter to Dick with uh, the tooth, with the, uh, the tusk, tusk from yeah. Tusk. And like those little things, that's what gets you into a run. That's what gets you into a character. Not – and I, I guess I can't speak for everyone, but to me – Hitting a baseball off a of Superman 
is not hitting as hard as, say, Batman sits there and talks to Damien about what this means to a little kid. Damien, you forget how much of a little kid he is, and he's already dealing with a separated family. What's the worst? I mean, some of the worst things that kids will tell you in a separated family is the idea of one of the parents getting remarried and realizing that that dream of you having your family back is gone. And oh, you never worse. got that. You never got that. And it just, it sucks. And then couple it on the fact that Damien sitting there on those steps, who knows what was going through his mind that his dad went and broke into a forbidden city to see his mother? He may have thought that something was going, you know, maybe his way, but it, it just, uh, but I, I'm, I'm stepping on Havlin's feet here. They traveled mile upon miles and killed a horse to get Talia's approval. It's funny. I, we're not talking about Batman, but here I am ranting and ranting. Bruce yeah. dresses up as Superman and goes to a fucking carnival. To get it wasn't even to get Talia's approval. It was to get Holly Robinson yeah, to yeah. confess to her stuff. I know, but I'm never saying that to as well. at that point, you don't even know what Damien thought or knew. I mean, the way this played out, he went there, you know, maybe thinking that something might go his way. But yeah, it wasn't that anyway. Uh, Bruce dresses up as Superman and goes to a fucking carnival to get his and Lois's approval. Bruce gets stuck in some alternate dimension, almost cheats on Selena, only to be rescued by her and some random dude to get Wonder Woman's approval. Am I missing something here? Why is he jumping through hoops for everybody else but his real family and has to figure it out for themselves? They He, he just lets them out, you know, to dry. I know Batman is a shitty parent, but does Selena have to be? And that's where I think that Havlin freaking blows my mind now because she is turning it around. People can't say, because, yeah, oh, you know, Batman, he doesn't like to talk his emotions. No, she's also talking about Selena, who's going to be their mother. And why hasn't she gone to them? Why isn't it Selena? I mean, can you imagine that? I'm saying that you have a, an issue where Damien and Batman are talking about things. What about an issue where Selena just sits down and talks to Damien about See, I'm telling what you, it all would this be means. nice, but since, you know, Batman is pretty much a guest star in his own book for well, a long saying, time now. Though. That's why it I, makes I, sense. If, if we got, if we did that, I want more Batman. If a well, Batman this is the thing. Did, that'd be great. You, you could start that out with Damien really being upset and lashing out at his dad and Batman Bruce not knowing what to do. Then Selena comes in like she always does. I mean, this goes hand in hand with everything we've seen. Selena always comes in instead of drop kicking three flashes. She steps in to talk to Damien about what this all means. And then you get the idea of a Damien finding out, again, like a Dick Grayson kind of said to him earlier, but it, it, he needs it from one of these two, that Bruce is not a happy guy, that this might make him happy. And don't you want him to be happy as his son? And you have a Damien who would never normally admit that he wants that that you know you would have damien at first saying stuff like you know vengeance doesn't need to be happy you know that nonsense but you know from the great moments that we've had with damien that that's a facade just like with batman that's what he's learned also from batman that that facade but when we get past that that's when jim werner starts crying Erica, every step of the way. This is why, man, you love Damien because we've seen that what he does, it's not really, you know, uh, it's surface level stuff that he doesn't really mean, you know, that he loves his family. But yeah. I don't need her to be jumping up and down to be a step parent, but this disinterest is just not consistent with Selena's character. I don't think either of you guys have read this, but pre New 52, Selena had this whole storyline where she had a daughter. Tried to take care of her, but eventually had to give her up. And that sounds like a good story, right? 
it gets better. I'm telling you, I after this, I actually went to look to get this story because then giving up her daughter was so heartbreaking. She wanted Satana to remove the memories of her daughter from her mind so she could go back to her criminal ways. It's not in continuity, she said, but it is part of the character's emotional history. And, Selena, and that sounds awesome. And Selena's in this book is just a fun vehicle for Bruce's happiness. Tom King is having fun with the Catwoman. Iconography. Iconography. I can't read. But this really could be any somewhat villainous woman Batman has dated. I need an editor. Where's our editor? That is shitty writing. I wish I could go back to ignoring it. See, now, have one. You don't realize. She is on the phone right now with Satana. And once Satana erased the memories of this book. But now I'm picking on his writing of Selena because it is most offensive part of this book to me. But there are plenty of other things to complain about. For example, I wish Tom King was telling some longer, bigger stories along with the wedding buildup. This jumping from short arc to short arc is just not doing it for me. I won't go on any longer because I'm sure you guys have discussed all this and more. Next up, I think, is Aquaman. And let's just throw in the Mara book, too. I've been waiting for Mara to take center stage for a while now. Hopefully they don't screw it up. And that is Havlin. I would say that maybe, I don't think they, I don't think that he screwed it up. I like the Mara. I like the Mara book. It's just, it's And that's the thing is, I actually like the Mara book for Ocean Master, not Mara. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But they haven't screwed up pretty much the character. Uh, We'll see. It all depends what she does now that she's going back. Now that she can breathe underwater out of nowhere, we'll see what's going on. And I don't want to, I don't know how far on Havlin is with these books so I ended up I was going to say I did send her an email to this just talking about some stuff but I don't want to spoil anything uh, more uh, because she may still be uh, reading it and maybe listen this week I told her this week might be a shorter podcast she can catch up P.S. Wonder Woman has been shit since Rucka left and makes me want to cry I wasn't as crazy about Rucka as some but at least it was consistent I I wrote that's one thing I wrote I'm like you know what Hate to admit it, but boy, I wish Rucka was back. Remember the good old days? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And me and you would sit there and complain and whatever. And yeah, yeah, we, we, we got what we wished for. And boy, there was yeah. a monkey paw. We had a big old monkey paw giving us the middle finger. But yeah, thank you, Havlin. Thanks so much for thank you, writing Adam. and keep writing and catch up. And actually, Eric will tell you right now, don't catch up. Just, no, just go right in from now. Ones. Jeremy tells me he's on, uh, I think, episode 160. I said, I'll see you in 2050, buddy. Jesus Christ. Just uh, just drop those and get going. Chisanga is next. Chisanga says, hey, guy. And I'm telling you, Chisanga, you have to tell me what sort of attitude this has. Because it seems to be a pointed thing at me, like a take that, Jim. But it may not be. Hey, guys. After reading your Nightwing review, Jim, I was wondering who you feel would do Nightwing justice. Okay, that that's up. Or do you feel that DC should just give you a shot on the title? Oh. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm like, oh, Jasanga thinks that I'm like gunning for the title. Well, I actually, I, I actually thought to myself this week, where me and you were doing a couple things this week at work, where we weren't, you know, next to each other, so I didn't have anybody to talk to. And a lot of times, me and you sit there and think, and we we talk about it. What book? If if we did write a book, what book would we do? And we always pick like weird ones, like you know, yeah. you want to always pick this crazy deal or something that's not out. I was actually thinking at one point what I would do with the Nightwing book, and realize that I'm a dummy. And really, I think that if I was going to be anything, if you sat here and, and said, what would you like to do at DC? I don't think that I'd be a, a good writer at all. I think that maybe I could be an editor who would read somebody's story and maybe push them in the right direction. So I'm going to say that I don't think they should give me a shot. 
Uh, but who I would think would do Nightwing, I always say Kyle Higgins, uh, but that's somebody who's already done it. It kind of seems like something that's, you know, you know, been there, done that. Yeah. So I would say, uh, it's weird. I actually would say that I, one is going to be very weird when you hear us talk about it, but I actually think that maybe Ben Percy will spin it around and do an okay deal. But I would like to have like a Mark Wade. I mean, if you're going to make a, you know, a, a list a dream of team. dreams, then I would say like a Mark Wade, uh, even, a you know, a couple of the guys over, uh, Donnie Cates, things like that over at Marvel. I don't know if any of the people now at DC that I would say would be the, uh, the prime people to do it. And I don't want say like a, a Grant Morrison back with the character that he did with Batman and Robin and stuff like that. Maybe a so. James Tynan. Maybe. Actually, he wouldn't be that bad. You might be on to something there, Aaron. You might be. But yeah, it's just under that, that. I hope that answers some bit of the question, but no, I, I, I don't, I don't think that I'd be very good. Uh, Rick Roberts. Hey. Take that, Jim. Uh, yeah, really. Uh, Rick Roberts. Uh, I don't think you've heard that name before. I like that I name. Not. Also, I really like it because I think he goes by Ricky Roberts, and that sounds like a professional wrestler to me. Either that or it'd be like a character from an 80s action movie. Ricky Roberts, Eric. Hey, love the podcast. I've almost been killed several times on the way to work from laughing so hard listening to you guys. Oh, my goodness. Hey, I'm kidding. Isn't it funny that that's what gets me all excited over yeah. the, hey, oh, I was man, listening you to you. Oh, man, you almost died. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I like when oh, people right. almost die. No, I'm saying, like, we, we'll usually get that than a, you know what? Your intuitive reviews really yeah, impress me with your insight and, you know. No. Hey, you guys, you make me laugh over there, huh? It's like, hey, hey, I like when you were talking about when that guy was taking the dump over there. And it, nothing <laughs> to do with all the other things, but I do laugh. I, I actually, it makes me smile. Hey, I'm curious. Me as well. Who sings all those wonderful songs on the show? Now, this is the best, too, because right back to showboat Jimmy Werner here. Oh. He says this, and I'm like, Oh, my goodness, he's talking about these parodies that have come up recently, and he's not including the classic Mail with Jim. And are there plans to release these songs on vinyl in the near future? Hugs, J-Ville, Ricky. And then I start thinking that, boy, this Ricky Roberts sounds really like a wrestler. Is this one of Dancing Mike's guys? And he's fucking with me, but no, it is not. And that is Dancing Mike. Dancing Mike did all those songs uh that you hear and a lot of others that I've lost and haven't re-downloaded. But yeah, that is Dancing Mike. Uh I- I've actually been talking to Rimmer, and Rimmer said because of the parodies and stuff that we should like just release a big file of them uh with all the parodies and things like that. But didn't we'll Toby see. release a, bu- a file of a bunch of them before? What are you saying? Who? Toby? No, Toby. Yes, Toby did. Toby had a mixtape, but Toby doesn't talk to us anymore, so I, nope. <laughs> that's lost in the ether as well. He is off on that gambling planet in the uh in But the I know Star a lot Wars of people universe. did download that before, yeah, so did. I don't know if the things are no, still yeah. out there. But don't we have so many more now, Eric, including yes, this one? That was a good segue to me playing a uh, one of the parodies. I have like seven that I never released that I was not very uh, pleased with, but... John Wayne's next last email of this section. John Wayne says, Howdy to Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the wondrous pilgrims of the Get Fresh crew. Boop, boop. And he says that. Howdy, Kilgrim. Howdy, Kilgrim. It has been a while since I've written in. So how is life, my friends? I hope you're all doing better than me. No, we're not. No. We're not doing better than anybody. A few weeks back, my car broke down while I was on a surf trip to Southern California. Now, this starts off. Right right away. I'm telling you. 
going on a surf trip to Southern California. You're doing pretty good, baby. That's, I, that's why I stopped. I was going to say, I don't look at that car broke down. I'm looking at a surf trip in Southern California. Something that I'll never do. What do you, what do you got? Slater there with you saying, Hey, mama, our car broke down. I'm telling you. Hey, Eric, the, you want to go on a surf trip to New Jersey? I would, but I can't afford a surfboard. Yeah. Hey, Eric, you want to go on a surf trip to Lake Naka Mixon? I'll fucking get, I'll blow hard. I'll blow real hard. Yes, you will. And it was utter madness. Jim trying blows. To get, I'm telling you, he's talking about a story that unfolded on the Slack chat that had me riveted, Eric. This was better. <laughs> this well. story that he's going to tell us is going to be a story that he will tell his great-grandkids if he <laughs> lives longer than me, and he's upset. I'll tell you some nonsense that happened. I had to go to work early this week because I was getting shit. There you go. There's a fun story. A few weeks back, my car broke down while I was on a surf trip in Southern California. It was utter madness trying to get back home with all the surf crap. You know when they had that mad cow disease, Eric? That was utter madness uh, uh ended up getting on the wrong train a few times was that a dad junk eric and there yeah, were moments yeah, was... i just wanted to scream my fucking head off in frustration and as soon as i got home end of the school year smack me in the face kids are always in my office hours now all up in his face eric i'm hardly getting to do my own work and as I, freaks as i write this i have yet to actually read my weekly pull the nerve of those kids <laughs> <laughs> he would have loved me as a student. I would just walk up to that list of test scores, check everyone else to make sure that they didn't get higher, and walk away with a fucking smile on my face. Skip to my Lou out of there. Gonna kill. It's funny too. Day. It's funny too because when they did that, I don't even know if they still do it because of identity theft things and whatever. But you'd have to look up your scores by your uh, so social security him, number. Yeah. So if I saw anybody's score anywhere near mine. Obviously, I wouldn't know who that is, and I might even hang to see if I see somebody's finger stop it. And I, I don't know what I thought the end You're a psychopath. Game, I, I don't you. know what the end game of this would be. Follow them back to their home, kill them, and bury the body. Possibly. No, no. What I would do is I'd see them. I'd say, oh, how'd you do? Now, other people, too, and the best is because of that, I'd be sitting there. And some of the smaller classes, you'd have it there, and they'd go. And I think I talked about this before. They'd look like, fucking somebody ruined the curve who got a fucking 99. And already I was steamed. I got a 99. But I'm looking and I'm like, and they go, oh, Jim, what'd you get? Yeah, I got a 75. And I'd walk away skipping to my loo again. But if I saw somebody who did, I might even say, hey, is there any way you can, like, help me study next? I'm going to sabotage the shit out of them here. That's what I do. God that's how, damn that's it. How no wonder you weren't invited to a lot of parties. It's a contest. Anything I do is a contest. Going to keep this short and sweet and save the meat and cheese for my rant and rave debut. But, Jim, any news on that interview with Juan Ferreira? Not only was it no news, there was never a thing. I just said that we might do it. And if we ever did do interviews, uh, we would do probably one first to talk to him. Yeah. Now, again, you want to tie it all around. The only reason I started yelling about that is because people were in the Slack chat giving other podcasts credit for having reviews. And I got angry. Interviews. Like, yeah, interviews. And I, yeah, interviews. And I said to you, like, we, we do have people we could talk to. We just don't like We talking. don't like talking to people. No. And really, with things behind the scenes right now with DC and things like that, uh, we try not to get involved with things that really tie us down to maybe, you know, skew anything. You know what I mean? You do a review with a guy and the guy's a real nice guy. You, you almost tend to look at things a little more favorable. We don't even want that. We may not do that anyway, you know, the yeah. way we do it, but I, I don't want that chance. Uh, so he's on Old Man Logan over at Marvel now, so we can talk mad shit about DC stuff, Comics and with stuff him. he is putting out there that looks great. Looks incredible. Looks so good. Look at him acting all fancy with his inks. 
Yeah, I know. He's he's like, I'm inking this, and I, I messaged him because one of the things that we learned from him is he doesn't show. use inks. And I messaged him right away. Oh, what is this Juan Ferreira reborn there with your fancy inks? And then he, he left. He left and then ignored us. <laughs> no, he didn't ignore us. But uh, just a little bit later, uh, just to throw this out, this week uh, we will have a – uh, John Wayne Reborn or Rebirth, where he's going to be on the Rent Raves. He called in a Rent Rave, but in that uh, vein, we're also going to have the Rent Raves, I think, on a separate podcast on the regular feed. You'll be able to get it. It'll be out before this one, mainly because I think the Rent Raves are going to end up longer than this podcast. So uh, oh, we kind of had to do that. We'll see. But Eric, you talking the wrong turn again yet? It sounds like he thought there was a falling out. There was. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, are you talking with him? Because I'll only speak for myself. But getting him on episode two hundred would be amazing, Eric. You think would, that would... kid knows how Skype works? Yes. He's basically the third co-host of the podcast. Hope you guys can patch things up before then. Only six months left. Now, in the meantime, before uh, mail section number two, we're gonna have a new wrong turn game because I still talk to him. And what about Jimmy? Was he able to fix the shit with his house, or did he get kicked out? Well, he told us he sold his house, but sold it without an inspection. And That's seems the thing is that they gave it. us their asking price, and without inspectors. And yeah. I really throw him off. He comes to me, oh, hey, yo, Eric, I, we we got our asking price, and without an inspector to go through it. Oh, man, they're going to regret that, <laughs> they're huh? They're going to regret and that, right? no idea what to say. Yeah, he says that they got somebody that they're going to get. Uh, it's going through. There's no inspection. And they're going to have to find and deal with this sewage problem themselves, he told me. Yeah. I said, that seems somewhat illegal, Jimmy. Yeah. And he, what does he care? I, I'm really shocked. I mean, I am totally shocked that he has not declared bankruptcy. I was waiting for that. Now, in the meantime, he's saying all this. And because of that, he headed to Dover this weekend to go to the races. Oh, I'm God like, you dear. were just talking about that you were $30,000 in debt. Guy lives you, on this. You, you were going to pants. porta potties to go to the bathroom with your yeah. family. Yeah. There he goes down to down to Dover yeah, because that, that was just practice for Dover, baby. Yeah, I mean, really. He ended up going to Dover because uh, they're having an autism weekend there, and his kid, which he he has gone back and forth, where his kid has been diagnosed with seven different things because of whatever benefits him and his wife more. So yeah. recently. He's now autistic, Eric, out of nowhere. Yeah. So they're going down there. They play the game, and they play it hard and 100%. Ah, oh, well, at least shit. at least we can sleep easy at night knowing that we're not that guy. Like I said, I saved the good stuff, as in how much DC is pissing me off right now, for my rant and rave, which will be filled with as many John Wayne clips, quotes, and references as I can stuff in there. Thank you guys, as always, for the great work on the podcast that you put out and everything else. Seriously, to any casual listeners of the podcast, drop your least favorite book and Sign up for the Patreon. The exclusive Oof. stuff is fantastic and filter-free, LOL. Filter-free, Eric. Filter off. Plus, we've got an amazing group of pilgrims on the Slack chat that are always trying to talk comics and and failing miserably. No, they, they're pretty good. Uh, yeah. Much love to you and yours. I fail miserably. What ends up happening recently, I, I was going to mention this to you at work. Uh, I have been the, the conversation killer lately. Every time I show up on, on Slack... I just kill everything, and then there's nobody talking for hours, and I don't understand it. That used to be you. Why is yep. it me now? It's because you talk about shit. That's how karma works. 
That's right. Much love to you and yours. And I'll talk to you programs in the Slack as always. Best John Wayne. Now I, I did want to, I did want to mention something too. And again, this is all, th- this will be the last podcast that we'll talk this much about like the concept of Batman being not on the podcast and things like that. But to continue that, I did get a message from somebody who said basically like, man, I'm so glad it's on Patreon. Uh, and this is Slack chat because I told everybody ahead of time. And like, I'm so glad it is. And I think we even mentioned it on the uh, spotlight, but uh, right. this is going to be awesome we're going to see the unfiltered almost like what john wayne's saying it wasn't him but it was somebody else and said oh man we're going to hear the real talk and i'm like no no this is the problem yeah. the problem is is that we already were doing the real talk that's getting us in hot water so we gotta you know do that but there you go Eric. that is the first bit of mail so i just want to tell people if you are going to go over and say hey man i'm going to sign up to hear that because boy they're really going to go no, yeah no, i don't do that i can't imagine we get done recording batman i don't know jim you're kind of harsh let's go back and re-record that and put yeah. a more positive spin on it baby. yeah 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 so when we do talk it's just going to be the normal talk it's not going to be anything different and really i would say the the funniest thing ever for those who aren't on patreon is if you would go to patreon and really pay attention to all the shows you will realize that Patreon is almost E for everyone. For the most part, me and Eric on our shows rarely curse, rarely do anything. We get together and we're cursing like sailors. I don't understand we're it. We're bad influences yeah. on each other. Yeah, we are. We are. But yeah, thank you uh, for all the people there in that mail section. That is the mail section number one. And we're going to go off now to some more books. Now's the time to hear reviews and Listen to what Jim will say We'll find out if he thinks the books are Good or bad or just okay Now's the time to hear reviews And listen to what Jim will say We're waiting to hear all Jim's scores We don't want to hear Eric Shay right we're back we are back with more books eric and one of your favorite things to have is back at least for this week and that is a full green section though two books but hey two books that are fully green i mean and and it works it works perfectly because a lot of times we're like yeah we have a green section we got green lanterns we got the green arrow and the nightwing Uh, or something like that or sometimes we'd have the justice league just because of the fact but it's kind of double dipping especially when it was jessica and simon again in that but yeah this is a flawed green section because we only have two books in it and with that, you're going to have the ending of uh, the two-shot uh, in The Green Arrow with Lansing and Kelly, and obviously a continuation of a story here with Green Lanterns, which will be the first book. And just before we go in, it's weird that I'm getting to a point where we're talking about, say, a uh, earlier with uh, Ben Percy jumping on Nightwing and right. people. And, and this is at a point at DC that we are at the – this is the most creative changing shake time up. right now. There's a big shake-up. I mean, you have – have Detective Comics kind of leaving that, and uh, Brian Hill is jumping on for a little. Snyder on Justice deal. League. It's Snyder on Justice League. Yeah, Brian Michael Bendis on both the super books. You have uh, the Green Arrow books going to be the Bensons coming up. Yeah. I mean, there is a lot of shakeup now. Marv Wolfman on Cyborg for some reason. Yeah, shake it up uh, with that. I did say on my news program on Patreon at one point I was yelling and also during oh, the, imagine that. Uh, no, and also during the Patreon uh, solicits podcast that I do, Eric, this is a uh, free commercials here that 
I hadn't really enjoyed some of the changes because they're not new blood. Brian Michael Bendis is. That's why I am, right. you know, cautiously optimistic or at least yeah, yeah, excited. Yeah. And and with that, even with the Brian Michael Bendis going on those super books, it's not necessarily that I think they're going to be great. My excitement is just that I don't know. That's out in the open. But all these others that we just mentioned, yeah, you have a Brian Hill jumping on uh, Batman and bringing Black Lightning in with that. But that's not going to be the continuation Adam Scott of on Teen run. Titans? Yeah, or Adam Glass. Adam Glass, uh, yeah. yes. But even Adam Scott that, is an actor. Uh, yeah, Adam Scott, that'd be crazy. But uh, yeah. Adam Glass, even that, that's more exciting to me yeah. than, say, the Bensons, who we've already got going. And then you had, but what this leads into is me saying that it's a weird thing with this Green Lanterns book because at the beginning of Sam Humphrey's run, at the beginning of Rebirth, it was one of those books that if you – it's funny to even say the term anymore, the $25 uh, do-or-die pull list. It right. was on that for a brief moment that I really did like the Red Lantern stuff that he had going. I got oh. kind of sick of it. Well, then Tim Seeley and him switched books. You had you know Tim Seeley going from Nightwing to this book, uh, Green Lanterns, and vice versa. Sam Humphrey's going from Green Lanterns over to Nightwing, but only for a little bit and with that i was not that big on it you actually were more positive of tim seeley coming over to this book than i was at first i thought that ah, uh, you know i'm not really down with it also you had at that point tim seeley jumping on the hellblazer i think that that really didn't do much for that but what i'm getting at is I am at this point after this issue of being like I was at the beginning with Sam Humphreys, where I do, number one, think that this is the better of the Green Lantern's books, which is crazy. Yeah. I'd certainly rather read this than I would the, uh, you know, Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps that I think has a severe pacing problem. But also, I think that with this story, I think I like it better than anything we got with Sam Humphreys. I think that this book, and if I really had to sit down and pick a do or die pull list because we've been so negative, this book might be on it now, and I'm actually really enjoying it. And it worries me because we hear this, you know, ringing about Grant Morrison coming on, and maybe this is a book that either it's going to change up, they're going to change up some things, and we may not have this fully. The deal with Dan Jurgens jumping on anyway, yeah. you're going to have Tim Seeley kind of not do it. And I think he's doing a really good job with what we have. It and took him a little while, but I think this arc did. is the most important arc yes. that we've had since Rebirth started. And, and, and the best thing about that is. It's a weird deal just coming off of before the uh, the mail talking about Nightwing where things are changing. This is stuff that isn't necessarily Tim Seeley's story Not at all. that he's continuing, but he's continuing in a way that's making it even better. And I really enjoyed it, but I'll, I'll let you go to the blurb here. But yeah, it's a shame because he's not going to be on it at least up in, you know, Dan Jurgens is going to be on it, so he's going to be off then. And then who knows if, in fact, uh, you know, you have a Grant Morrison jump on, may change up all the books, whatever, but I'm really enjoying it. But tell us about it, Eric. Green Lanterns number 46, written by Tim Seeley with art by V. Ken Marion, Sandu Foria, Dinay Ribeiro, and Dave Sharp. We dive deeper into the mind of Jessica Cruz this issue where we learn that all of the sinister undertones that we had leading up to this was just a red herring and that Jessica didn't murder her friends after all. Too bad that if Jessica goes and finds out who these men are who did murder her friends, she'll open up the power of all through and locked in her mind. Yeah, and that's a really cool way because when you had this – 
uh, with Singularity Jane making the deal and her saying to her, like, oh, you're going to be prepared to see what's you going gotta on. you got to accept the truth. Yeah, That's my only like, guideline it. if we do this. And with that, we thought that this was going to be some hokey deal where Jessica got overtaken by something. She got jealous. They were really pushing the jealousy thing at first because I, I of the idea. I thought she was a fucking psychopath yeah. after last year. Like, oh, my thought. God, did you lead your friends in the woods so you can murder them because, yeah, because your friend Jeanette yeah. is uh, dating her ex-boyfriend yeah, now? It's your, it's your best friend dating your former boyfriend. And they spell it out. Not to the point where I think that Tim Silly really would ever think that we were going to believe it, but it was thrown out there and it was there on the it side. It so. got me thinking to myself, like, oh my yeah, God, I, I never happening? thought they were going to do that. But uh, with that, they are in the realm of Jessica Cruz right now. And in this issue, it kind of tells you what that is, what it means, because she's there. And it's, it's a cool way to do this in a roundabout deal to finally fill in the pieces of that puzzle that we didn't know since the, you know, the new 52 deal, the DCYOU when she came dark side war and all that. It's yeah. a neat way. That's it's, it's a cool twist on the dream, you know, deal or a flashback because she's there reliving it in the ring realm with her and things like that. So I thought that was pretty or cool. Or inside this weird black hole. I don't, I still yeah, don't yeah. exactly know what's going on with this black hole from singularity, Jane and how it, you know, I'm are, you, is, is this black that, hole? I Opening know that, up yeah. the mind of Jessica. I don't. I don't know how it and works. With that, I still, the only the character's not yeah. defined in my mind. But the only way I can go with the idea, you know, that we are fully like not just the black hole is what Simon says and how they figure out. Basically, listen, it allowed me in uh, because of what's going on and what's in there. And then once you see that he's in there and he sees his Earth three counterpart, I can only think that it's a little more beyond the the black hole opened up. What happened? It, it doesn't. Singularity Jane's in. In there and kind of is something where it seemed to be the means to the end that kind of gets shoved aside. That's that's mm-hmm. one of the few things in this story that I think is is a little off. We really don't know what's going on, and in the meantime, Singularity Jane is just, she's just tied up, you know. And even though there. that doesn't, and then that's another problem I had because that doesn't make sense because, because it's a construct of yeah. chains, yep. and Simon took his ring off. Yeah, Simon doesn't have the ring there, so it doesn't make sense. But yeah, the Singularity Jane stuff just seems to be like we need something to get us to this, and that's what you go. But with that, you still have Constantine there, uh, you know, dealing with this whole deal that he set up this portal for them to go in. You have Batman and Superman pissed off. Uh, I like that idea, too, because you you have a story where a lot of times this will happen where you, you need Superman or not need him. But if Superman gets involved, game over. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? He's going to do it. Usually what they do is the, whoa, Superman, that's a magical realm. You know you're not good against magic. This goes a little bit more, and I like the idea. Atomized. Yeah, and I like the idea where it is also the asshole Constantine that's the gatekeeper. So you also have that thrown in for him to be like, listen here, big blue, you know, you don't like me, but you're going to get atomized and things like that. It, it's good, but – that's not really the focus of this issue. The main focus is what's going on in the ring, and it's pretty cool. I, I actually really like it. Uh, it threw me. The the big twist to me isn't that Jessica ended up seeing these guys who are killers and they killed her friends. That's kind of what we expected before there would have been a twist. Yeah. The twist is that Simon's in there and sees his Earth 3 counterpart, which is crazy, but also the and twist the is thing. the Solomon, roundabout deal. The Solomon Bazzo, this yeah. whole idea where – we have like, you know, Simon's trying to make his way through the realm of Jessica Cruz, as they're calling it now, the realm of the green. And we have all these former power ring bearers, you know, trying to stop him. He's getting through, which it seems weird that they still have the power rings on yeah. in this, but they're going through trying to stop him. 
And Harold Jordan, the uh, power ring that we knew from the crime syndicate, he calls forth another uh, host of the ring, and it turns out to be the Earth-3 counterpart to Simon Baz, Solomon Baz, which it seems odd that Solomon Baz was a ring bearer before Harold Jordan was, just for the way the timeline and everything worked out, how we have this whole kind of Earth-3 counterpart, like our Earth-Prime we have. It it seems forced out of nowhere. It's still kind of cool, though, to know that we still have these ideas of these Earth-3 like evil versions, even the new characters. So it's cool. And the thing is, it was a shock to me because going into these reviews, a lot of times I skip over the covers. It actually pisses me off that they have Solomon Baz and his name on the yeah. cover. Because yeah, it was why a, kind do of a cool that? Reveal That's a cool reveal. And yeah, exactly. me and you both pretty much skipped the covers and the solicits. We even put up previews. And I'm oh, telling yeah, you, I, I barely read them. those. No. I'm just like, boom, I'm there. That That's Click City, baby. Mm-hmm. I'm just there. But with that, I think it's a pretty cool deal because – it's not as, you know, you're not getting this, uh, you know, really intricate idea, but Tim Seeley does do it because now you're doing like later, you know, we're going to be talking me and you on the Patreon about Batman and this idea of a, you know, a timeline deal. But in this, you're, you're dealing with the opposite version, an Earth 3 version of a character. So you can have those fun moments and things of the differences. And the, I like the differences, the differences of being like, basically, I was a terrorist. I did do this. Then I chickened out. I, I and, was supposed to drive this van in there full of bombs. And when I saw all these people that were inside this building, fear overwhelming. I yeah. couldn't do this. And in my panic and fear really of good. it, the power ring found me. Yeah. So it's basically when in, if you didn't know in the new 52, when Simon Baz became a green lantern, he ended up going and stealing a, a van that ended up having a bomb in it because he was, you know, middle Eastern Muslim. They kind of targeted him as a terrorist. And he went yeah. to Guantanamo Bay, uh, even though, and, and really it was, he wasn't good. He was stealing a car, but he wasn't what they thought he he was uh so that ended up with him kind of you know his willpower of accepting this and whatever he got the ring in this i like that it's almost the same thing but he's a willing participant that then chickened out yeah. and that makes that makes uh, a cool sense to me but also i really even like the little deal where you have where he has his tattoo uh, and it's the opposite version of that tattoo, even. I thought, you know what? That's pretty cool. It's, it's more yeah. of an aggressive, bad tattoo. Merciless. Uh, that, yeah, merciless instead of mercy. I mean, that yeah. right there, you, you play around with that. It's pretty cool. And at this point, though, Simon even is trying to save his counterpart and, and do all that. It's kind of a trick, a little bit of the deal, but really. And it's a cool progression, though, where they are fighting inside this made-up kind of world where actually Simon has breached the realm of the green and is inside yeah. more of Jessica's mind where he's in the woods now where she is hunting yes. with her friends where they witness the murders or the, yeah. the burial and he goes to save Solomon who's about to fall off of like a down tree that's over a ravine and the like you know tendrils start coming out of Solomon mm-hmm. Baz and go into him kind of like the whole thing that like you know the idea of what powers the power ring is actually yeah. making you more fearful. So this actually taps into Simon and yeah. brings out a hidden fear inside of him. It actually drives the story forward, which I thought was a cool aspect to it because the whole idea is that he's afraid that uh, you know Jessica is the person that's keeping him good, him but he's afraid good. he can't be that person for yeah. Jessica for what he realizes going forward. The whole idea when we find out what this realm of the green is and what happened at the end of Dark Side War, where where the Black Racer was about to kill, you know, Jessica jumped in front. Front, yeah. And it, like, you know, took the hit of the Black Racer, which actually killed Volthoom inside of her yep. power ring. And yep. in, when that happened, Volthoom, the part of the soul that actually made the ring there, went away. And the vacuum that was left open, Jessica's soul kind of went into this whole thing. It, it moved from, yeah. like, you know, the realm of 
the green moved from the ring into Jessica's soul, and then she used this whole hidden aspect of this realm where she took her deepest, darkest she, things she and put it in there. this. Exactly. This is her this subconscious is a whole, now. It's, it's a, a whole subconscious it's, world it's a inside subconscious of Jessica world. Cruz. And, and if she actually cool. goes and sees the faces of these men that she's had hidden, it's almost like the key to a locked door. She opens the door completely to power ring. Yeah, and it even says, I mean, at the end, it, it pulls out and says, she'll let down her defenses, the corruption that's written in the molecules of this place will rewrite itself onto her, and she'll yeah. become every bit the monster that Volthoom became, and would go and try to kill these guys and just become, like, a really bad person. And then at the end, you see, she is power ring there, because she does see it. And that's what, uh, the thing that I like, you know, you have, even at the beginning that we kind of glossed over, where she's going through this, you know, camping trip, and, and the thing that's cool about this is, this is a flashback and it's a flashback recap of something we never saw because yeah. this we is something that's talked about it. we've seen little panels but with the way that it's spelled out it isn't one of these like you're like oh gee why are we doing this again why are we going through this like if this was something we'd already seen i'm talking just the camping trip and let's all just that. say jessica just having a panic attack again now, or if we like would that. have seen just all this in dark side war and now we get to it and you get the idea that this is you know tim seeley's been told hey a lot of people join him rebirth. We want to continue this. We want to go forward with this power ring thing, whatever they're going to do. But you're going to have to show this again. And unfortunately, we'd be there like we've seen this. We've seen all this. It's so good to me because we've only seen enough that we don't know what went on. And we're almost like we've gone into – And we've gone into Jessica's mind with her because yeah. we've only seen the we're things up the till now. Together, and we are. We are. with, And it's the journey and the destination. With that, we, we only know what she knew going into this so that stuff that she would remember – is the only stuff going into this that we know. So seeing flashes. it, yeah, and seeing it wrap around to the point where it's a weird deal. And this is what I'm trying to explain that how good I think it's, this it, is. And I'm telling you, it is a hard concept to try to explain yeah, for and, how they and go with it. Why it's I a think really it's great cool wrap around yeah, and, the way yeah, it works because you can tell me that if you aren't into that and if you haven't been reading and you don't care about Jessica, who's one of our favorite characters, her and Simon together. Oh yeah. You might think this is boring. You may be like, Jesus Christ, I'm reading a Green Lanterns book where they're talking about camping and hunting and things like that. But the way of the things we've seen, plus being in this realm and seeing Harold and then seeing, you know, uh, Solomon Baz and knowing power, it, it, it is one of those things. I can't even say it's tension. It's just like I'm like, this is awesome. I, I This is stuff that we've wanted to see. And we're getting yeah. to see it with this twist around deal with Simon being there all also without a ring and then with it and i also up, love any kind of mention of any earth three characters yeah, so i get and, that and, yeah, for me i haven't and, had yeah, that in a long and time you have been wanting i mean just the other thing that's behind the scenes here that i want to tell people too is when we first started this book you wanted jessica to be powering you uh, wanted her to I be want. powering so anytime there was a hint that she might become that as well again you're all for it so this is like they're singing your tune here Seriously. but i also like the idea that the twist at the end basically is this wraparound where simon it's not just there because, hey, it's the Green Lanterns book. You have to have them both in there. The wraparound is seeing this Solomon Baz to the point then where he says, like, I've she's been the one. Like, Jessica's been my 
person, you know, my anchor that's kept me good. She's always been, even at points when he was going nuts, where you thought that he was going to, you know, end up with the the Phantom Ring and shit like that. Uh, He was going to lose it and not be a Green Lantern anymore. He was going to be the villain. She was always there for him. And the idea that the fear he has here is that he's afraid he can't do the same for her now that she's having some problems there. It's a great line. It's a great line and a great tie-in for having Simon there. This is not just one of those, well, it's it's a book with both of them. We better have them in there. It makes total sense in and that. And on, on top of that, I'll, I'll tell you, I love that line. I also love this very brief thing because we are going back to see this whole turn of Jessica where she became this very – anxiety-ridden, panic-attack, agoraphobe person because of what happened to her friends. Yeah. And, like, I'm telling you, with all the red herrings out there that yeah. it, it looked like she was up to some sinister, yes. no-good nonsense, when we have this whole thing, they see these two men burying a body. They run back. They're trying to figure out what to do. we got to grab our stuff. we got to get out of here. And Je- Jessica actually says, you know what? We didn't see their faces. We do have to go to the cops. Yeah. We need to get it's justice. We need to see their faces. And yeah. because she is determined to go back and see these because and of justice – she actually gets she her friends killed, which one, yeah. leads to the guilt that she would have and to become the, the character we've known. Also, I'm like, it and it's just such leads, a little yeah. thing like that, but it works so well. And it also leads to when, if you really think, and uh, you know how I thought about it, you do have Singularity Jane there. She feeds on all this nonsense and this fear and all these uh, yeah, anxieties and things with these things, where she said, listen, when you see it, you're going to have to accept it. It's almost like now I'm thinking like, she's she meant being power ring? I mean, there's a lot of well, things where that, she that, knew that, this, and she seemed to like, this was like her job. To, to do this knowing that shit was gonna go really and that, wrong that is her like that is her smorgasbord yes. where she able she's able to take a good a moment of a good person who was good to and feed on the moment and that this, they actually this became is, evil and this yeah. is reawakening this I mean, evil this inside of her mind so like this is a buffet right here yeah this isn't me you know you know getting that uh you know at one point i came into work and smacked you in the face and i've t- tried to tune that out and now i remember to feel guilty this is not only this <laughs> i is remember just, yeah, yeah. So do I. I'll pretend I don't remember. But yeah, with this, it's it's the idea of not, now remembering it, accepting, but the, the guilt, but also. Now she's powering. This is like yeah. to me. This is a battery for. This is an unending supply. I mean, this is more. This is a twenty four seven smorgasbord. Uh, you know, inside a smorgasbord. It, it really is crazy. I thought it was really, really well done. And we have our guy. On we have V Ken Marion, so yeah. it's even better for me because I, I love, love his art. I always art, yeah. do, and I think the art is great. I did look to see if maybe one of them had a weird science shirt underneath their outfits, and they did no. not. Maybe a hat, uh, but well, no, we didn't. But uh, with that though, I love his art. So I'm going to find out your score, and I think you might be shocked with mine, Eric. What well, I'm telling you, the thing is, I gave this issue an eight out of ten. And that I, w- I wish I would have gone eight five, but the thing is, yeah. I went down because of simple things like the idea of Solomon the Baz out of nowhere. It, that of does, the, and the, you know. the construct that that was a little personal thing. I actually put yeah. in my review. There's really this is a personal thing where I had to take something off just because it doesn't make sense to me for how the world works. Yeah. But like Solomon Baz is a cool idea. It just felt kind of forced out of nowhere. I love the idea of like I said, Earth three counterparts, but having this new like the one of the latest Green Lanterns was a Green Lantern. Before, I mean, a power ring. Before Harold Jordan for the world, yeah. they had already set a pretty. It just kind of felt yeah, forced. That, I think I think he's even... cool. I think he's cool, and I really like like the addition to him. It just kind of like felt weird when he did it. But overall, I really enjoy this issue, and I I love this arc so far, and I can't wait to get more. Yeah, uh, I didn't even think about the Simon and the you know the timing, and then I thought to myself like 
okay, you you are doing an Earth three. It is the evil deal. You yeah, can't yeah. say the opposite. And really, Simon is one of the now. Jessica would be pretty much yes. the latest one that we've seen. But Simon is one of the newer Green Lanterns that we have seen come about of these main Green Lanterns. So yeah. I can see like that's the opposite. That he's like an, one of the old school guys. There, I can go with it. The uh, the whole idea with that construct. It threw me off right away. Yeah. And I wonder if, if, like, at one point it would have been better served that when uh, Simon took off his ring, you would have had a, a half-panel type deal of Constantine then going lickety-split, boom, and having magic a, a room magic something. thing that you'd have. Because like, everything in this, it seems like if you're going to put magic Constantine, it seems to be purple type deal here. Have it be purple deal, and, and, and then I'm fine. I, I, Another deal, too, is just that, like, you know, here we are. We're dealing with Singularity Jane. She is the catalyst for all this to go down. And I really don't know anything about her or what's going no, on I with this know. black hole but, or the but, world inside that, of Jessica. I kind of like, like almost like we were saying about Nightwing as you go on. I've kind of left that behind from last issue yeah. to have fun here. Uh, also, and the I, I other thing, you want to really think, think of other things. I completely gotten rid of it unless they, unless they showed yeah. us the Justice League oh, yeah. and stuff like that. And I'm that's like, the other thing that makes me tie around. I'm like, I hope nothing else happens in this world right now because you actually have pretty much the whole Justice League yeah. hanging outside a house with a black hole, just standing around yelling at Constantine when it's being taken care of the one, you know, by the one guy, Simon, who's already in there. Batman and Superman are just yelling, saying, oh, you know, this is bullshit. I want to go in or whatever. But I, I really thought uh, I loved it. And I'm with you that this is one of those where I'm glad I don't ever look at the covers. I really don't because when no, we're I, I know. do the reviews. That was a great review in my when, mind. Yeah, when we go, it, and even the way they spelled it out and V. Ken Marion doing the art, it isn't like, a, hey, look at me. It is you see him from behind. And you see, you see that Simon arm get come hit. out of the ground. Yeah, I'm and you telling you, yeah, this is the like, thing. Oh, shit. You see a bunch of things that's leading you into a, the idea that this is the big twist, and it was ruined on the cover, which had, that, that's nobody's fault except for whoever wanted to have that cover on yeah. there. Uh, but yeah, I, I really liked it. I'm going nine out of ten. I really, nice. really enjoyed it to the point where I mentioned earlier I'm a I'm a straight up liar. I said that the Action Comics was going to be my book of the week because uh, going into this, I was around an eight or whatever. Once we start talking about it, and it, also it's a great time to talk. And, about. and I'm telling you about this is where when we talk about doing reviews and we have our night set up, and it, it is Tuesday night if you're not aware, where we set up our reviews, we're going to do them, and as it goes. We're only human. I'm a man, Eric. So when I'm doing things, I'll tell you, sometimes my reviews are a little skewed by what came before, after, last week, whatever. You know, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not made of steel. You're here. not, I'm not made wall. of iron. So it happened here on the podcast. We just talked about Nightwing and almost all the things that I said that really bugged me about Ben Percy on that actually impress me in this then going from that to this because this isn't the Tim Healy story. He did not come up with the no. power ring, Jessica Cruz, Simon, even the deal. He is telling more and filling us in to the point where he has expanded it in a way that makes complete sense for the most part. Like you said, yeah. the Solomon Bass may be a little off. It's a hard concept to wrap it your is, head around it but first, you know though. what? I was not confused. No. Uh, and then again, we've been reading it, whatever, but – 
he gets past the confusing parts very quickly to get to what you know if you've been reading it. And it's Simon and Jessica. And he does it very well. I mean, he really does. So I, I give him full kudos with that. And I'll have to tell you, I'm starting to change my mind on old Mr. Seeley, hacking Tim Seeley as he goes by on Twitter. He is starting to be a little bit more rising on my list uh, of writers yeah. that we have now. I, I'm actually becoming very impressed with him. So I hope that that continues because this is one of those books that this is a Jim Werner book. It's oh, a, yeah. it's the kind of the the side Green Lantern thing that I can get in and know everything about. Well, I, I I've read, noted, this is the type of story that I've wanted since it was announced. Yeah. I'll tell you, when Rebirth was announced and the titles were thrown out there, I immediately demanded the Green Lanterns because I needed to yeah. Simon Bass, Jessica Cruz. Yeah. But for stories like this, because yeah. I wanted to know more about the characters and deal with the stuff that had been set up. And besides for, oh, I'm a terrorist. Oh, I have anxiety, which went on and on forever. Yeah, now yeah, we're actually finally doing some stuff. And it's impressing the hell out it of me. It is. And with that, the la- if you wanted to go and you didn't hear us talk about the last issue, we had the spotlight last week of it. Or, you know, two weeks ago when it came out, the last time yeah, this yeah. came out. And we were overly positive then, too, because I'm really enjoying it. And like I said, this where I say this is like a Jim Werner book, it's because I go on the Green Lantern. Me, you, and Reggie talk Green Lanterns, and all of a sudden the Dominators show up. Oh, how the, the controllers? Yeah, that it's you know there I go. I I don't have a connection with that. You know what I mean? So uh-huh. I'm like, okay, I I understand. I usually feed off of your excitement of that sort of thing, or you know, yeah. I'll look it up. But really, I look it up on a fandom wiki and see what they are. I'm not going to have that wow reaction. No, that you're but you've have been around it. since Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz thing. were created. This so you're is right my there book. So I am, this is where I can have my legit, you know, I'm not going to fake the funk either. I'm not going to be like, holy shit, the Dominators? Shit, boy. I'm not going to say <laughs> that stuff. I'm going to say what you guys, if you're listening here, oh man, Eric, you love this. Eric, you've told me this. It's always me living off of you. This is a book now we're talking. We're both on even footing and even yeah. ground. And really, if you started and in Rebirth, yes, you had the Jessica Cruz deal, but you're still right along with us, and I think that that's what I like. Like I told you, when we were doing things in the New 52, and I said, you know what, I'm going to do this Birds of Prey book. Well, that Birds of Prey was a different team than a lot of the other Birds of Prey. So I was jumping on. I'm like, okay, oh, I have a Katana book. Hey, I'm going to love this. It's Anusenti. What could go wrong? <laughs> what could possibly? Oh, you mean you have, I mean, you had those Anusenti books I was always into, but it was this stuff like Clarion. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to read this Clarion. I am going to be the Clarion guy. I'm going to be Mr. Clarion. You can have it. And then, uh, yeah, but just think of all these books. Hey, Eric, you know what book I'm going to do now? It's this different version of Stormwatch. I'm going to be the guy that cracked the code. I never cracked the code on any of these books. They they weren't being reviewed by people because they weren't good. But still, they were things that I liked because I was kind of getting in on the ground floor. So that's why yeah. I really, really like this book. And I really get excited when I can get behind it. And right now, I, I'm fully behind it. I really, really enjoy it. So, yeah, uh, we're going to go on now to our next green book that is another one. I mean, this is it. I'm positive Peter all of a sudden. All right. Boy, I'm telling you, I am Adderall and... Andy, boo-wee! I'm telling you, I don't know if this it's from a bottle or what, Eric, but I'm loving it because this Green Arrow <laughs> coming up, two weeks ago, I was pissed. I didn't like this Lansing and Kelly story, which got me because I told you, I don't, I don't know that they would ever listen to us, but I do want to tell them that for some reason, without knowing them or whatever, I, I really like them. I oh, really I like them. I like these two guys. 
I really think that they are the relief pitchers for the worst team in the league. They end up getting thrown into a game where they are behind. Their team is losing by 15 runs. They, there's never any. They keep getting thrown into these books with the worst situations, either like, oh, you know what? We're going to have a new creative team coming on. So people reading this would be like, well, I'll just skip this to get there. They had Grayson at the end, Tim Seeley and yeah. uh, Tom King, where, hey, you're going to have to finish this up and, and really get rid of all the nonsense. The nonsense is all yours. Try to all make that a stuff story that Tim Seeley and it. Tom King created for Spiral. Yeah, yeah you got to wrap that up now. You had them one shot, Nightwing. Hey, do this Nightwing, but you're not going to be on it full time. It's like one of those, like, they are the practice dates all the time. Yeah. They are the, I just broke up with my girlfriend. I like this other girl, but in the meantime, I have tickets to a goddamn Flyers game. I'll take this girl that talked to me once. And then you just pushed aside. So I, and really what I'm saying is they remind me of me and you, Eric. We're always <laughs> pushed aside. So I really like them. So when I don't like a book of theirs, I have to legitimately tell you it upsets me a little. It does because I, I think that they are very they, – they answer the call all the time when they do have something like this first issue of this Green Arrow. It wasn't anything that was against continuity. Like It didn't have those problems. I just didn't like the really grim story of the cliched children warriors and things like that. The, the thing that's weird is this one starts now, and I'll do my blurb, but this one starts, and I can't say that this story is better – but the tone is what I liked more, and I had some fun with this, uh, even though it ends with really no ending. And yeah. it, it did get me mad, but by the end, I was still having fun. So I'm going to give them props again. Like, I, you know, the, it's props time tonight. Tim Seeley, now Lansing and Kelly, uh, I'm in because this is Green I, I Arrow number I will tell you, 40. though, before you get into it, it did throw me off right away when I opened this book because I had to wonder when it was written because – for some reason, we're getting a little narration as Oliver's laying there mm -hmm. bleeding, and he makes a George W. Bush reference. Yeah, yeah, he does. And this is where the thing is where, again, you want to go with the WD, the, you know, the W, the w stay, stay the course. Uh, that shows you that, yeah, shit's weird here, but yet they have added a couple lines that don't really jive as much as I love them to with the whole Dino and me got in a yeah, fight yeah. when I left. This isn't an Oliver that seems to be like she, he would fight with Dinah. Like, even if he wanted to go do something like he's doing, I think she might say, you know what? You should rest. Maybe you should take some time off. Maybe you should work on your company that's been, you know, going under. But I don't think they'd fight about going. But you have to throw in that whole idea and why she's not there. So it works. It works yeah. enough for me. Uh, but and yeah, I can the, see Oliver and Dinah getting into fights quite often yeah, because she was yeah. always yelling at Oliver. But it, it'd be a weird thing. You have this all this thing, and he finally clears his name, and he says, you know what? C Queen Industries has really taken a hit. I really want to help, and this country's having problems. I'm going to go there for a relief deal. That does not seem like something that Dinah would say, bullshit. You know what I mean? And even with the whole deal, he's going and he's giving them food and provisions and stuff like this. And yes, it, it's a wraparound. They don't want him. But this isn't like he's like, I'm going to go and throw money at them. He is trying to help. Uh, but still, they, it really doesn't matter that that fully with that. But having the George W. Bush reference, boy, it really that, that seems really dated. When was really this written? Dated. And it made me laugh. And it made me laugh, too, because I didn't even mention it earlier in the uh, Action Comics special where you had the uh, – 
you know, the presidential, the yeah. correspondence dinner, one of the best ever. And I don't care what politics you like. If you like Eric Schaefer president, <laughs> and if you, if you think that I know you're going uh, to. there is something really wrong with you, but even though you go back and if you love George Bush, if you hate him, George W. Bush, whatever, yeah. go back and watch that correspondence dinner that he did where he got up and told the jokes and things like that, especially the first one. Me and Tanya watched it the other day because that this issue, uh, the action comics reminded me of. He should be a stand-up comedian, and I'm not saying stand-up comedian like, oh, he's a joke or whatever. Legitimately, one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my That's in so my good. life. It's better than half of these Netflix specials. The joke. Now, again, if you do go back to this. And you weren't very old at the time. It's it's a very moment in time jokes. I mean, you're going to get a yeah. lot of Dick Cheney shooting people jokes and the you know that sort of thing. Uh, but if you were aware of it or know the history of boy, it's laugh out loud, almost crying funny to realize that's the president at that point. At one point, he <laughs> says like, you know what, uh, Clinton. He, he just wrote a book and you know, everybody's going nuts. I'm, I'm starting to think of what mine will be. I think I'm going with a pop-up book. And, and he just said, <laughs> he has this smile on his face that is one of the most genuine things of to play. Himself is Oh, he's so laughing good. there. <laughs> and he is in that moment. He is the, having the best time of his life uh, of just, just complete. And I'm telling you, go watch it. And the first zinger. One of the best things I've ever heard in my life. It's so good. But yeah, this is Green Arrow number 40, written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, art by Marcelo Takara, Marcelo Maiolo, and Deron Bennett. I wasn't a fan of the last issue of Green Arrow, but Lansing and Kelly got me more interested this time around with the Kitty Resistance and an Ali who is both mentor and conscience for a country gone bad. Yeah, it ends in a very forced and rushed way, but I still had a bit of fun that made me look at this little two-shot story more positively than when it started. And yeah, there, there's some weird stuff in here. It starts off, like you said, Oliver ends up – he was bleeding out. I mean we yeah. left him. Left he was for shot. Dead. Nothing had shot him. His guy shot him, and they just walked away. It's like, hey, you know what, Nothing. Green Arrow? Yeah, go go to hell, and he went off. So when this starts, he's there. He's bleeding out, but then he dies, and he wakes up, and he's been resurrected because these kids here in Rapistan, they actually have Lazarus pits. They don't know what they are. But they even have a thing later where they mention that they do know kind of that shit's there. Now, again, yeah. if you want to be a stickler, you, you don't have the, you know, I come out of here stark raving mad. Uh, you know, well, you're not going to get is, a lot of stuff. It doesn't seem exactly like it's a Lazarus pit. We happen to have no. a bunch of like, you know, a little bit of stream, maybe a little bit of water of the Lazarus juice yeah. here. And we fucking put it on you. I mean, with that, you can say, you know, you could. is it more of like a uh, – Dionysium type that whatever it is, but Oliver spells it out. That's the one thing that they were he they were playing it well. Like, yeah. hey, we don't really know what's going on, but we also know like when you're kind of like avoid it as well. You don't you know you, you don't bathe in it every day. Kind of try to avoid it a little. And there's Oliver Lazarus Pit. <laughs> I'm like, oh goodness gracious! But you have the deal, and I really like it where you have these kids because he's there. He comes to. He's like, oh my god, you know. I, I, I really I like these kids initially. This I love whole, them. Like, I love like, them. Know, the thing is, you don't get much like with Teen them. Titans Justice yeah, League. It's kind so of deal. funny. Like, it's I, really yeah. fun. 
in my review, I'm like, oh my god, you have the Rapistan Teen Titans. I'm like, oh, now you're calling them the members of the Justice League. I like them as a Teen Titans. But with that, you have these kids. He Oliver hears it. He thinks that nothing has gone and grabbed him as as captured and, and him. Just just so you know, in case you're not paying attention for the last time we talked about Green Arm, the bad guy of this is called Nothing. So if you just keep yeah. hearing us say Nothing, and again, that's it's so funny guy. because you have a DCU that has a nobody. You have a nowhere, yeah. nothing. You have these things. I, I, that they I just always want to are. put that out there because even you talking to me, you read and remembered. I'm saying you you were telling me about the story all this week, and half the time I didn't know what the hell you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, I forgot nothing, nothing is the, was bad the character's guy. name. Yeah. Nothing is the guy. He's a kid. They spell it out here almost in this where these kids, this Teen Titans Justice League Rapistan Resistance, uh, almost go with the idea that Lensing and Kelly are going with, like, yeah, his name's nothing, but almost like that magical deal. If you know the guy's real name, it lessens the, you know, the you aura have power of over it. Him, you have yeah. power over him because he is just a kid. And with that, you kind of get this. And I, I thought that that first issue was just over-the-top cliche. Like I said, you have a war-torn country. You have this weird deal with Deathstroke was there. He was playing them both. It does lead into a past continuity. Yeah. Not past continuity, but past way past run, New 52 and stuff. And with that, you end up where... I think that they could have given you more in that issue, more about nothing and what led to this. It was really glossed over just to get to the wow or the big thing of children soldiers. And to then the me, shock that's, moment of them, like, you me, know, that, Oliver yeah. won't kill them, but the guy, the yeah. kid just went and, and blew him away And to me, that's then. a little cliche because when you go with this, once you realize and you get, you know, what nothing is and what he's done and things like that, I would have liked to know more of what he had to him because it seems like something bad would have happened to him as well, which made him into that, which he's passing it on. Then when you end the cycle of violence at the end, to me, it makes more sense uh but yeah as this is going on you have oliver's like what the fuck's going on here they're they're introducing themselves and they have you know a superman a batman a wonder woman a flash and the, the big one is the flash like okay so i've already seen your superman there your you know your wonder woman your deal your where's batmans. where yeah well, your batman's where and even though and they even act like you know it's a cliche thing like where's the batman don't even call me that yep you're the batman yep. and you go so then he's like, get out of my face it, yep, it made batman. me it made me laugh because you have the deal like, okay, so which one of you is – you must be the Flash then, right? Yeah, I'm a hacker. What do they call you? Speedy. And I really like the way that it takes I two – I love it so it much. It takes two panels for him to be like <sighs> – It starts rubbing his temple. Of course you are. <laughs> of course you're speedy. Jesus Christ. And I thought that that was a pretty funny moment. That is I really funny. did. I really liked it. And you have the idea where now you're going to have to go because this is a two-shot deal. I think they wasted some time in the first. And now you're getting the good stuff where now it's going to be we're going to fight you to prove that we're okay. In the meantime, Oliver obviously is not going to do anything to kids. So while he's fighting, it's almost like one of those old karate movies where you have the master and he's just standing there as i'm going full out and he's just knocking my hand away and like you're opening this and you're doing That's this. the whole thing he's you, you got to prove yourself to this point to see if i can train you or not yeah. because he doesn't want to help them no he doesn't he also doesn't want to see them get killed when they go up against nobody yeah nothing he thinks that basically listen go home you, go to your families and, and work out whatever but don't go do this. You're leading to being killed, and this is not what you want to do. But in the meantime, they just like, you know what? You don't think we're good enough? Take this. And they start fighting, and then you have Oliver, like, you know, knocking the gun out of the hand, like, 
you, you can't leave open for that. And, you know, you have the Wonder Woman. Like, she Shouldn't goes, let me like, get so close yeah, to your weapon. Don't get so close there. I just knocked you with that. And there's the one thing that I really like, uh, and I think it might be later. I thought it was in this, but I'm looking. I love there's a panel in this, and you don't get a lot of times where y- you see the actual archery of a green arrow. And in this later, when they're having the big fight, there is a point, and I think it's actually nothing's gone, where Oliver actually uses a kind of a trick arrow to go through the trigger deal of the gun to knock it out of somebody's hand. I think that they do a really good job of showing you, and trick arrows galore at one point. I mean, at one oh, point, yeah. he's shooting like seven trick arrows, including a, uh, you know, brass, brass knuckles knuckle one. It's crazy, but I like that. There's the and fun. I, I love it. There's a taser arrow and a brass knuckle arrow he's shooting at kids. The one girl gets the taser arrow to the forehead. I'm like, yeah. okay, she's dead. She's the other dead. kid gets a brass knuckle arrow to the jaw. I'm like, yeah, activates yeah, his dental plan. Too, I'm or like, he, he can't has eat. a broken jaw. Yeah. He, he's going to, do they have a lot of milkshakes in this town? Because that's all no. he's eating. That and soup. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you have this deal where he's going to train them. But again, it's like almost like that whole idea, and even like, oh, Dinah wouldn't like this, but yeah. I'm going to do it because you get the idea of the, they're going to do it anyway. They're going to fight, so I better help them with it so at least they can survive. But with this, you get this idea where the one, the, the main guy, he's the leader, Eric. He's the Superman guy, and he's like, yeah, when we get the, when we get nothing, you know, we're going to shoot him in the head. Like, he's done. He did all this stuff. Was also, another thing, yeah, another thing that kind of convinces him, too, at one point uh, in the story where they basically, he killed my mom. He killed my dad. He did this to my sister, things like yeah. that. He's a bad guy. So, and I mean, he's a bad guy. And and, uh, yeah, so you have this where you have that talk. Now, this is the social justice warrior stuff, but it's not forced to the point of, uh, you know, that where they well, just say, it's our justice, we do it. And I like the point where, until the ending where it is, a I'm little, saying the, you know, the forced. ending it gets the ending's forced You're because about it just ends. The, the cliche aspect of last issue with the children. So, once, like, you know, I didn't think last issue was all that cliche. By the time we get to the end of this one, I'm like, now we've gone full circle to what I think is cliche. Oh, yeah. with well, the whole, I'm telling you, you know, if, in, if, in if you kill him like because this, he took though. your mother, then he'll be taking my son yeah. as well because I mean, I, you won't can, be my son yeah. anymore. I can point out a million things that violence these, begins violence. This children's warriors things has been, uh, you know, in a, a wow moment deal story since I was a kid in books yeah. that I've read all the time. So that was the cliche I didn't like. With this, though, I like the idea where Oliver's like, you don't want to do this. You know, we'll take him to The Hague. He'll be tried, whatever, war criminal. No, no, no. This is Rapistan. We do Rapistan justice. And I like the idea where Oliver stops then and like, okay, whatever. We'll see. But then in the meantime, he shoots an arrow just he out of nowhere. tells their parents. Yeah, tells on them to their parents with an arrow that he just I, shoots I thought, up in the I air. I thought this is weird. He shoots this arrow up in the air so it goes back to where the village is and yeah. it just, you know, has a note tied to the arrow. What is the sound they're hearing? What like what is this I loud guess it's sound? That, that they... I guess it's the sound of the arrow going through the air. I think it's the I, I guess I've shot deal. a lot of arrows in the air in my life. I don't remember it's making a, this like, yeah, huge sound. Well, this sound. is what happens. Well, and I'm looking. I wish that there was like a little I, I wish thing it was one of those that freaking, had you know, like those a Nerf whistle arrow. that whistled yeah. when you threw it. I'm telling you, when I shoot an arrow, I mean, I actually have full out audio. I went to the range the other day. I think that's oh. what you'd call it. And here yeah. it is. Foom. Ah, that's the arrow. It's it's going through. Ah, that's what the sound was. But yeah, the, the guy sees it, reads it, and that ties yeah. in at the end. But now, now we're just going to go off. They're going to attack nothing. In the meantime, they're also going to commandeer and take over their broadcast deal to say, "Hey, listen, you know this. We're good. Attention we're coming in. We're the nothing. resistance. We are the Vakari Resistance yeah. League. And you don't this have is to your fight revolution. Us. You can be free." You don't we're have to your fight. Friends. We're friends. Listen, it's me, 
you know, Johnny Cakes over there and Knuckles. You remember us from school uh, because they do say that they went to school and grew Samira, up with nothing. Ma, come on. Yeah, they keep saying and people are like, oh, my God, I thought you were dead and things like that. And in the meantime, you do have nothing and Oliver fight. And there really isn't much to it. They knock him down, and that's where you have the execution is about to happen, where they're going to end up killing him. But that's when the parents come and explain, listen, yeah, yeah, nothing killed. It's so funny. He's like, but nothing took my mother. Yeah, I, I'm aware of that. You know, you, you're kind of the deal and, and whatever. And if you kill him, he would take my son. Yeah, yeah. So you have this deal. We have How to much figure power out a new will you way. let him have? Yeah, yeah. We have to figure out a new way. And that's how it ends. The problem is, is what happens with nothing? Because they start having a party immediately. I think nothing's like, doink, doink, doink. He's backing up and just leaves. He's like, I'm fucking smell you later. I'm out of here. And then Oliver's like, yep, there you go. And, and at one point, again, I like the time because he wants to tell a speech. This motherfucker wants to get up and like, listen, everybody, can't we all just get along? And he says, you know what? Dinah's right. I'm kind of an asshole that after, you know, I have to be the center of attention for once. They didn't even like, want me here. I'm going to back I, I out. Want, I'm I want to reach for my bow. I want to knock an arrow. I want to yeah. give a speech that make John Lewis proud. Yeah. But that's my vanity. Isn't yeah. it, Dinah? Isn't You're crazy, and it's funny Green too. I, I imagine there where you have like a lethal weapon deal where when Oliver gets upset, it's raining. He's at a grave possibly. And ah. Doom, doom, doom. He starts shooting arrows in the air. It's not as good as shooting guns. He's just doom, 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 doom. And then they all fall down on him again. And he dies. But yeah, I want to not. He wants to shoot an arrow into the, the yeah. sky. What the fuck is he doing? They say, Shut up with your he just, arrows. No, he just wants to have a speech and knock an arrow in there to have the whole superhero like, green arrow it would pose be funny. for him. It's just like, a, yeah, you know what? A, a country in a turmoil is kind of like an arrow. If you don't knock it, if you, if you don't set your sights on don't it, knock you're going to lose it. Soup, <laughs> he goes, and then you hear this, ah! Oh, my God, I killed your my mother. My bad. I am so sorry. My bad. You know what has two I'm hands actually in actually kind of pissed off because nobody has asked whatever happened to That'd Oliver Queen. so great. Oh, so you know what has two hands and is getting the fuck out of here? This guy. See you later. He goes off. And then he realizes, oh, shit, my pilot died. I'm sorry, I'm Oh, yeah. I can just imagine his speech that he's going to tell. Kind of reminds me of running a company that gets taken over by burn victims. You, you saying, certainly have the company, but boy, if you know how to use it. Ah, you know what I'm saying there? I'm just oh, saying this war-torn country, this village, I don't think they have much. And while everybody's no. partying, Green Arrow steals one of their trucks. Yeah, he steals a truck. It's, a, it's like he's there. He's like, okay, hey, everybody, I have a speech here. You know what it's like when you're like you have too much to eat? After like a real big <laughs> dinner that you you hold for a benefit that you don't even care about, you and know what you I'm got, saying. And then you gotta wait a half an hour to swim in your freaking yeah, pool yeah, that yeah, you know you have. Yeah. Do you know what it's like when you go out to your jacuzzi and for some reason your butler didn't turn it on and it's cold? The, uh, the bullshit of waiting a half hour, <laughs> the nerve of them. You know what I'm saying, right? And then all of a sudden they oh, just crap. open fire. They open fire. You know when you have one of the hottest women in the DCU as your girlfriend? You know how that is? I mean, she actually walks around all day in fishnets. You know what I'm saying? And then it's just like, well, get the fuck out of here. But yeah, he wants to do that. But yeah, I gave it a 7 out of 10. I like the art. I like it. Yes, it, it is a cliche rushed ending. But to me, it still had fun. And if you're going to go cliche 
you know, quote unquote, social justice warrior or, you know, have a nice story. I don't mind it like this. I, I, I just I hate when it's like we didn't have the ending where Lansing and Kelly had Oliver get in the truck and drive around to see all the orphanages that he's made. I mean, there's what you usually get. We got it before Ben Percy ended his run in Green Arrow with him going on a walking tour of all the great things that I set up. This actually ends with him saying like, yeah, Oliver, shut the fuck up and get out of here. They didn't yeah. want you anyway. You, you did help them, I, but I, I they like did the it themselves. Ending, but like I said, I do feel that the whole, you know, yeah. we need to give peace oh, a try. Yeah, yeah. We need to find another I way. Know. It's like it is. over the top cliche. And it you know, is like, a, you're giving it a, top a, deal. a, a seven, yeah. you said? Yeah, seven. I, I'm going to go what I gave the last issue because I still had a lot of fun with this, even though yeah. I found some aspects a little bit more cliche than I found previously. But uh, a 6.5 out of 10, and I really and, did yeah. enjoy the arc. And with that, if this was if this was the end of a four a six issue arc, I probably would have been like you know nonsense. But they had two issues to do yeah. this, and, and they were go a decent, it. fun little two issues. Yeah, yeah, they were. So that's the green section there. Listen, you know what it's like when you want filet mignon and they bring lobster. You know what no, I'm saying? No, I don't because as my boss has told me, he doesn't pay me enough that to eat filet mignon. We're actually, I think that we actually live in Rapistan. <laughs> is that Quaker Town? Is that actually just a street in Quaker Town? No, no, because people in Rapid Sand wouldn't be throwing fucking dozens of eggs all willy nilly <laughs> at cars. <laughs> They're like, oh, thank you, Green Arrow. Uh, can you please clean up the bush house? Done and done. Flame Arrow. <laughs> Tanya would yell at me. She'd say, I should yeah, not you say, can't say that. that. A lady died, Jim. A lady did. Was it a lady? Mm-hmm. It was a lady. Oh, wow. A lady, a la- allegedly a lady. I, <laughs> I don't want to be sued, Eric, if it wasn't a lady. I don't know. Who knows why she was there? That place is a wreck. I'm telling you. You just look. If you say anything like the time I spent at the Bush House, you are no longer a friend or associate of mine. The, if the that time happens. I spent at the Bush House is because every story always has heroin in it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's and the problem is the people who had that story in your life ended up dying in the bush house. Oh, yeah. You have a bunch of people that died there. So I'm sure that a lot of people have a bush house of their own, Eric. Don't we all have a bush house uh, in the soul? Isn't that what they say usually at the end? The bush house in your soul. But we're going to go off now. I don't to... go down to that part of the town that my soul resides <laughs> you, you don't, in. That's, that's soul. That's, yeah. But yeah, that is the end of the green section. We're going to go off to some mail. Yo, it's mail call. It is the best podcast so we Ah, yes. You will hear Mel with Jim and Eric Shea. How are you, Eric? How are you since the two minutes ago that I last heard from you? Are you you better now? I'm a robot. And this is mail section number two. As I said, we're going to start with Mad Marty. And Mad Marty says, good day, Jim, Eric, and the rest of the Get Fresh crew. Boop, 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 boop. Here we go. Shout out. Poop. Poop. The emotion. 
Eric, the, the unbridled emotion. So happy I waited for that. <laughs> the unbridled emotion of Wrong Turn Robot. Thank you, Wrong Turn Robot. Do you have anything else to say? I don't know. He doesn't know, Eric. He's not one for words. Uh, what else? Anything else? Is there any person that you're looking forward to talking about tonight? Lebron James. Lebron James. As I type this email, I'm sitting at the gate in Melbourne Airport waiting for our flight to Singapore. Sorry I didn't record a rent rave this week. I usually record on Saturday morning, and I spent the time getting to the airport. I'm pretty excited to be going overseas, but I'm not thrilled about sitting in a plane for eight hours. Have you ever been on a plane for eight hours, Aaron? I've barely been on a plane. Exactly. I'll be getting the following books this week. Action Comics Special Number 1. I picked this one shot up to find out what the future holds for Lex Luthor. I only learned later that Max Landis's holiday story will also be featured. Oh, Jesus. Yep. Gross, he says. A gross. <laughs> gross. Shade the Changing Woman. And if you've been t- uh, keeping track at home, Mad Marty is very big on the Young Animal book. Shade the Changing Woman Number young 3. Animals. He likes them young animals. Mysteriously, comics, etc. Uh, listed Shade as being three of six. Maybe they know something I don't. Most likely, nearly everyone knows more than I do. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised, though. I'm not sure if this current story has enough legs to go on for 12 issues. Maybe. I don't know, Eric. I've never read any I've never read a single young animal book. No. You know what has legs? An octopus. DC Nation number zero. I have mixed feelings about this book. In my mind, it does, Eric. I read the digital copy and wasn't excited by what I read. As someone who isn't reading Batman, King's story was decent when in a vacuum. But that's one of Jim's many issues with King. I don't have any issues with him anymore. I'm issue free. On Superman. I'll commit myself to buying the Man of Steel miniseries, and we'll decide whether to add the Action Comics and Superman to my pull list from there. All right, I that hope seems you guys, like a way to play it. Yeah, I, I hope you guys have a great week, and I'll just try to record a rant rave or two while overseas. Catch you on the flip side, man, Marty. And we did talk you, about the DC Nation number zero on the Patreon spotlight. And pretty much kind of came away with the same deal, that it was just what it was, and it wasn't anything that impressed us, but we weren't really, you know, crazy upset Didn't about it Didn't get me either. over the top excited for what's to come this no. summer. No, and again, uh, if you did hear the, us on Patreon talk about it, this will kind of be a little repeat, but for the people who didn't and kind of get the idea of what we do talk about or whatnot, Eric got a lot of shit on the site, and sure well, did. basically the only thing that he said was, this is a preview, Andy and Craig. it's supposed to get you excited but it did not. So that was one of his biggest problems with that. But we're going to move on to Brandon, who says, Sup, fellas. What's well, up, quite the little week I had. I'm, look, I'm looking at his thing. Have you ever, you know, when you're printing out something, you have the spell check. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I have a I, plat- I know when you have the spell check well before you're about my, to print out my anything. Go- my Google Docs here, it's usually in, in black and white. Brandon yeah. has added the shade of red to it in, in quite a lot of this, but uh, I think I can get through it. Brandon right now has messaged me. Right now he is celebrating uh, Cinco de Mayo by drinking a lot of margaritas, hasn't had anything to eat, and is drunk as hell, which led to me to possibly maybe getting him on the podcast a little later on his phone on Skype, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, he is is really drunk. Uh, but he says, well, quite the little week I had. I'm officially 36 years old, 
So that's something. Happy and birthday. His, his birthday was yesterday as we record. It was Friday. Uh, I forgot completely and I apologized to Brennan because I was going to have wrong turn. Give him a birthday wish. And I forgot yeah, all I about, forgot it. about it. Too. Me, I, I forgot about it because we really didn't see wrong turn yesterday. And now in the meantime, I did mention earlier we're going to have a game with wrong turn. We will. It's going to be on the last mail section. I thought it would even things out a little better. Uh, I got my very first lawnmower. I, I'm hoping that in Buffalo that is some sort of sexy move, Eric, the lawnmower. I also saw Infinity Wars twice, once last right. Saturday and once this Friday in IMAX, which made the experience even better. Not that I'm usually a big theater experience guy, but the sound was super low in the first regular theater I saw the movie in, which made me feel like I missed a few things. Uh, that is not a problem at our theater. The, the no. Regal Theater, it, it is so over-the-top loud. Anyway, I'd say I'm one of the more negative people when it comes to Marvel at times, despite being a huge fan. So I want it very clear that I've decided this movie is damn, damn good. Doesn't pass Winter Soldier, Eric, but holds a solid number two ranking for me on my Marvel list. Well, that's his list. I'm trying to hit the ding sound there. That's his list. And Winter Soldier is, I believe when we had our list, that was my number five. Uh, but I would say that Infinity War, yeah, it's probably, it probably took over my position of five, uh, with it. Do you have a, a thought of that yet? Or you I'm to trying to think. I have to really go back and really think of what my top five list would be for Marvel movies. But Infinity War was damn good. I've watched it twice yeah, it as well. Uh, my, my number one and two are Guardians of the Galaxy and the first Avengers. And I know Captain America first Avenger, that comes in as well. That might yeah, be my second. Well. So those Thinking are like Spider my three. Homecoming might be and in then there. that might be my number four and then this. I, every time we do this, you just keep mentioning movies. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I did. And, and really one of the, the movies in the Marvel cinematic universe that really, uh, it kind of makes me wonder where you have this divide is Thor Ragnarok because me and you both love it. And there's a lot of people who hate it, just hate it. But I, I don't know. But uh, it holds a solid number two ranking for me on my Marvel list. I won't spoil movie events for anybody. That's still out of the loop. And even though I picked up on a few foreshadowing moments that were fairly obvious about the way the second part of this movie will go, it never yep. for one second ruled my enjoyment. I really liked how it ended. Brandon, I guess now the timing of it may have sent me a message while he was in the theater asking me what I thought about something that he's like, this is what they're doing here right i'm like oh yeah oh yeah i'm telling you if i know what's going on it's pretty much pretty uh forced in there but now i just really wish dc could get their shit together and do something with the impact of this type of movie because since dark knight what they put out has been watchable to me but nothing to that level of enjoyable and me and you were talking and me and you i don't know if anybody this might be a surprise but we're dc fans oh, yeah. and we were at work talking to people that we work with including wrong turn at that point and we were talking about the Marvel movies, talking about Infinity War, and going on and on and on. And then somehow the subject, either we brought it up or they did, about the DC movies. And we basically said, like, we don't even think of those anymore, no. even in the same kind of realm as the Marvel Universe. And, and I really, like DC Comics, but I love Marvel movies. Yeah, because they make us feel good. They make us feel good. So, top five Marvel movies for Brandon now. Honorable mention for fun is Ragnarok. I agree. Nice. Uh, Black Panther number five. And that's pretty cool for him because he was a little down on it at first. So he must have really thought about it and, and gone with it. Number four, Spider-Man Homecoming. Number three, Avengers. Number two, Avengers Infinity War. And number one, Winter Soldier. Uh, so there you go. And, and what the thing that I like about the Marvel Universe where you know the cinematic universe is good because I can't really argue with that list. But it's no. not my list. I have a, a completely different list. But I can see why he'd go that way. Uh, you start naming your top five 
uh, DC movies, and I'm thinking that you're going to start trying to push and pull around, you know, number four, at least. So that's tough, but there you go. The books, Batman, meow, fucking enough with this shit. It's not even a real world of dialogue or a real word of dialogue. It's a fucking sound a house pet makes. It's not intimidating. It's not really sexy unless it's coming out of Michelle Pfeiffer's mouth. And if I have to read it one more of Tom King's comic books repeatedly, I'm going to go insane and start saying only meow just like Catwoman. This gets – I think that there was a lady you work with that would meow all the time, and she said oh God, she wasn't yeah. sexy. This gets to go fuck yourself zero. Even Tony Daniels' art can't save it from that. Oh, hey, don't forget Booster Gold only got dumber over the course of a year, and I'm pretty sure that this is a startup Booster Gold with Alzheimer's art. DC Nation. Well, I warned everyone, and just to make clear, I never wanted to be told you so. I, I never wanted to be I told you so guy. But this Bendis shit is sure looking like it's exactly going to turn out that way. This was just full-on Bendis writing garbage much sooner than I expected, following continuity from the 90s or earlier, possibly, and then creating his very own Riri in the DCU. All that's before all I keep hearing from his people. official first issue. Yep, that's what we hear. The, this feels like a DCU book, and that, I think he means YOU book, and that yeah. new girl also looks like the girl from the clouds in DC YOU Superman titles, Eric. <laughs> What is he talking the rat? about? I don't know. The heart looks so damn good in that upcoming Man of Steel mini. It's hard to say no to, but I think Bendis may have pulled off uh, that off in 10 pages of a preview from here. Uh, Joker was scary looking, but I felt like I read something from Jokes and Riddles. That's one of my biggest problems with yeah. that story with Tom King. Just uh, Just League intrigues me, but seems very crowded. Another one of my complaints as well. Brandon, you're singing my tune. The thing with the Jokes and Riddles, if you didn't listen to our thing or the, uh, the uh, Joker thing, it's not just the idea of that DC Nation uh, Joker story being that I'm like, oh, this feels like the Jokes and Riddles Joker. It, it kind of is piggybacked on with the idea that Ivy pretty much in his mind has done nothing since then as well. Yeah. So that's the only thing that kind of uh, got me a little upset. At the time of writing, I still have action special Deathstroke to get through, but I finished my Marvel books for the week because I was just too hyped after Infinity War not to read Infinity Countdown and Avengers. I, just, I was a little calm this week. We had one warm day, I think, that may have helped in Buffalo. That means it got over 28 degrees. And that's from <laughs> Brandon, and he's going to go and talk to Trevor right now about Avengers number one for the Marvel Minute. Take it away, guys. All right. Welcome, everybody. This is the Marvel Minute. I am Brandon, as always, joined by Trevor. Trevor, how we doing? Not bad. And yourself? Doing a little worried. I got this internet thing, like my internet's not connected on the computer, uh, which can't be true because I'm talking to you on Skype. So <laughs> I don't know this computer lately. Uh, my my girlfriend was on it, so I think that's kind of why it's acting crazy. She did she, something. She did something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Hopefully she didn't call India again and give them access to uh, a, you know, our IP address. So um, that's happened. But uh, uh, anyway, <laughs> not be good. <laughs> we're here to talk Avengers number one, legacy number six ninety one. Uh, so yeah, they, they got both numbers on there. This is the reboot here, kind of now connecting things back to the legacy issue way back in September. Uh, so if you didn't read that, that's where a lot of um, the things they're alluding to in this issue. Uh, we're, we're started. So there's only really one issue to catch up on. Go back and, and download that, uh, you know, on Comixology or get it at your store and 
And you'll be up to date with this Avengers run so far. So that's cool. And I'll have to read as far as that goes. Uh, and it's all written by Jason Aaron. On this title, uh, we got the art team of Ed McGinnis, Mark Morales, David Curell, and VC's Corey P Pettit, Petit, uh, doing letters. A Marvel Comics production, obviously. And Avengers number one, uh, or Avengers gets a new number one issue with Jason Aaron at the helm. And that's enough to pump up anyone who's even the smallest of Marvel fans. Let's not waste any more time and talk about the Avengers, which picks up some threads from her legacy issue way back in September. Does this legacy relaunch start off on the right foot? Let's see. Um, yeah, things start off uh, way back in the past, Earth one million years ago, with the first team of Avengers that we saw way back in the legacy issue. Uh, features Odin, Phoenix, Starbrand, who is kind of like their Hulk on this team. Yeah. Uh, a Ghost Rider. Uh, Agamato, who's like basically their Doctor Strange, the original. Uh, Iron Fist. Um, who's like a cave woman chick, uh, and then Black Panther. Um, did I miss anybody? Ghost Rider and Phoenix, I think. Is it? Yeah, I got them too. Oh, you got them. All yeah. right. And then Odin. Yeah, you got it all. Uh, so yeah, I think that's the whole team. They're on the first page there, and I don't know. They were one of my favorite parts of the legacy issue, and that and that picks picks up here where they're preparing to do battle with now a fully powered or fully powered Celestials. Uh, after defeating the previous one who, who crashed down to earth in that legacy issue and was either like damaged or sick or something happened to it. Um, in the background cave, uh, men wrestle over like Odin's mead. I'm not sure if this has like any deeper yeah. to it. I think it kind of does, but I, I didn't really pick up on what it was. Did you have any guesses? Uh, no, I, I think he said it's like, uh, he called it fire water or something yeah. like that. Like I know. I know. <laughs> I, they showed it like a couple times. I'm like, uh, I wouldn't um, have thought anything of it if they only showed it once, but like they keep showing these cavemen going for this meat. I'm like, I don't know if it gives these dudes superpowers or what they're kind of alluding to. These are the original supers or maybe it changes the course of human history. Cause yeah. it's, it's like that. Uh, it's like from age of Ultron when Thor had that stuff that he said, it's not meant for mortal men. Right. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> so who knows what it does to them? Yeah, so uh, that basically wraps up that scene as as the Avengers go and attack uh, these Celestials who, you know, they, they basically are preparing for death. They don't think they can beat them, but they're going to give it a good old shot. Uh, but that's all we're going to get to them this issue as we then join present day. And we get basically the three original Avengers, Cap, Thor, Iron Man sitting around having a drink, Tony enjoying a Shirley Temple, <laughs> uh, getting reacquainted with one another. Um, you know, what? Like, go ahead, man. I was gonna say, do you like how before they even sit down at the table, Thor's already done with his beer? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, know. Like, I need another. Uh, and it's like after every sentence he says, he's like, I need another. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it's a pretty cool scene. They're just kind of chatting. And uh, if you haven't been reading any of the books they've been in lately, um, they basically allude to, uh, the different events they've been through like secret empire and Tony being in this coma and being reborn and Thor, you know, going through everything he's gone through as far as being unworthy and all that and his arm. And, um, so yeah, they're talking about getting the team back together, kind of like reforming the Avengers. It's like a grassroots bare bones operation. Again, a simple, small team can handle bigger threats. 
Uh, Tony is kind of like the one objecting to the idea off the bat. Uh, but before they can really hash out their differences, uh, they receive this call um, that basically alerts them to these anomalies that are forming in the sky. Uh, so, so they, you know, set aside what they were discussing and, and go investigate and respond to this threat. And while they're doing that, we cut to uh, Black Panther. Excuse me, I got like the hiccups. I am so hungover today. It's like still burping <laughs> up. Uh, we got Black Panther and Doctor Strange. Uh, they're two miles down in South Africa. So basically the spot we visited in the legacy issue uh, with the celestial buried underground and basically torched these two archaeologists that were investigating what was happening down there. And Loki had something to do with all of it too, didn't he? If I remember yes. right. Yes, he did. Um, um, actually, that is exactly what the free comic book day issue is about is oh, uh i didn't read that yet yeah 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 <laughs> is it really cool i'll have to check that out uh yeah it's it's about black panther and odin and what loki did with the celestial so it all ties into this okay pretty that's, nicely that's sweet i'll have to get that i uh actually like emailed my shop and i told them like can you set aside the spider-man issue i don't know if that also has the avengers one in it does it uh no the, there's the avengers and cap one and then there's the spider-man and infinity countdown catch up it's like yeah. a half it catches you up on it uh yeah so that's the one i got set aside i'll have to hope the other one's just there or maybe i'll run out later today and go to a store or something but uh okay that's nice to know so i'll have to read that but um yeah black panther and dr strange are down here they're like well we can tell there's some like you know ancient powers and, and shit at play I forget the wording they used exactly uh but they can't determine where it's gone because it was so huge it shouldn't have just been able to disappear um so they go deeper into these caverns uh to investigate what's up um basically closer to the center of the earth right yeah yeah so so uh super close <laughs> while they're doing all that we cut to robbie reyes um and he is in la east la hill rock heights and he's kind of been avoiding sleep lately since uh, his trip to South Africa. Like Ghost Rider's making him do shit in his sleep, a la like a uh, black costume Spider-Man kind of thing going on here. So he's trying to figure out what's up. Uh, he can't really get a grasp of it. And while uh, I'm, because this starts jumping around a lot, so I'm just going to cut to the next part we see him. While he's trying to kind of get his bearings amongst himself. Uh, the ground starts opening up around him, and these fucking bug creatures start attacking him. <laughs> uh, they look like robot bug creatures. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's weird. It's like alien robot bug creatures. I'm not really totally sure what they are yet. Uh, then we jump real quick to She-Hulk being introduced, trying not to Hulk out on this dude who's basically harassing her. Um, that's all we get of that. Uh, strange, kind of. <laughs> and then we we go back to the main events at hand with uh, joining up with Alpha Flight. We got Captain Marvel. She is uh, investigating these anomalies up in space from the space station. Uh, she basically is the first one to see that these are a uh, giant hand coming out of here, so a giant celestial falling out of this portal-type place. Uh, jumping back to Doctor Strange and Black Panther, they're also getting attacked by, like, these alien-esque eggs that are hatching and, and more of these bug creatures coming after them. Uh, 
we see Captain Marvel was like able to lower this celestial down to Earth uh, to avoid it, like you know, totally crushing people and buildings. Um, yeah. But that was only one, and there are more coming, tons more coming all over the world. They're dropping like London, the pyramids. Uh, I don't know this other city it hit, but uh, that's so she's, scary. She's going, yeah, she's going up to start catching them. Uh, they have no idea why these things are just dropping from the sky. So, you know, they they kind of start springing to action the different Avengers in the different locations. Uh, while the other guys, at least not really Avengers yet, not officially on the team, are fighting these bugs. Um, so yeah, we, we just got a bunch of action going down uh, before the cliffhanger really leads us to a two-part thing. Um, the first part being, looks like we're seeing who's responsible for killing these Celestials. Uh, I don't know if it's like the all these guys behind him too. I don't know anybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Though it looks like the one guy's referred to as the final host. Yeah, the, they're dark celestials. Okay. Um. So yeah, they're killing these celestials. The uh, Avengers, Tony, Thor, and Cap, kind of suit up, and and Tony, who's been avoiding letting Steve Rogers say it the entire issue, is kind of like, <laughs> "All right, man, go ahead. You might as well." Uh. And he and he lets them say Avengers Assemble as as that's our cliffhanger with everyone looking fucking badass, uh, ready to attack these dudes. I don't know what they can do against Celestials. I guess we're about to find out. Uh, so I'm going to download that free comic book day issue next and read that because I really enjoyed this. So uh, I want some more. Cat, shut the fuck up. Is that what that is? Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I thought it was like a bird out the window. Fuck. <laughs> when the girls are gone, I got the goddamn cat driving me fucking crazy. I can't get a moment. But um, uh, anyway, as far as buy, borrow, or forget, goes uh <laughs> yeah i really like this i thought it looked great as far as art goes i think jason aaron you know he, d- he doesn't do too much wrong when he's writing a marvel book that i've read um i've, I've really enjoyed everything he's put his name to uh you know th- this is kind of the avengers i was waiting to get back on track for uh and i'm excited that you know it's not split up over a bunch of different books and and you know characters you like on just these different teams you just got the one book the main guys, uh, kind of the classic movie guys, whatever. I'm, I'm totally a okay with that. The Trinity, uh, the and, and it Trinity. kind of feels like you know I, I'm a fan of the continuity all being mentioned and followed, and you know whether you're a fan of the stories that came before and led to this point or not, you can read them or you don't have to. Really, uh, this is kind of really a, the definition of a fresh jumping on point for this book. Uh, you know, don't let the tiny, tiny legacy number under the number one scare you not a whole lot you need to know coming into it uh so i really enjoy i would recommend it to anybody vaguely interested in any sort of avengers thing after watching that movie which was awesome as well so hell yeah uh, (laughs) yeah i don't know what do you think it it, it was really good to me uh so Um, for issue two in a couple weeks i uh I i really really enjoyed it uh you know thor killed the celestial once in rick remender's uncanny avengers run with his axe because yeah. um that axe that he had, i think he said it in the book too i should get someone said you should go get your axe because um it's one of the only things that can pierce celestial armor he had it breaker uh no no the yon yorm that that axe that he carried around. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I'm um, thinking Stormbreaker from the goddamn. From the, from the movie, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he made it 
because he got in a fight with um, Apocalypse way back in like ancient Egypt days. And Apocalypse is like, he kind of works for the Celestials. So his armor is Celestial armor and nothing can pierce it. But Thor had that axe enchanted so it could pierce Celestial armor. So he like, like just chopped one up once. So he could, if he gets that axe, he could pretty much kill a Celestial. Yeah. If he wants and one of those final issues of... Um... The Avengers run before Secret Wars too. Him and Doctor Strange were on that fucking like little piece of rock, and they were jumping yeah. into the light. Uh, he had the axe, and uh, he was missing a fucking arm. He only had the axe in his in his good arm. Uh, I, I really like that part too. I, I think that's the axe you're talking about, right? Yes, that is the yeah. axe. That's okay. the axe. Uh, that's, that's what I always get reminded of when I think of that. That was axe. a crazy. See that. That uh, like this is probably the most exciting Avengers that I've read since Hickman's run. It's yeah. like a regular story, but it could have been an event if they wanted it to be. Yeah. You know? Well, I like so that they got just right to the point too. It's not like yeah. they're they're dancing around what's happening, and you 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 get to see the bad guy right by the end, and you don't know much about him, but you're like, well, he looks fucking sweet, and like, I wouldn't want to fuck with him, so. Yeah, and I love that we're going to learn more as it goes on, like, they're going to have solo Avengers BC issues that just focus on them, and then they're going to have issues that focus on the here and now. I mean, one day, portals open up all over the Earth, and celestial gods just fall out, 2,000-foot celestial gods fall out all over the Earth. Yeah. Isn't that like one of the scariest things you could possibly ever imagine, especially for the Avengers, because they know what they are? kind of seems like this is history repeating itself, too, like it's happened before, and now it's happening again. Almost. Yeah, maybe like happened way back when uh when the avengers were fight like the 1 million bc avengers yeah, were fighting the dark celestials here but uh yeah, um, we'll see and well i don't want to it, it kind of it, tie, it ties in heavy with the free comic book day issue um i loved it i like i loved ed mcginnis's art i thought david curiel's colors were fantastic uh this is exactly what i wanted it to be and I'm super excited for the next issue. I'm glad it's bi-weekly because I can't yeah. wait for the next one. Uh, this was totally a buy for me. Yeah. Yeah. So we got a unanimous buy going on here. It was, a, it was a really good, it was exciting issue. Uh, kind of like, you know, the reason you read comic books type of issue, just fun. Mm. Good Chris Bart. Uh, it, there wasn't really anything that didn't make any sense except for she Hulk just being thrown in there, but they just want to let you know, she's going to be on the team eventually. So let's check in on her real quick, I guess. Uh, that was my only beef with the issue. I really, I really liked it otherwise. But uh, I heard they're gonna rotate out Doctor Strange. So like after this arc, someone else is like a different Avenger is going to step into his place, and then like that's good. That yeah, eighth going spot, to space, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that eighth spot on the team is gonna rotate out a lot. So it's gonna be these core seven, and then that spot is always gonna be filled by someone else, depending on like the Avenger. So yeah, I'm interested cool. how Ghost Rider joins up. Like, I want to see how everybody kind of... I, I mean, it's pretty obvious how Captain Marvel's going to join up. But, like, you know, the people in other places. Like, Ghost Rider's just hanging out in L.A. by himself. Uh, She-Hulk will probably stumble into this mess where it's all, everything's fallen to Earth here. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just interested in a bunch of things going on. So, we'd suggest checking it out. Uh, look for the poll on Monday. Um, you guys get to pick what we talk about as usual. So we'll have three books up for this week. We got, uh, I know we got at least one number one, uh, Venom, Donnie Coates start for there. So I don't, I don't know. People have been wary about voting Venom in uh, when we had a, a long run of talking Venom books on, um, 
on Marvel Minute. So we'll see if it, it steals people's hearts back now that Donnie Coates is on it. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. So look for that. That's at Beamer3660. Trevit always retweets it, and you can find him at Trevit Trev. So we will talk to you guys next week. Peace out. But baby, I'm a real good Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back for another week of Vermillion's Visions. Josh Vermillion here, going to bring you guys a review of a trade, not from one of the big two, DC and Marvel. Try to stay away from those, usually. Um, And this week, the book that I'm going to be reviewing for you guys comes off of recommendation uh, from Alex Martin, and it is going to be Big Man Plans. Uh, It's written by Eric Powell and Tim Weish, Weish, um, and art by Eric Powell as well. Uh, it's a four-issue series, so pretty short in uh, pretty short series, but it's got a lot of stuff packed in there. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into it today. Uh, we start out in Brooklyn in 1979 is the year. Big Man, who is our main character here, we never... I read through this a couple of times, and I'm... 99% sure you never actually get to know his name, uh, so I'm just going to call him Big Man throughout this. Um, he's sitting in a bar surrounded by pieces of shit, and that's going to be a running theme throughout this book. Pretty much everyone is a piece of shit. Big Man has dwarfism, uh, so you know he's a little guy, um, and everyone kind of calls him Big Man as like you know an insult, like "Hey there, Big Man." Um, and honestly, uh, the art in here kind of makes him look a little bit like Peter Dinklage. Um, I don't know if that was intentional or what, but he does look a little bit like that. Um, anyway, he has dwarfism and almost every single person he meets is a trash human being, to be completely honest. Really only his dad and this girl named Holly are nice to him. His sister's you know, not bad either, but um, pretty much it's just his dad and Holly that are outright nice to him. Uh, so these two shitheads in the bar and the bartender are, are you know, they're ragging on him for being small, saying, you know, oh, you're too young to drink and you have to be this tall to have a drink here. So uh, Big Man actually ordered a whiskey, but the bartender gave him a cup of chocolate milk instead. Um, so, you know. He downs this drink, um, and then when he's done, he flips over the cup and walks out. He says that he left the tip underneath the cup. Uh, so the bartender sees a $20 bill laying there, and you know he's so happy that this guy tips so well. Um, you know He's excited, but then when he lifts the cup up, there's actually a grenade under there as well. Uh, so big man... Uh, blows up this bar pretty much um and then he goes and he's gonna get a ticket for a train ride to nashville even though he thought you know he'd never go back to tennessee for the rest of his life um and throughout the story he has this inner monologue going on talking about his life and you know the things he's been through and then also in this monologue he's talking to someone that wrote him a letter um and that letter is kind of what sparked this this entire story Now, we get a rundown of his life leading up to this point. His dad and his sister, to some extent, were never the pieces of shit that everyone else was. 
his dad trusted him to, you know, keep the farm running. One day his dad's going to be gone, um, and he trusted Big Man to, you know, keep keep the farm running when he's gone, be able to take care of everything there. Um, but even his own mother seems to hate him for being a dwarf. Um, it's not outright. She it, He just kind of says that she has that look in her eye when she looks at him. Uh, and one day... His mom, she can't take all the jokes that are directed at at her, at her son, at their family. She can't take it anymore. Um, and so she kind of up and leaves the family. Now, this makes his dad depressed, pretty much. His dad uh, starts drinking himself into a stupor every day, every night, getting drunk all the time. And one night, finally catches up to him, his dad gets drunk and is walking through the barn with a lantern. He falls, the lantern crashes to the ground, and the barn goes up in flames. Um, and his dad actually dies in the fire. And then, even even at his dad's funeral, everyone is shitty. Except for a little girl about his name, his age named Holly, that is. Uh, she's, she's nice to him at the funeral. But after the funeral... Uh, Big Man's aunt doesn't want him or his sister, so they're sent away to separate orphanages. I don't really know why they split them up, but they are sent away to separate places. She gets adopted almost right away, but he spends the rest of his youth pretty much getting the shit beat out of him by all the other kids at the orphanage. After he is finally old enough to leave the orphanage and be out on his own, he wants to go enlist in the army. Uh, so now, now it makes sense that you know they're not going to allow him to be in the army as as an infantry person. Um, but but this recruiter is yet another piece of shit. Won't even give him a chance to do some other job in the army. You know, an office job, a cleaning job at a at one of the army bases, anything like that. He won't even give him a chance. So as Big Man is walking out of there after getting screamed at. A man named Nelson pulls him aside and offers him a chance to join a secret government program looking for people able to to go to Vietnam and, and crawl around in the small tunnels that the Viet Cong have built there um, and either kill or flush out those Viet Cong from, that are in those small tunnels. Um, so wanting to get away from, from pretty much everything, Big Man, he, he accepts this offer. Uh, after he goes through absolute hell in the training that's going to prep him for this job, um, and actually one of the other people in the program dies in training, that's how intense it is, uh, he's sent off to Vietnam where naturally he is surrounded by even more pieces of shit um, in the the people actually there as a part of the army. Um, but, you know, he's really fucking good at his job. He's good at what he does, and he survives and kills and does what he's supposed to up until Nelson's program gets discovered and it gets shut down and he is sent home. Uh, so after he gets back, Big Man is hooking up with some girl in a car uh, when her boyfriend comes and yanks him out of the car. Now this guy, once again, piece of shit, but Big Man beats the hell out of this guy with, an, with a tire iron and ends up actually getting arrested. Uh, he goes to jail, but despite the fact that he rips out some guy's throat while he's there, he is released because some people make uh, this big stink about somebody with dwarfism being in the same, in the general population in a prison. Uh, so, you know, Big Man in his inner monologue says, you know, you gotta love them hippies. 
but that's kind of what gets him released from prison. And once he gets out, he pretty much hits rock bottom. Then he gets this letter that he's talking about, and that's when he decides that he's going to do something. So he goes back to Tennessee. He walks into a hardware store in his old hometown and buys a drywall hammer. Uh, And the issue actually ends with him holding the hammer, saying he's there to, quote-unquote, rage and get respect. Um, And like I said, that's where the first issue ends. And the rest of the series gets, gets even darker from here as he comes back to his old home uh, to get revenge on some some real pieces of shit that live there. You know, I've, I've described some pretty shitty people so far, but the people in this town that he's from are just awful, awful human beings. Um, so throughout different story points and little threads that you don't even necessarily notice on your first read-through, uh, they get tied together, and it all wraps around to fit together really, really well, actually. Uh, Now, I will say that this story is dark. It's, to be honest, it's actually really, really fucked up. If you don't like torture and a bunch of cursing in your comics, I I would stay away from this one. That being said, it is a really well-told story. It's really well-written. You know, Alex, when he he told me about this one and said I should check it out, he did warn me that, you know, it's, it's very crude and it gets more graphic as it goes, but... Even with that warning, you know, I was kind of going into this like, oh, how bad can it be? Um, it did it did shock me a little bit at, at how far it does go. Um, but underneath all of that, the story and the message within it is is really actually really good. The art isn't necessarily my favorite style of art, but it is really well done for what it is. And by the end, I had you know kind of adjusted, and I was enjoying the art the art quite a bit. Um, I don't really have a whole lot else to say about this one, I guess. Um, So I'll just get right to the score, which for me uh, would be probably right around an 8 out of 10. It's definitely not a book that's for everyone, and I'm I'm honestly a little bit surprised at how much I even enjoyed it. Um, But once you get past the violence and the -the over-the-top pieces of shit that are in it, the story underneath is actually really well written and it it ties together and the message the writers are trying to get across is pretty good as well Um, like I said it's definitely not for everyone but if what I've said interests you and you don't mind some some pretty graphic violence in your comics it is worth a shot for that for that story that's so well told Um, So I want to say thank you once again to Alex Martin for the recommendation and to everyone in the Get Fresh crew uh, that has been recommending books this week. Um, Keep them coming. Keep the recommendations rolling in. I have a list on my computer of books that I need to check out to see uh, to add them to the queue of what I'm going to do for the the next segment. Um, So definitely keep those recommendations coming, adding to the list. Uh, So I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to me uh, talk about big man plans this week. I'll be back once again next week. Not entirely sure what it's going to be yet, but it will be one of the one of the other recommendations from the Get Fresh crew. Want to remind everybody to go over to patreon.com slash weird science. Support the guys if you can support everything they do, all the work that they put into the site and the podcast and the extra podcast each and every week. Um, it is worth the money uh, for all those extra shows that you get. They are really, really good. 
Um, want to remind everybody, if you have any recommendations for me, you can either get a hold of me in the Slack chat if you are a part of the Get Fresh crew, or you can find me on Twitter at Vermillionaire3. Uh, definitely send those recommendations over. Uh, but that pretty much wraps things up, so I'm going to send it on back over to Jim and Eric. Hold ya! to another edition of uh, Not Crossover Corner. Nor is it JLA Jamboree. I have no idea what we're going to call this. Uh, it doesn't really matter anyway, because we're almost at the end of this series. Uh, this is Exit Stage Left, The Snagglepuss Chronicles, issue number five, written by Mark Russell and with art by Mike Fian, uh, Sean Parsons and Jose Marzan Jr., Colors are by Paul Mance, letters are by Dave Sharp. It is published by DC Comics, and the cover price is $3.99. There is a backup strip. Uh, it is the Sasquatch Detective strip. Uh, it is written by Brandy Stilwell, art by Guy Vasquez, and colors are by Ross Campbell. Uh, letters are also by Dave Sharp. And it is part of this comic book, and I will talk about it a little bit in a moment. The end is nigh. Well, it is the penultimate issue. Mark Russell and Co.'s Cold War era fable is nearing its conclusion, and this issue throws up confrontation, tragedy, and Russell's distinctive political satire. A heady mix indeed. Let's get stuck in. This one is a uh, is in many respects a lot easier to outline uh, than the previous issues have been. There is a very real sense that the the series is coming to a head. As a result of that, the uh, the plot is is much more straightforward. Uh, there's a there's a a sort of a purpose and momentum to it, which is uh, is quite nice. The kind of purpose and momentum, in fact, that uh, was wholly lacking uh, from the Rough and Ready show. But anyway, not to worry. We start off though with uh, with a little scene in Russia between Khrushchev and one of his underlings. They've just successfully completed an atomic bomb test, uh, which means, of course, that the Russians are now the world's second atomic superpower, so he's very excited about that. Uh, the underling is less excited. Uh, he sees it as a potentially very dangerous situation, which, of course, it is. Khrushchev goes on to tell him, essentially, how he's stayed alive and survived uh, as one of Stalin's lieutenants. Uh, <clears throat> he talks a little bit about the succession. This this bit in Russia uh, seems to exist primarily to show uh, that people in power uh, are predominantly uh, preoccupied with staying in power. Um, this then, uh, and, oh, and that that is to the detriment of of ordinary people. Uh, this then allows Russell to to kind of present art and artists as a uh, as a remedy to that as a challenge to power uh, which of course it is um well or at least it can be i think i think the problem with this is that if you only ever uh, conceive 
of society and individuals' relationship to society uh, in in terms of of political power, you are missing out on an awful lot of human experience. And it's weird because because during the course of this issue, Russell sort of uses Snagglepuss to kind of articulate, or at least claim to articulate, uh, that kind of humanistic uh, sort of uh, celebratory role of art compared to naked political power. The problem is, ironically, is that he is doing that for very political reasons. So I... I it, it's uh, I, which which sounds sort of convoluted and what have you, because it is. Huckleberry Hound has been outed as a gay uh, man. Well, blue dog, really. One of the problems that actually you've got with this with this book, this book makes makes sense in in the terms that it is set for itself, uh, which is that it's taking these characters that we like and, and have a kind of residual uh, nostalgic kind of attraction to and has repurposed them to to make a kind of political and cultural point, which is fine. It, that's what he wants to do. That's fine. The, the problem is, it, this is different from the Flintstones. I, I, I'm, I'm late to the party on the Flintstones. I, I've, I've been collecting it, but I've, I've not... Uh, I've not really read much of it. I've read a couple of issues, uh, and it seems to me with the Flintstones that you've got actually the the core uh, sort of dynamic of the Flintstones, which is the Flintstones family and the you know Barney Rubble and his family, that that remains intact uh, within in the Flintstones book, uh, and it's probably stronger for it. I think, I think Russell uses that, those relationships between, uh, between the, the various members of the Flintstones, uh, Flintstone family as, as kind of like the bedrock, <laughs> oh dear, uh, of, of the story, which then allows him to do all the satirical stuff. And, and it's good. It's really, really good. I, I, I really recommend Checking out the Flintstones, uh, actually, this is different because because he's fundamentally changed the characters, uh, and so he's transposed the characters, and he's changed them, and he's they they've lost the, the whatever cartoony charm they had, they've lost. They're, they're they're not they're not the same characters. They they have the same names, but they're not really the same characters. Uh, they 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 could be anybody else. You you could you could name them different. You could give them different names, and it wouldn't matter. I mean, you know, Snagglepuss is 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 obviously some kind of Tennessee Williams type character. Uh, Huckleberry Hound, I don't know, it could be Truman Capote, I suppose, something like that. Um. It, and 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 every so often you you kind of get this um, you get this weird kind of alienation from the story. Uh, it's it's really strange. You 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 kind of because because Russell is a good storyteller. He, he's a, he's a good writer. You know what I mean? Uh, and he's telling a story that that on its own merits works reasonably well. 
But every so often you get this kind of weird, it's like deja vu, but not. It, it's really hard to describe. It, 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 it's like you kind of go, oh, God, no, that's Huckleberry Hound. And you're going, oh, my God. <laughs> it's just weird. It, it's like really weird. So rather than kind of drawing you into it, rather than drawing you into the story, it, it, it kind of alienates you. It pushes you away because it's using these characters that, that are that are kind of that are okay they're definitely minor cultural icons but but they are they are sort of well-known uh cultural icons and uh it's it's kind of making these sort of sort of very kind of kind of heavy-handed none too subtle political points with them and i'm like well that's you know that's great if that's what you want to do that's fine but it, it it's very difficult at times it's very difficult to engage with that anyway uh, Huckleberry Hound is in trouble. Uh, Snagglepuss has been told to appear in front of the TV cameras and this televised congressional committee. It, it's essentially uh, House Un-American Committees type stuff. It's McCarthy. It's it's the kind of hearings that, that gave rise to the Comics Code Authority, that, that kind of thing. And we've got our... We've got our antagonist, who's Gigi Allen, who herself is a closet lesbian, although nobody knows that apart from us at the moment. And she's using Huckleberry Hound as a bargaining chip uh, to force Snagglepuss to say what she wants them to say. It's all very grubby and kind of deceitful and horrible. And so Snagglepuss has got a... Uh, has got a... Um, he's got a decision to make. Do, does he save his friend or does he stand up for what's right and uh well that that would be uh a a kind of a genuine dilemma were it not for the fact that russell chickens out I, and i i kind of made reference to this in in my review on the site uh i don't know whether you've read my review on the site uh, if you have uh i'm raising a metaphorical glass to you well done yeah, he chickens out because because you you've got a choice then, haven't you? What what's more important, your commitment to to the truth of your art of what you believe in, or your personal commitment to your friend? And that that, that that's that's not an incidental dilemma. That that is not an is not an easy choice. It is not an incidental choice to make. And damn it, Russell chickens out. He 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 chickens out because he has. Huckleberry Hound commits suicide, uh, which is which is poignant. It's meant to be poignant. It is poignant. He he writes it really well, but damn it, it's it's kind of manipulative. It's neat. It's clever. It's tidy. Too. It's tidy. Too tidy. And it allows uh, it allows Snagglepuss to be presented as both the kind of heroic speaker of truth to power. And also the, the the generous kind of kind-hearted soul who cares about his friend. And I just, I it, it's fine. It is what it is. I, I I just I find it, I find it hollow. I find I find it a little bit, a little bit too, a little bit too easy. And and it, it, and, it, and it's it's no coincidence. I don't think that that the that the comic kind of goes downhill at that point really not 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 massively but it, it be, just becomes this kind of preachy reasonably well written but but sort of preachy kind of 
conversation between between Snagglepuss and Gigi Allen, where Snagglepuss has all the best lines because of course he does because he's he's witty and he's artistic and he's creative, and Gigi Allen doesn't. She's all she's got is is sort of raw power, or at least the threat of raw power behind it. Uh, and it's a courtroom drama, and courtroom dramas are kind of inherently dramatic. You, they're, they're, you know, you've got two sides. You've got you've got theatre. It is a theatre, uh, and it should be should be dramatic. And it's all a bit melodramatic, really. By the end, I, I wasn't overly impressed with with that. that. That said, there are some nice lines, and there are so, and the artwork is gorgeous. The artwork is lovely. I hope Mike Fian. I hope we see him lots in the future. But the the build up to the ending is 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 well done. You've got you've got sort of the 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 cast of you've got the cast of of Snagglepuss's uh, latest play, which uh, and and I should have realised this actually this is really obvious, but belatedly I've realised is is obviously based on Huckleberry Hound's life and. You've got uh, so you've you've got that intercut with with sort of images of Snagglepuss uh, testifying or, or really just kind of arguing, preaching in a way uh, to the to the powers that be, who are kind of portrayed as being sort of idiots and inhuman, I suppose, in the sense that they are they're they're using they're using sort of the the, the, the political um, and cultural sort of zeitgeist, if you like, the, the, the cultural atmosphere at the time, to advance their own agendas. And um, a Snagglepuss kind of takes them apart, really. And, and of course, because of Huckleberry Hound's death, he, he now has kind of like the emotional, uh, the emotional kind of fuel to do that. Uh, he sort of really goes after them uh, because they've killed his friend, ultimately. Or they've led his friend to, to kill himself he says things like this uh, in the end any culture worth a damn is made by subversives because art is what tells the world it needs to change um, no I don't believe that uh, don't get me wrong I, I think art can be tremendously subversive uh, the problem is the, the problem with stuff like this is, is that well, it, it, it's a it's a very kind of modern conception of what art is, then it, and I I find it uh, I find it inadequate. Uh, <clears throat> art is art doesn't have to be written by subversives to be art. Uh, what he says is uh, art is what tells the world need it needs to change. Power merely redecorates it. The the problem I have with that is is actually a lot of great art is 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 nothing really to do with politics. It, it's not it's not political in in the sense that um, it, it, it it transcends politics. Some some art is is transcendent. Uh, Wordsworth, for example. Was uh, he started off radical, became more conservative as he as he went on. There's nothing especially subversive about daffodils, but everybody kind of assumes it's a great poem because um, it kind of is. Um, 
I, I, I'm, I, I just uh, stuff like this just kind of pulls me out of, of the story because because it because it's kind of obviously Mark Russell speaking through Stanglepuss's uh, mouth, and that's okay. You know, that's what he wants to do. That's fine. Uh, probably if I agreed with him a hundred percent, I perhaps wouldn't have as big a problem with this as I do. Um, and in a way, it's it's kind of ridiculous, really, me having a problem with it because who's reading this? <laughs> who's reading this comic? Who's buying it? Uh, does it really matter? No, not really. Um, I, I just, you know, it is what it is. Anyway, there you go. Uh, issue five out of six. It's uh, we're heading up for a big showdown. Well, we've, we've already, we're already in the middle of a big showdown between Gigi Allen and Snagglepuss, and presumably things will work out great or not, uh, as the case may be, for our Pink Lion hero uh, next issue. Uh, that only leaves me to talk about uh, the backup, which is... Uh, it's okay. It's just not great. Um, it's... It features a female Sasquatch detective. Um, the running gag is that she goes undercover. She's a Sasquatch. She's like seven feet tall, and she goes undercover. That's the running gag. Uh, it, it's been the running gag for the last three issues. Uh, it's the running gag here, where she goes into uh, into a spa and gets massaged, and uh, she lets off a terrible smell because her fur gets wet, um, and Selena Kyle is there, uh, getting ready for the wedding. Probably, we're not one hundred percent sure, but probably. Uh, and I do. I, I said this to, to in the Slack and, and possibly to Jim. I can't remember, but the, I, I do find it kind of vaguely amusing that that uh, one of the few one of the few titles that 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 seems to be prepared to acknowledge what Tom King is doing in Batman <laughs> is. Is this backup strip in bloody Snagglepuss? It just it seems ridiculous to me, really. But anyway, um, it's just not very funny. Uh, I, I mean, I, like I said to, like I said last, like I said last time, I do quite like the character. The character's okay. Um, it's just you know the the stories are not especially great, really. Um, so. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I realise that I'm kind of coming across as being quite down on this issue. Um, I, I gave it a six point eight, and I, I do, I do think that was probably a bit high. Uh, lo- looking back on it now, um, perhaps a, a whole point too high. I, I don't know. It's really difficult. I, 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 I'll be honest with you. It, it would be a lot easier if, if I shared Mark Russell's sort of political beliefs, probably. Uh, if I, or, or at least was or at least didn't have these nagging doubts about them put it that way it's not it's not that i don't it's not that i don't share them entirely it, it's just that i'm like I, i'm not sure that i can i can agree with these sort of sweeping blanket statements that you're making and i'm not sure that i can agree with your cynical view of government either um and and, and there's a part of me that keeps on thinking to myself well uh if hillary had won would would this comic book have been written this way? I, I just don't know. I, I, I don't I don't know. And 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 that that matters to a certain extent. You know, it, it the the extent to which 
um, uh, an artist or a writer could be could be kind of pandering to a perceived audience. Now, that seems a bit a bit overly harsh, and I, and I don't want it to be. I, I, Russell's script is is good. I, I wouldn't say it's it's a bad story. It pulls at the heartstrings. It it's it's paced really well. Uh, the 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 build up at the end, uh, the intercutting of the play and various different things going on. Um, Snagglepuss decides to divorce his wife because uh, presumably he's going to start living openly as a gay pink mountain lion. Um, all of that is is very dramatic and and very kind of you know well told but i can't get away from the fact that i feel like i'm being beaten over the head with uh with the writer's political beliefs and like i said i you know that sometimes that's entirely appropriate i i'm 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 not 100% sure that i'm on board with using a character like snagglepuss to do that that's that's kind of my issue i suppose thank you very much for listening uh thank you very much for um taking the time to listen to me waffle on and talk probably quite painfully <laughs> about uh about this comic um if you are reading it i i i would be really interested to know to be honest with you what 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 you think of this comic uh, there the, the must be people out there who, who are reading this. There the, the must be people out there who who read The Flintstones or read Prez and, and kind of who like Russell. I like Russell. I, I, I think Russell's a really talented writer. I, I'm just I'm just really unsure about this this series. Um and I'd love to I'd love to hear from people who are more sure, if that makes sense. Or people who are just as unsure as me. I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, if you do want to talk to me, <laughs> uh, and believe me, I would understand if <laughs> if you don't want to, at uh, Door Jeremy is, is my Twitter handle, and you can also uh, read my blog at uh, jddunsany.wordpress.com. And uh, I will, yeah, I'll be happy to have a chat with you there. Um, Thank you for listening. Take care. I will hand you back to the guys in the studio. Please don't forget to visit the Patreon site and just support these guys and do do your very best to uh, to support them because they they you know Jim and Eric uh, put in a, an insane amount of effort into into weird science and it's it's so good. Uh, their, their output is just fantastic. Um, and uh, check it out. Check it out. Go to the Patreon site. Check out what they have on offer. If you haven't done so already, uh, support them because uh, they're good guys. And uh, right. Thank you very much. And uh, I will see you next week. You take care. I have no idea what it is next week. I hope it, there, is, there is a Wildstorm comic because uh, I could do with a lift. Uh, if not, there'll be a definitely there'll be a JLA Jamboree next week. Uh, you take care and I'll see you soon. Bye bye. Once in every lifetime comes a love like this. Oh, I need you, you need me. Oh, my darling, can't you see I'm one?
to the Young Animal segment on the DC Comics. Was it Weird Science? DC Comics. Yes, com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And today we have one weird animal book to read for you. Which one is that, Chris? It's a, it's a young animal book. That's right. So what did <laughs> I, what did I end up saying? Weird animal. Oh God! What is wrong, wrong with me? I'm 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 all over the place today. Anyway, you bring us back together. Come on, you've help been us in, out You've here. been infected by the madness because Probably. we're reading Shade, the Changing Woman, number three. <laughs> and uh, this one's by Cecil Castellucci, Marley Zarcone, Andy Parks, Kelly Fitzpatrick, and Seda Tamafante. I figured I'd put the letterer in there because isn't there like a movement right now to include the letterers well, on the covers if you, and stuff? If you include Pat Brosseau always uh, talk about the letterers. Oh, there is there is talk about that about them being included. You're right. Yes, and also I like the I like the fact that her name has font in it. I, I like it too. Actually, it's kind of it's fun to say Saida <laughs> Tamafonte. Yes. Uh, now we open up, and if you recall, during the last issue, Rack we're going to call Rack Shade Rack Shade and uh, Shade just Shade as 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 is the norm now. Rack insisted that Shade relieve herself of her heart, and in fact did that. Uh, well, like three dozen times. It was really annoying. Um, and so when we open, we have four pages of Shade trying to toss her heart away. Yeah. Only thing is, it keeps finding its way back to her, and so she locks it in a box and buries it. Mm. And that's uh, yeah, that's what we used to call symbolism when we were in the eighth grade, right? But that box isn't heart-shaped. I don't really, uh, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh... <laughs> She's not going to eat my, cancer either. My yeah. Nirvana lyric. Uh, yeah. oh well. <laughs> uh, and after she does this, she returns to the madness realm where Rack is pleased to see that now she has a hole in her chest similar to his. I think that was a Nirvana lyric, hole in her chest. Anyway, uh, we, <laughs> we shift seeds over to a news report, and they're discussing the DCHEASAEA programs of alien ensnarement is what they're up to now. Uh, you'd almost figure they'd have people demonstrating this for public knowledge, but I guess uh, maybe the public sentiment against aliens is not that great. Uh, the, the report shifts to Valleyville, where it's confirmed that Megan's parents were burned to death, but they are led to believe that it was an accident and had flared up while they were cooking up the drug Folly. <laughs> the field reporter then shifts into an old, an odd Picasso-esque abstraction and begins to rant. And uh, one of the emergency workers grabs her, claiming that exposure to the folly fumes have caused this. Uh, but I think it was a touch of the madness, personally. Uh, in, the, in the studio, we got a fake news mention, which I'm sure makes some people giddy, you know, and uh, tickles their fancy to see a little current events thrown in there. We get a brief insight over to other Valley Villians to get their reactions, and it's deduced that, simply put, Megan is bad news, and she messes up the lives of anyone she comes into contact with. Now, speaking of people Megan has come into contact with, we learn that ASEA astronaut in training and former Megan Boyer F buddy, Wes, will take the Boyer family dog. He's happy to have it since it's all he has left of her. Oh. Still speaking of people Megan's come into contact with, we shift over to River, who's getting his first eyeful of what the DCHE is all about. And he is morally conflicted. But really, what the hell did he expect this was going to be? 
This is an alien holding facility. You I know. didn't expect that there'd be aliens being held there against their will? Oh, no, they'd be, they'd be all sitting around in a cafeteria, you know, just like yeah. they're in the green room waiting to go on live. You know, like, oh, when, when do we get out of here? You know, no. Yeah, it's like the village in the prison. They all have little, nice little uh, chateaus, and it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a good times and, and high tea. Um, now, uh, his boyfriend doesn't seem to be too bothered, uh, and in fact seems to be really amped about locking up as many extraterrestrials as humanly possible. We return to Shade now, and she's bellied up to the bar at a diner. She skips out on her bill, but leaves a book with the words Read Me written on the cover. The waitress picks it up and sees that it is the, quote, best guide to self-improvement, and it has a picture of Megan or Shade on it. She reads it over and then walks out of the diner in a daze. And then we get a page of different people reading similarly shade-themed books. Yeah, they're all a little bit different, but they're all like, you know, living the shade way. And yes. And when that woman walks out of the diner, she leaves the book behind and another person picks it up. Yep. So it sort of has infection. I also like the way shade leaves the diner. She kind of like yeah, has like loop. a madness <laughs> loop kind of envelop her and take her out. Uh, it's just, it was just a good little thing. Yes. But anyway, back at the DCAT, River runs into... Hellboy's sister, we missed you. She apparently works there because not all aliens are bad, or at least she's not one of the bad ones. Mm -hmm. Uh, They chat for a bit, and River asks what planet good aliens come from, and we'll give you three guesses which one she responds with. Mm -hmm. All right, it's meta, although maybe we should also accept Krypton, Oa, Mogo, New Genesis, even Mars. Uh, there are a couple of decent ones out there in the in the solar system. Uh, Hellboy's sister thinks that River has been using drugs, and he's adamant that he has not. And so she gives him some, and it's like huh? mad- <laughs> madness in a jar. Yeah, those little psychedelic paisleys. And she promises that this batch, this version of it, won't get him hooked. Yes, not like that street stuff. Exactly. Uh, now, we shift scenes again to a bar where Wes and the boyer mutt are having a drink. Now they're soon joined by that mystery punk that killed the boyers last issue. They awkwardly flirt, and when their heads draw near for a kiss, the punk transmits some paisleys from his mouth into Wes's. And then they bang. We think, right? It seems that way. They get naked. They definitely get naked. They're in a bed, yeah. Yeah. Uh, The following morning, the punk leaves, but not before referring to Wes as Rocket, which I guess we could uh, assume was Megan's pet name for him when she was alive. Mm. Um, Back to Shade, Uh, she's uh, meditating in the desert, and it's riveting stuff. Um, We see some paisleys show up in different locations, like a hotel and a stop sign and all that stuff. Uh, We see a Shade themed scarecrow and then shade is lost in a sort of hedge maze we do only see a portion of the hedge maze and uh, maybe if it pans out uh, or when it pans out it'll be revealed to be something important maybe it, it, maybe, it does yeah. look like it's just it's a symbol it's of some kind but, but yeah. it, who knows could be anything i don't know it could be um, now as we said paisleys are going all over the place including a museum that a cupcake is visiting or That's right. cup or whatever the hell her name is. I, think it's, uh, I forget. Something cup. There's a cup in it. There is a cup in it. There are eight ounces in her. Um, now, the Paisleys infect Van Gogh's Starry Night, and uh, Teacup notices this immediately. <laughs> no one <laughs> else seems to notice. Like, in this, no one else cares. It's like, oh, I guess. Hey, is that, do, they, do they always have Paisley? I guess. Yeah, I is guess this, that's is how it looks. one of those magic eye things? Am I, my eyes crossed? Yeah. Uh, now, elsewhere, uh, Shade either yanks out her tongue, or starts chewing on raw meat. It's not really clear. It looks like she's chewing on raw meat. 
Okay, I didn't but, that get. I don't know where she got the meat. Or no, this is a scene out of nowhere. It's just like it's a, literally a panel just pops and looks like she's just porking down a T-bone, an uncooked T-bone. But I don't know. Uh, then we uh, we finish up back with the punk, and he visits a dorm party to check in on former Megan foe Seema. He seduces her, brings her to the roof, then reveals himself as a creepy bird creature, and then he kills her. All right. I mean, you know, the punk is Megan. Yes. It kind of confused me where the bird came from, but maybe there's just, like, remembrance of Loma. Yeah, well, there was that, like, egg in the stomach of one of them, but I don't know. We don't... I don't even know we what don't happened. know what... That I, was in... I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure what the result of that was, to be honest with you. Uh, although, that was Megan. That's right. That, that was, was Megan deposited that, didn't it? Something like that? When Megan and uh, Shade fought on yeah, the lawn. that's yeah. right. So, yeah, it's like maybe Megan impregnated, and maybe... Who knows? Uh... Just quickly, the back, <laughs> the backdrop actually isn't horrible this time. I know uh, you didn't look at it, but it's uh, yeah. it's uh, it's Wes, it, it's uh, Megan's boyfriend. Deep way into the future, they're tracking Megan around. Apparently, wherever she goes, she causes death. You know, in the body of that punk, and who knows what else. Uh, and while they're there, uh, uh, Shade and Rack Shade visit because they're you know they sort of do the time hopping thing from a mm-hmm. year or two ago. And uh, then Megan kills him. She shows up like as a ghost. It's almost like a Phantoma thing, to be honest with you. At the end, hmm. she shows up as like a giant ghost, kills him. But then he's like, "I only, you know, statistics say I fail, but I only have to, I have to try. I only have to win once, trying to stop Megan from ruining everything." So I guess he's also hopping through time. The implications were all right, and uh, hmm. at least it seemed to have to do with the story. That was something. It seems like it might have been more exciting than the story. Maybe, possibly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So you know, this this story had had some pacing problems, but I, but actually, it had I think a lot of good stuff in it. Uh, unfortunately, it was usually when Shade wasn't in it. That's a fact. <laughs> was was but I, I was really getting interested. Uh, yeah. Let me let me know what you think. What what you think of it? Well, I thought that just like you said, uh, this was a lot more interesting. The less shade was in it. Um, when we opened it up and it was four pages of her trying to throw a heart away, I was like, "Oh God, this is gonna be more of the same." Yeah. Because uh, I mean, it's no secret that I haven't enjoyed this book since it's come back, and it's the the Megan stuff and the 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 very the very you know sophomoric depth that they're that they're really shoehorning into it. It, it ain't for me. Um, but uh. I was very pleased that she kind of disappeared for the rest of the book, and uh, it gave us an opportunity to uh, to world build a little bit. Um, probably something that could have happened in the first issue, but uh, you know, it, it is only the third issue. It just yeah. feels like it's a lot further along. But it, uh, it feels like it should be further along, and we haven't. There's so much we. I mean, one of the problems with this character, as as you and I have talked about uh, off the air, is it's not clear what the madness is. No, it's not. What it does, how it works, what, how it affects things, whether everyone can see it, what they can see if they can see it. Uh, there's so much left in the air. That's sort of like the nature of those late-era Ditko characters that he created, mm-hmm. sort of these nebulous power sets and uh, motives. Uh, and that, But so when you dwell in that, when you have things like her reaching out her madness across the land and infecting a Van Gogh painting, well, what the fuck does that mean? You know what I mean? Like, so what? I don't understand. Is is shouldn't that make everyone in the museum go nuts like, and run around? Yeah. It seems to have no effect. Like, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, uh, so it, it it you know we need. I think in order to get back into shade, I I still am holding on hope, Chris, that we're gonna get a comeuppance for her because you know like River 
and teacup aren't like that. Uh, no. They're not given to heady poetic ruminations and stuff like that. And I hope one of them eventually, you know, verbally or maybe physically slaps some sense slaps her in the her, face, yeah. Uh, which would which would redeem a lot of that. You know, I'd be like, all right, you know what I mean? This was it was on purpose. But if we're you know four, five, six issues down the line and it hasn't happened, then maybe I am. <laughs> <laughs> wrong about what I'm waiting for. Yeah, then it doesn't uh, matter what the reveal is, and it, it, it just we've, <laughs> it's going to be too much of an investment. We've gotten too much uh, schmaltzy poetry. Uh, I like the Megan aspect with the you know what's going on there, kind of with the punk. Yeah, well, I, yeah. I, I yeah. assume it's like the punk is for now, but I guess what are we called? We could just say like you know she's she's the punk, uh, and how like now she's become like innate evil. That's kind of like how they they bring it about in this issue that like sure. She's more than just like a teenage bitch. She is like supremely evil, and I think being unlocked from her body allows her to just be as bad as it, bad as she want to be. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. And she got rid of her. Her parents are gone, so there's nothing exactly. There, there's no tether there. And if uh, and I, I don't understand why she didn't kill Wes. Uh, that she really didn't have much of a problem with him, besides the fact that he left her to die in the water. But uh, <laughs> but uh, she did kill the the uh, the the mean girl bully. So. There's maybe, that. Maybe she gave him the disease that there is no cure for. Uh-oh. Who knows? I don't know. But uh, Paisley AIDS. <laughs> that could be some Paisley AIDS. <laughs> oh, man. Another Nirvana song. My favorites. <laughs> anyway, uh, so what'd you give this one on the old site? I gave it a, uh, a tick up. It went to 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, you know, I think I'm kind of in between 7.5 and 8. I think I, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, maybe a, a scooch, a scotch more than you did. Hmm. Uh, you know, this book I think is warming up it to be a book. If you like, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know how to explain it because uh, because Shade is such a nebulous kind of character. I, you know, yeah. that definitely. If you liked Shade before, you're probably gonna like Shade now. This it's it's still pretty intriguing. Uh, although, where is Tentacle Guy with the Green Lantern ring already? Yeah, you know? he just uh, he just showed up for like two or three panels in the first in issue. In the first and issue. He... And I, that's something I'm really waiting to see what's up. And it kind of made mm-hmm. me think that Hedge Maze might be a lantern. Might be a lantern. That's but, what I was thinking. But it's sort of maybe not, you know, there's no way to tell from what we see. So it's... Uh, it's up in the air, but yeah, I think I think I would have gone eight with this. I bet mm-hmm. right. depends depends. If I had a headache, I would have done seven point five, just like you. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, I don't hate this book. You know, I I I have an all right time with it. How is that, folks? Is that uh, is that enthusiastic <laughs> enough for you? <laughs> I don't want to punch myself in the face repeatedly. There so. are way more w- annoying books that I that I read. So. Uh... <laughs> How, how about that? That's uh, that's <laughs> that's a ringing endorsement. That's the endorsement from the Young Animal <laughs> Fellas on the Weird Science Podcast. But next week, we do have another Young Animal book, and that one is going to be Eternity Girl number three, which mm-hmm. uh, I've also been warming up to, Chris. So we'll see. You and I may uh, diverge strongly on this one. We'll see. Uh, it could be exciting for the listener to hear us uh, yelling and scream. I don't, I don't really foresee us yelling and screaming. Probably already. not. Any young animal book, unless it's about a Doom Patrol delay. Well, when is when is number 12 coming out? Oh, yeah, well, uh, <laughs> let me get out my sextant. <laughs> Sheesh. Uh, according to the sundial, it should be any... Uh, never, ever, ever, ever. Oh, man, it's such a sad thing. Anyway. It is. Let's not dwell on that. That is done, and now we look only to the future, and the future is where we're going to spend the rest of our lives. So I think that's all we got from Chris. Got anything else for him? No, that'll do it. 
Well, until next time, folks, I want you to keep it young and animalistic. Yo, it's mail call. Smell with Eric. Ah, uh, wrong turn at that beginning. And since wrong turn did introduce this mail section number three, which has one mail, and it's a return to glory for our man Manship. Manship has not been around for a while. He has been around. He just doesn't mail as much. He talks to me all the time with cryptic messages uh, all the time. <laughs> hey, hey, dude, when you going live? I'm like, oh, what? We, we go on Mixler all the time, which we are right now. And he's like, no, no, I mean, like, come to my hometown and do a live show. I'm like, oh, Manship, please. Weird science is on its way to Manship. Detroit for I'm, I'm waiting tour. for Manship. Like, Manship's going to be one of those crazy guys where you hear, like, you'll see, like, my sweet 16 and that. I had Justin Bieber at my party. Yeah, or Manship's going to have his 35th, uh, you know, uh, party. It's going to be us. We're going to be there doing a, a thing from Detroit. Manship says, hey, bros. Can I do magic? Been- yeah, you can. You can do magic. No, no, I, I, I can't for... because I can't do magic, Jim. Oh, I thought maybe you would do it and you disappear. That's what I'm saying. You see that that uh, David Copperfield is having some uh, problems where he is being sued for one of his tricks that he's doing, and the problem that he's having is if he if he's getting sued, he has to appear in court. But because of that, he's going to have to reveal a secret of a magic trick. Eric That's he does up. not want to do that, so he's trying to get out of that. Uh, yeah, I'm doing been... that there, David Copperfield, because he said he was doing magic, and I know because I believe in God that yeah, magic no, and, and it's not I th- real. And I think it was one of those like he's it's, doing it, it, some. It, Trick and somebody up. got hurt. Yeah, I also oh, yeah. heard well, that, that they had <laughs> the other. Yeah, but I think it. You know, it's one of those. You, you step up on stage, you're all excited. It's going to be you know the time of your life, and then something happens Absolutely like you accidentally. Not. I would never get up there. Well, I know, but this person, I think they may have been sawed in half. I, I don't know, something like that. But uh, there, it also let me doing this goddamn high school talent show bullshit. Well, here's I don't know what he was doing, but somebody, I uh. think they fell off the stage or something. Well, uh, which, which you say high school deal. Logan told me that some school in maybe Quakertown recently or something he heard of, uh, the people had for an assembly, they had a hypnotist come in and they hypnotized the kid, probably told him he was a chicken and the kid fell off the stage and now the parents are suing for a million dollars. And I was like, really? Really, that's what you're going to do? But it's been seven years ago, and I still get shit for this. Manship's going to tell us a story. As the lights came on, he really sets the mood, too. As the lights came on at 2 a.m. in Little Darlins, <laughs> in Flint, you know, Michigan. Little Darlins. Little Darlins. You know, Little Darlins in, uh, in Flint. Flint, Michigan. I realized that I had too much to you drink. You hang out at the best places. Yes, I had, I realized that I had too much to drink and was not in any shape to be driving. One of the dancers, like he doesn't tell you what Little Darlings is, but it is oh, a strip club. We all know club. what Little Darlings is. Little Darlings is like a paintball place. One of the dancers was sitting on my lap. 
that, uh-huh. that usually is called even a lap dance, but who went by gotcha. the name Kitty Cat, offering me a ride home. And, of course, I thought that was a fantastically responsible idea. On you're the drive right. home. Now, uh, yeah, you're damn right. This is, he doesn't say, see, he leaves some things out right away, which I will tell you, uh, his fiance was at home at that moment. On the well, drive home, I felt so proud that I was not drinking and driving upon pulling up to my house. Kitty Cat really wanted to come in for another drink, even though I kept telling her that I was engaged and the future wife was sleeping inside. Finally, she took the hint and peeled out or just got pissed off, not sure, as my memory is a little fuzzy. I couldn't get to bed quick enough for a couple of hours of sleep before work at 6 a.m. My future wife left for work at 5 a.m. Upon kissing me goodbye, she asked who was on our couch. I thought for a second and realized that it had to be my buddy who went to the strip club with me but wanted to go across the street to The View, a non-alcoholic strip club that is open to 4 a.m. And that is VU, The VU. When the lights came on, as I stumbled downstairs with my seven-year-old son... Uh, we noticed that there are two pairs of legs hanging out of the covers of our couch. So not only there, yeah, you also your son's there with you. I quickly rushed to drop off my son uh, off at preschool and get my hungover ass to work. And that's the other thing is where I think that something's really shady. Why is his seven-year-old going to preschool? <laughs> I don't know what's going on with you, man. Found out later that, yup, my buddy had gotten a ride home from another stripper as well. This stripper's name is Cock and Candy. So I don't know what bar he ended up at. Uh, Cock and Candy. <laughs> the best one ever. <laughs> and, and had her stay the night at our place. The truth eventually came out many weeks later during confession night. Confession uh, night? What is confession night? Uh, what is that? Night? Confession night? Uh, I don't know what man should, but he plays things different over there in Flint, Michigan. I don't when like my it. Buddy, that, that is my, I'll never tell you any of this night and every other night that <laughs> follows. When my buddy was around hey, my it's wife. confession night again. I got nothing. Let's yeah, do I got nothing. Oh, confession night. Yeah, I'll go last. And at the end, I got nothing. When my buddy was around my wife, and I haven't lived it down since, so his buddy sold him out too. If I forget to take out the trash, kitty cat. When I come home late, kitty cat. That's the weirdest. Did you take out the trash? Uh, no, I didn't. Well, you certainly almost brought her home that night. I guess that that's where it would go. Dare I try to get out of going to a family function? Kitty cat. And if I really mess up, it's always kitty cat. And Eric, that's when cock and candy comes up. If you had cock and candy sleeping on your uh, couch, just just the whole deal, not even I'm whatever. I'm throwing the couch out. Yeah, is what yeah, I'm doing. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> are, you, are you throwing that couch away? Let this be a lesson to those in the Get Fresh group. Beep, boop. Boop, Unless boop. you are single, never accept a ride home from a stripper, no matter no, no, how sensible no, the no. decision seems no. to be at the time. That is not the answer. If you ever, if you ever you get a ride door. home from a stripper, don't fucking talk about it. Yeah, yeah, that, that is that's the deal. Take a shower too when you. I was waiting for him to say he took a shower when he came home too. P.S. That night, Kitty Cat went to warm up her car. It was the middle of winter and pulled it around to the front of Little Darlings. So I gave her my cell phone number to text when she was ready. My wife found that number <laughs> on my phone, Eric, during another confession night. <laughs> And saved it as kitty cat, which is still in my phone as a reminder to make smart decisions. Man, that is love. Man strips. I I want to I want him right now. When you hear this right now, somehow 
get a recording and call old Kitty Cat. See if she still has that phone because I think she might be dead. But yeah. uh, see what happens when somebody answers and you ask Or she's Kitty finally Cat. a doctor after paying through med school. Yeah, that's what they all are going to, right? He, he, Manship actually, with his actions, saved her from the pole. But that is Manship or Manstrips or Idiot who has a confession night. Confession this night. Maybe bullshit. one time you would have it. Like, here we go. Me and Tanya are going to get married. And I think to myself, you know what? Let's get it all out on the table so she can't get mad at me later. So I said, before we go and get married, up. we're going to have confession night. She tells me everything. I don't tell her shit. I'm telling you, it all leads to me saying, I got nothing. I got nothing to hide I don't want to know shit about shit because I don't want to think about stuff later on. No, yeah. It goes both ways. It goes both ways. Probably like both kitty cat and cock and candy. Can only Boom. Help. Cock and candy, Eric. I, I like that. It's it's a little. Here's the deal. Like next on the staging area, give it up for Kitty Cat. Yeah, yeah. Like cock and candy seems too much. Like you're gonna want an explanation. You know, it's like next on the staging area, give it up for cock and candy. Like All right. what? What? <laughs> what? What do you mean? You now is that one person or two? Yeah. Is that, or, you know what's going on? I just think it's just a name. Like I don't know. I need like cock and roll. Here we go. There you go. It's a it's me, a fat guy. Cock and roll. There's my strip <laughs> name. Next up on the staging area, let's give it up for Guy Kid. Hey there! I come out. Everybody's arrested immediately. They're running for the exit. There you go. Uh, I think that maybe these. Uh, I I often thought of maybe going to the uh, the cave in Philadelphia for Amateur Night, Eric. How do you think I'd fare there at Amateur Night at the cave, the male strip club in uh, Philadelphia? You think I'd do well? I don't even know what kind of like, you know, uh, customers they get, so I couldn't even tell you. Is the cave not a great place? I don't know. I, I think it's a little too fancy for me. I have to find the male equivalent of Susie's Lounge for uh, me to go there. Stanley's I'd, Lounge. I'd have <laughs> Stanley's Lounge. Uh, a bunch of times my buddy Pete, his brother Jay that I work with as well, uh, would want to go to the Susie's Lounge, which is a really, really bad strip club, Terrible. for lunch. While uh, when I was working with him, because he claimed to me they may serve hot dogs, and he was serious about this, and I said I am not eating any hot dogs from also, Susie's Lounge. Other places serve hot dogs. Yeah, really. You don't need to go to Susie's Lounge for that on a twelve o'clock noon on a, a Tuesday. That doesn't no. seem like you'd have your That's best trip. And really, it's funny because a lot of these strip clubs, if you've gone, I don't really partake in that. I, I get embarrassed. I, I get really I hate strip clubs. with that. I do too. I, I go through a range, a roller coaster ride of emotions where I go there and I feel upset because I think that the women are being exploited. Then they come over and try to exploit me, and now I'm angry, and then I don't want to learn. I get really weirded out at those places. But like a Susie's Lounge, just to explain, when I talk to people who are in into that sort of thing you have these strip clubs are like hey that's like the minor leagues you get some people there and they're you know oh they might graduate to say going to delilah's den in philadelphia that's the big leagues right that's the that's the show eric you say so, so Susie's lounge is where the 60 year old former players go to hang out that's what Susie's lounge is it's not good it's really bad but i've never been inside i've just heard the stories yeah yeah same here actually I, I'm, I'm speaking out my ass because i haven't either but there you go. There is the stripper and stripper. People always say, man, you can't look away from a train wreck. I'm not about to go there to see the train yeah, wreck because yeah, you just, don't want to see yeah, that. I don't want anybody to see me there. 
Yeah, yeah, really. They see you, and then it's over. I remember when I was growing up, uh, it was a big thing to be seen in the uh, farmer's market that's in town. You'd get embarrassed yeah. to be seen there uh, for some reason. But uh, I think if you were seen at Susie's Lounge, yeah, you would not be it's looked not at. Even that. It's not even about being seen. It's like, you know, you go there, you don't have to tell. Like, nobody has to know that you went but you'll know for the rest of your life. And I can't deal with that. You'll have your own little confession night with yourself, Eric. And that's when you, you can't forget stuff like that. But thanks, man. Strips. Uh, You're just thinking about all your life. Fuck ups. Yeah. Like six o'clock in the morning in the shower. That's part of it. You're just sitting there like, yeah, that's how I went to that's Susie's that's lunch. That's my daily routine, right? I tell you, I'm in the shower before work just thinking about all my life. Fuck ups. Yeah. Yeah. Think of doing that while washing your shorts. Then you'll really put things in perspective. Then things really – after sleeping on your rolled-up uh, fucking hoodie as a pillow. I'm telling you. And then you really your, – your life choices really become very clear at that moment. And, and the only thing that stops the tears are thank to God that you're under the shower. And then nobody can see it. I haven't it. been able to see my whole life, but all of a sudden everything's 2020. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm telling you. It gets really clear in, in that shower. But yeah, that is that is it for the mail. We're going to go off now to some more books. Jim rings the bell. This means Shay's reviews are going well. Jim rings the bell. Jim rings the bell. Eric Shea's reviews are all the bomb. Eric's the bomb. And if Shea's recaps are read without a single misstep, ring the bell. Ding sound. Ding sound. I feel like a goddamn trained monkey where when I do hear the bell, I actually legitimately get happy. I, I like too that I, I love when I hit the bell like this week. I think it was the Patreon deal because I think Reggie was on uh, with the DC Nation where I was laying the hard and heavy on it yeah. to try to trip you up. Now, also when you hear you that awesome song, that no, no, when you hear no, when you hear no. that awesome song, Bike Dancing Mike. Uh, it makes you smile, right? There's two things yeah. that it means. It, it means that Eric Shea's smiling and usually means that Eric Shea doesn't have a book to do a thing. I keep using it <laughs> in a section where I'm in the middle again where I almost cut into it and said, yeah, you know what? And I like just keep recording, but like, yeah, this is nonsense. Eric does not have a book in this section because we're going to end the podcast. With I had a, a smile a, on my face thinking about yeah. that the entire time. Oh, yeah, with two books where Eric Shea, he's off the hook. I mean, and he's uh, off the hook. Uh. You're off the hook, baby. But yeah, he is going to be sitting there and relaxing while I do the uh. herbs. And yeah, there he goes, lighting up. Like you need any reason to hit flavor country at all right there. That is your only reason This is that you don't have blurbs. Uh, it helps me express myself. Yes, it does. It, it makes me happy, too. For some reason, it calms me down to hear you flicking your bick and, and enjoying yourself. Uh, because I'm, How calm do I feel that Eric's yes. taking a little bit more life off yeah, himself? There he goes. I'm like, at least now I realize that with my horrible heat I can eating, outlive Eric. I still will outlive Eric, who's so much 
much younger than me. Uh, and with that, also think, boy, a lot. The one lady came into work that day. Eric wasn't in, and I had to sign for something where I didn't even use it. it was an electronic signing device deal pad. I'm like, I sound like Dick like Grayson. A fucking iPad. I'm like Dick Grayson. I don't know what this thing was. I thought it stole my soul. Uh, where you don't even have a stylus, you sign with your finger. I think yeah. that's a little disgusting. But I signed. I'm, I'm like, boy. And here's the thing. Anytime I use the stylus thing, and this is like a FedEx. I think this was like DHL or something. Yeah. But when you sign with that stylus, I don't know what the fuck I'm signing. It's It looks like I am uh, sending up a pentagram to hell because it never <laughs> looks like a signature. Somehow, with just my finger – it, it looked perfect. I'm telling you, when you see where they have somebody's name and an artwork and you have the signature, mine would have been right in there. It looked really good. So I said to this lady, boy, uh, yeah, Eric Shea is an asshole. And she's like, why did you open with that? I don't even know who you're talking with. And then after that, I said, listen. Of course listen. she does. Then, yeah, and I said, boy, that really worked really well. That's odd. I, You know, without the stylus, that works so well. And she said, yeah, it's funny because, you know, the older generation doesn't really seem to like it. I go, yeah, I know what you mean, lady. Like, <laughs> you know what I say, 35 and over, I can't trust those son of a bitches. And then I ran. And I'm thinking to myself when she said that, I'm like, she means Eric. She thinks I'm younger Shut than up. Eric. Oh my goodness. I am blossoming today. Uh, you know, I'm the bell of my own I'm personal like ball. I'm like a fine wine. I, uh, <laughs> I have aged well, though I did tell you, I mean, I'm, I'm a physical wreck, but, uh, when I'm in Wawa after work, usually, and I, I usually don't point it out as much anymore, but usually, Three times a week, I see people that I graduated with, and, and a lot of times even people that would be like a couple years younger than me. Like yeah. I'll recognize, boy, that guy was in 10th grade. I was graduating and stuff like that. And I really – the next time, I'm going to point them out to you, and I'm going to say like, you think I'm correct. Like you fight. look at me. Look at these motherfuckers. I'm telling you, you look like you, you have, like, you would say to me, like, I did not know you went to school with the Crip Keeper, is what you would say. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, it well, is Quaker that bad. Town does have a terrible meth problem. That, I'm telling you. And yeah, maybe that's it because I don't do that. But I, uh, the other day, you go up and like, hey there, Tom, what's going on? <laughs> what the fuck is Jesus Christ. How is this happening? But yeah, I'm telling you, these people that I see, I'm like, boy, you know, the, All life of a sudden has, it's a large march setting you. Oh my God. Life has hit them fucking hard. And I just, I laugh and I'm like, look at me. Ageless. And, and really, when I go around town, people Ageless. do like, hey, Jim, what's going on? And I, I do think like, boy, they're probably like, what the hell happened to him? But at least they still recognize me. I'll go with that. But yeah. And then it's when like, hey, Jim, what's going on? Haven't seen you in a while. I'm like, listen, mom, I told you I don't want you coming over my house. Shut up, mom. But God. Shut up, ma. But yeah, these last two books, again, you can tell I'm stalling, but we got to get this done, Eric, because when we get this done, I promised everybody at the beginning that when you get to these last two books, you're going to hear a very joyous and joyful uh, two men who now realize that their day, uh, their work week is almost over, their work week being the stuff they do after work. And yeah. it's nonsense. Yeah. And really also – uh, roundabout deal. Me and you go to work. You know, maybe we don't show up exactly on time. I've been a little yeah. lenient. I actually end up uh, taking my son Logan to school every day. I figure, hey, listen, I when in Rome, when in Shea, why not? Like, but the problem <laughs> is, you and I. I mentioned this on Patreon on the uh, Jim has issues with his wife. That now Jess has a different lady. Jessica has to go in earlier, so you beat me to work. Well, they gave me shit the other day, and then out of nowhere, made me go like demand that I go into work today an hour and a half earlier 
just to start up a machine that takes two seconds. And the lady who was telling me what I had to do with this machine uh, was there. Like she could have done it. And I don't know yep. what they were fucking me with, but I went in. I said, you know what? You're going to make me do that. I'm going to turn on this machine. I'm going to stand around and talk to people on Slack all morning. And right. uh, so I did that waiting for you to come in. But I'm telling you, I'm exhausted. I'm not used to waking up that early anymore. When we used to start the podcast, I was still getting up at like 4 a.m. and doing that yeah. nonsense. Those days are over, but not today. And I am tired, which usually means I'm going to have some goofy fun the problem is there's a little roadblock to that, and that's these books, which we're going to yeah. start with. Curse of Brimstone, number two. And before I do my blurb, just really quick, um, this book, when Curse of Brimstone 1 came out, I, I, I can't say I was excited. And really, because of the timing, this and at least the unexpected uh, are not things that I even consider books. I'm, I'm telling you. What when about the Curse Immortals? Of- the Immortals is okay because I was down with that. That was going to be my book. And that was just Jim Lee delayed. And I'll tell you, even the challengers, the new challengers that is yet to come out, that's coming out soon, that at least has that tie into the challengers, metal. the unknown yeah. and metal. So that's even that though is a little nonsense. But this curse of brimstone and the unexpected to me were very much like, okay, somehow Dan DeDio is a man who needs, he's very anal with numbers. He needs some sort of number and these books didn't match that number. So he had to add to because these don't even seem like they should be in here. This especially, I, I don't even know why this book exists. And so when I went to read this, the first issue, I was already like not down with it. We did it as a Patreon on spotlight so some of the people listening would have heard us and we were trying to be positive about it and try to set up but really it was a sad sack setup of the main character you finally end up seeing but really didn't learn anything so when this popped up this week it's such a non-entity to me and you i had to remind you tonight that we have to talk about it tonight because i forgot i almost didn't see it i saw it in our bunch of books messaged you don't forget brimstone and you said luckily i did because you you did you forgot yeah, Brimstone. Totally forgot about Brimstone and completely. So when I read it, I thought, boy, can I mind wipe myself to forget it again because it is not good. It isn't good. I'll tell you that right now. It's Curse of Brimstone number two, which I wrote down. Curse of the Brimstone. Storytellers Philip Tan and Justin Jordan. Art by Philip Tan, Rain Barredo, and Wes Abbott. I think I know what my least favorite New Age of the Heroes book is. This one. I really didn't like anything about this issue, and after reading it, wonder why we wasted all last issue with the endless setup just to get to this. This book is not good, and I don't think it's going to last more than six issues. There you go. I, I think this is going to be the first of the canceled ones of this because there's no hook. There's no hook at all for us. We have, like, go down the, the deal. I'll even tell you that Silencer, yeah, the cone of silence is many, but you have Talia. You have a hook. You have a Leviathan. You have something well, where you have an assassin. I, you have Deathstroke. You have some I hook. think I gleamed a bit of a hook in this issue, that, but the it's only thing very I get, yeah. under the surface, which okay. I, it's going to take a couple more issues yeah. if it is and something to go forward. that's the problem. Forward. If it is. Exactly. The thing is, this whole idea where we find out that the salesman actually is going around and, you know, you know, making deals with people like this to freaking deals, have yeah. the cities destroyed or towns destroyed yeah. to make it more like something that they're used to from where they're from. Yeah. It really seems like these characters, like the salesman, you are from the dark, dark multiverse. multiverse. Yeah, I think they are as well. But the hook then would have to be the drowned. The, yeah. the hook would have to be a 
you know, nightmare version of Wonder Woman, a nightmare version of Superman. Those would be the hooks. And the problem with it, if that's what it gets, because I get the same thing. And and really, when you're pushing it, you are even pushing it that you could say they were the ones of the Batman that disappeared. But the thing is, if you did say the one uh, flooded city that becomes the drown, you're going to get a Batman. You know you know what I mean? And, this well, is going to be something that. The drown that, I don't even want to go with because that's yeah. like the one character we saw killed by Aquaman. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. Or you had the, uh, you know, where this fire, this brimstone, that's setting up for the merciless. I, right. I don't know. But I, even I if it not, is. I'm not, not even anything to do with the Nightmare Batman. Just the idea yeah. of something from the I'm dark saying, multiverse. If that's the hook, broke. though. Is that a hook? I mean, it's, the hook. It, it, it is a hook if you're like going to you say go with out these of the others. pages of metal. Yeah, where I'm saying, though, the hook to me is you have Silencer, you have Leviathan yeah. Talia, you've had Deathstroke, you have an assassin, you have the Cone of Silence, which is nonsense, but you have it. You go and you have the, uh, you know, even the biggest one to me is Damage, where you right. have Ivy, Wonder Woman, you have all these. Then you have the Terrifics. The terrifics yeah. It is the Fantastic Four. And really the hook to me is Plastic Man in that. Exactly. You have, you know, you, you have these books where you do have these hooks sideways. It's the... It's the Spider-Man of the DCU. Yeah. So you have these things. This is the Ghost Rider of the DCU. Yeah, and this is the Ghost Rider, and that really what they need over in Marvel a lot of times is something where they need the Ghost Rider to have a hook. Uh, though I have actually read some of the newer Ghost Rider. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, but still, the Hulk of the DCU, the Fantastic Four of the DCU, the Spider-Man of the DCU – the Ghost Rider of the DCO. It's not as good. And really, to me, the only hook you have here uh, necessarily is that it is the uh, – it's a horror book. That, that yeah. to me, that's the hook. But, you know, is that what we need and want from this? Because a lot of times you will have a Vertigo book that's a horror book that's not going to sell. So why would this sell? And with this, after the second issue, I would go against our whole thing where we said we give something three issues. I'm out. I'm out of this. And and really, if people wrote in or messaged me and I got a majority of people saying, like, please, just don't talk about this book. Don't waste your time. Instead, do something else uh, if there was something else to do. I was going to say, what do we do? Do sleep. Go to bed. Uh, but I would certainly do that because I like my sleep. Uh, the guy this week, Eric, the one guy that works on uh, – that delivers stuff to us, his name is Sean. I'll just tell uh-huh. you so you know exactly who. Did I tell you that he told me his two favorite things in life the one the last time that I saw him? The, the, the guy has never said anything to me and – we were there and our boss said to him like, oh, man, like what what sort of things do you like? And he basically like, I like two things. And I'm like, this is about to get sexy is what I thought. But this guy's a dud. But you know what two things he likes? I like to sleep and I like to eat. That's what he said. And, and I like, can see that looking and at I'm, that guy. I'm looking. I'm like, I can see that. But yeah, it, this book is – there's nothing to like in my mind. I, I think the art is, is more confusing than actually telling a story. I know that it's a gritty story that we said fit last issue. It's very muddy, this issue. And to me, it just – it has that horror feel to it, but it's not something that I'm going to look at and say, boy, it looks fantastic. I don't like it. I like some of the color work in it, 
but just the panel to panel the only color of that him really and his pops sister. in my mind it's is fine. the red hair of Joe and his sister. I, I'm just saying, even at the beginning when he's just the brimstone right, there on right. that first deal, that looks pretty cool. Just but more yeah, ginger coloring. It is. It's just like, boy, they have a shitty town and red hair. Boy, is anything going to go right for them? But you have them there, and it, basically this whole issue where you have the sad sack Joe in the first issue leading into the idea that he did accept the deal from the salesman to go – what this gives me in this one, number one, makes it seem like he really didn't have a choice anyway. It kind of leads to the whole thing. But really, this is more of a let the sister now accept what's happening. Not, not, and, not only accept, I'll tell you, where we, I was complaining last issue, because we did have to deal with the whole sad sex yeah, show, which I a lot mean, of people did like because you're setting up the character set up, where we're yeah. going to go going forward. This issue, all right, we did that. We took a lot of time. People, I don't know if they like – it really seemed like we were going to take a six-issue arc to really flesh out what's going on. But yeah, right now, is, yeah. all right, we took a lot of time last issue. Let's throw everything we have at Joe and his sister so they can figure everything out they need to do right yeah. this issue. And, and, and what's weird out about of nowhere, it, yeah. so forced. And what's weird about it is, yeah, and really, if you were going to – if you're really going to sit down and you know do an Eric Shea master class of the last issue, you would say, listen, you are having a guy – Make the, you know, pretty much a decision that is crazy. So you need to lead up to that to see why he would do it. You have to yeah. see him be desperate. I think it was a little over the top and I never really got to know the character. Uh, that issue was really more of a, this town stinks. I wish it was better. This town stinks. I wish it was better. Everybody hates me. I wish I was better. It was like kind of like a broken record going towards it. So by the time he makes the decision, it, it made sense. I didn't think that I really had a grip on the character, even though we spent the whole issue to get to him. In this issue, though, it's – I would have expected after that where you have the brimstone, right? So now you're going to throw the you things like you said. Brimstones. You got your brimstones here. But the problem is I think that the second issue, before you have the sister get all in and, and you know, you have, uh, you know, the – Kind of the side villain who's more of the salesman, the hound type thing that, that is going. I wanted to see more of what his powers are. I wanted yeah. to see more. So if you had this idea where the salesman came, the whole town was on fire, then it stopped, but it was stopped because she came in, the hound lady came in with her still. blizzard. And, but with that, we don't, we still don't know what his power set is. If in fact he even has Burn. legitimate, powers or is this something that he's just a vessel of a power to bring on this destruction to let this dark multiverse person though live in the in the town then so we don't really get the idea like if you're going to do this have something like and i know we say and we kind of people were laughing about the damage book where it's like oh it's the monster of the the month or the hero of the month showing up to fight i wouldn't have minded some more outside hero monster show up so he can fight them and we can understand the power set not the what we're getting here is more of an explanation of you know the salesman did this and the salesman did that but by the end of this i still don't think i know anything more except for the fact that they're setting up towns for people to inhabit uh which is okay that's that's a cool twist there but but with that, I still don't know anything about his power set. I don't know what he well, really can or can't do and well, why he would even stay in town. When and why not leave? Out, we find out after he shook the salesman hand and became brimstone, he ran around and burned some stuff yeah, in town. And then stuff. a freak blizzard came out and it started snowing. And then there's, you know, uh, rescue workers trying to yeah. go out and do stuff. Their father is out plowing the roads for the yeah, rescue workers. And whatnot. Yeah. But the thing is, you know, 
His sister Annie went out looking for him, found him naked in the goddamn naked. road, and brought him back home. And she's like, when he wakes up, he's like, did you have anything to do with what's going on in town? You mean the fires in the freak blizzard? Like, Adam, yeah. that's such a weird thing to say. Yeah. To, like, you know, half the town was on fire, and then a blizzard came out. Did you have anything to do with that, Joe? Yeah. I'm like, this is before and any of the supernatural yes, this stuff is the is problem. on This is the her. progression's off. Because she goes and wakes him up, says, and even with this, it would have been a, a neat progression here as well because of what we saw or what we did. I'm sure like, yeah, I went out and I thought that, uh, you know, your truck broke down because that piece of shit. And I found you passed out in a new truck. Like, where, where the hell did you get that? What's this truck out there? Like, you, you already see that things are changing for him. The salesman have done something. But in the meantime, like you're saying, have them there like. Oh, what happened? Oh, the town it caught on fire, and then a blizzard. Do you think you know anything about it? No. Why would I? You know, that's Seriously. weird. That's and then all of a sudden she's sitting there, and then his hand catches on fire, and like, oh shit, we better figure it out. And now you have a figuring out between both of them that they're working together, and with us along for the ride to see what his powers or what he does, because we still don't even know like why does he become brimstone then and then he's not and what he're doing and all this. Well, and even can he in control this issue, him? that's the thing is, last issue it seemed he became brimstone. And barely remembers spent, anything yeah, about yeah. it. He went around. Brimstone did stuff, not Joe, it seemed like. Yeah. This issue, when the hound shows up and wants to start a fight and like, look, you're going to do what you're supposed to do. You know, this is the deal you made with the salesman. you got to go and you got to burn this town. He just seems to turn into Brimstone then and control yeah. himself to fight off the hound. I'm like, I don't really get what you're and, trying and to play with And with that, here. even with that, you have this is, that bet- This is one issue where he was like, you know, yeah. I'm telling you, he became Brimstone at the end of the last issue. Now we find out what he did. He can already control his power, though. And uh, yeah, and again, with this is, uh, are these the books that Dan Jurgens was on Twitter talking about, where he was asking, like, what's with these books? Like, you're setting up these books where you go in these issues, and I end up not even knowing what's going on because by the end of the second issue, there is nothing to make me continue with the series except that. I said I'd give it three issues. That'd be the only thing because with this, like you said, all of a sudden, yeah, you have Justin Jordan trying to work a deal where – and again, if you want to say a cliche comic book, uh, you know, even a movie or TV thing – of the idea of I I don't know how I do this uh, brimstone stuff I don't know how I'm brimstoning and then you have the hound come and threaten his sister and he fucking goes nuclear. I understand that. That's the stress you're going to save. He's got a that, trigger, that is, yeah. That is very one of those things where you have somebody with powers and don't they can't use the powers, can't use the powers until somebody else that they love is threatened and then they, you know, subconsciously use them. I understand that, but even the progression of seeing that because that kind of does happen where the the hound comes and she's going to attack, watch out, pushes a sister and then flames up. But with that, you don't even get the idea of what's going on. Like, is this full out? We don't even know what brimstoning is you know what i mean and it seems like you know the hound is just somebody else who made a deal with the salesman and got ice powers like where brimstone is getting you know fire powers and almost if you want to go with the deal yeah and is this leading to like even with that you have this hound who almost plays off to me like a batman who laughs it's the first in command you know you're my first mate there I'm busy doing the, you know, salesman shit, going to get other things. You go around and make sure they're in line with each other. I don't even have an idea in this book where you get the thing like, oh, I see what's going to go on. You have these people and they're going to team up as a team and realize that they've all been fucked and fight back or whatever. The the biggest thing that I have, my biggest problem with this book really and starts and ends with the idea that I don't understand why Joe and Brimstone – is somebody I would like 
And is he a hero? You don't know this yet. Well, now, obviously, that, we I'm want these you, to be no, heroes, but why? How does this progression go from here to him being a hero? I don't even see it yet, and that's a bad thing in a, in a new character in a new book. Well, I'm saying right now at the one point when Brimstone, when he, Joe turns into Brimstone to fight the Hound to save his sister, it almost seems like Brimstone is a completely separate person because yeah. he blows up the building. They're outside now. He's like, no. I know you, Hound. I know yeah. your future. I see it. Yeah, like I know he, you yeah, burn. Yeah, like he's doing like, different I things. I said like yeah. Joe. No, like it's Joe almost like he's, you know, Gray Hulk out of nowhere or whatever. You know, he's the Hulk and, and it's Bruce Banner who doesn't know what's going on when he becomes Bruce Banner again. But it just doesn't play off well for me. And I, I really don't know this character. I don't like him. Before, a lot of people were already thrown off the last issue. Like, why do I care about the sad sack? You never even yeah. got the idea of – you know, the down on his luck guy that you're rooting for, he seemed like a piece of crap, really, to me. Like, even with the thing, like, he, he wanted, Justin Jordan wanted you to feel bad, or, or, you know, he's an everyman because the one cop didn't like him. I, I just didn't get it. You also have the father here, where the father's out plowing, and this is the way for the hound to go and kind of have something over, but I don't Takes know why, father, you, yeah. I don't know why you need that. Is this something that they do with every town? Because Brimstone made, Joe made the deal, but it's not like something like when you make the deal, all of a sudden you become brim. Like I, I could go better with you make the deal, you become brimstone. And it's almost like a Lazarus pit type deal. When you become this thing that they turn you into, you can't be controlled. You have to be beaten down by this hound who shows up and does that. I'd be okay with that. This is like, is this what they do all the time? Like they have to go to each town when this happens because it doesn't seem like a great business plan the way it's worked out where the salesman says, okay, you're brimstone. See you later. Now you've made it into the supernatural greatest American hero because he doesn't have a fucking instruction, instruction manual. manual. There's yeah. nothing to tell you or tell him what brimstone even is. He just ended up setting the town on fire, which is supposed to be what you think he was supposed to do. Yeah. But yet the hound who's working for the salesman comes to stop that with a blizzard. So I don't I, understand. I, I, I don't know what they're getting at, too. The whole idea, you know, all right, then the blizzard came, so we have snow and we have ash. It's like, is this what we're supposed to do? Is this town supposed to be That's snow what I and mean. ash? This is what I'm saying. You don't know. So when this, when the, the hound comes, which we did see her in the first issue, uh, when the one like guy this. said, when the one guy said that he didn't want to be involved and she seemed to kill him, uh, this with the deal, or actually just like hurt him or whatever, and he kind of was dazed. But even with this, I, I don't know what they're getting at. I don't know what this book is about. I don't know, is this an anti-hero? Is this one of those Brimstone is a villain? Is Brimstone just this? I, Brimstone's I don't know. nothing yet. Yeah, I don't know. And it's two issues, and already I'm done. And I would not mind that if we ever talk about this book again on the podcast, which we will continue doing until a certain point. But I do say, and I will stand by it, I think this is the first one that's canceled. I think that The Curse of Brimstone will be canceled, maybe not even make it to six. So we'll see. I, I know they'll want to get the for trade. some reason the unexpected is going to get canceled before yeah, this does. If, if it's going to even come out yet. I, that's what I'm saying. We already have a head start with Brimstone, but – Unexpected. I hate to tell you that there are still Steve Orlando fans. I mean, that Justice League of America was a wreck. It didn't get canceled because it sold 9,000. That Supergirl, even with the art germ variants that got it to 30,000 a month, it still was at 19. I'm telling you, Justin Jordan does not have anybody those, following. Those like are him. at least characters that people know I and know, love. I know. I know. We'll see. We'll see. I, I really, if, if I had my druthers, 
both of them would be canceled I, already. I just thought you bring out a book that, and you want people to get a hold. Don't have it with Firebrand well, and I mean, Macho well, Man. Well, here's the Savage. deal. That's the thing I was just going to say. All these books this week have the backup story of the preview of The Unexpected by Steve Orlando. There is the hook. Randy Macho Man Savage is in it. He's going to snap into it, Eric, and there you go. So yeah, it's just nonsense. But uh, quench. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the quench, all right. Uh, what would you give this? I'll let you go I would first. give this a 4.5 out of 10. Because I have a 4. I, I'm not a huge fan of the art overall because it gets no. very muddy in the coloring. I'm but I you. really do like Joe and Annie themselves. And a lot of stuff like, you know, when you do get brimstone, the colors, they look great. But I, I just don't like the, the art overall. And I think the pacing of the story is like – Oh no, like Joe, what's going on with you? You know what? It's time to hit the internet and do all the research we can so we can get a handle. It yeah. is just very forced to get us to where we need to know for this issue so we can lead to a fight. And yeah. I just did not have a good time reading it. Yeah, I just, I didn't like it at all. And it's like, it's a, you know, a horror type deal, but really I'm not invested in the characters. I don't sit there and go, oh, my God, I hope that is a sister Annie. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Of course, she has red hair. Uh, you know, there's Daddy Warbucks is out fucking mowing the lawn somewhere. They have this where as you're going, though, I'm sitting there like Annie. Oh, no, Annie, you might die. I don't care. You know what? It's a hard knock life for her, Eric, and I don't really care. And they could all die in this book. And at the end, it's just like, oh, well, book over. I'd be like, whatever. I, I'm not invested in this one bit, but we're going to go to the last book of the night, a book that you are fully invested in. And a book I would that rather talk about Brimstone than this book. I will, I will beg to differ because where, where this next book, which is Cyborg, is a hot mess, as Brandon would say up in Buffalo, which basically that just means a plate of wings and what yeah. comes afterwards. Uh, I think that this is at least fun because, boy, there, there are some things that while I was reading this, if I gave pluses for scores because I laughed at something so ridiculous that it made me actually, as the kids say, laugh in the open. Isn't that oh, what they say? Damn. Laugh in the open. Uh, I would have to give it a 10 out of 10. Because, and, and really, you go to the roundup. I, I, there's a 10 out of 10 for this. Eric. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with them, but there you go. Cyborg number 22, written by Marv Wolfman, art by Tom Derenick, Will Quintana, Pete Pintazis, and Dave Sharp. This issue of Cyborg gives us a bunch of mumbo jumbo sort of science talk, a bit of a mystery, and a cyborg who is pretty much an asshole. I actually think the background story could possibly be interesting. What, what's have, the background story? The background story with the whole idea of this guy who pretty much seems to have been out of nowhere, the first cyborg. And, you mean Mechan X? Yeah, yeah, or, you know, because, Nico, Which they don't yeah. call him at all in this? I don't even no. know if that's Mechan X. No, I thought that that was the lady. I <laughs> thought that was his love doll lady. Uh, but with that... The idea of it, and I said you'd have to wade through a bunch, bunch of garbage to get even near it. But the idea of a guy, you know, it's again, we're we're getting a lot of cliches this this month. It's almost like, or this week, I mean, it's almost like a, a thing with even like the the uh, Wolverine movie, the right. Wolverine and stuff like that, where you have a guy who has lived all this time. He is what appears to be what they're saying is the first kind of cyborg. Cyborg makes, makes no goddamn sense. You know, how this, this is a fucking go. robotic cybernetic and, and, technology. In we had 1879 in Japan. Yeah. And uh, with that, though, the idea of him needing to figure out, wanting to figure out Cyborg's inner workings and things like that to live longer, possibly whatever. Again, the other thing is with Marv Wolfman, which who knows what the hell's going on in that guy's mind. But at this point in the story, you can still make that guy 
the hero. You can yeah. still make that guy the guy who's the good guy. We we really don't well, know what's going on is, yet. You said like the the background plot. We have this fucking this ancient uh, j- uh, Japanese man yes. who is like a yes. cyborg and all about this whole idea of cybernetics prolonging your life. We have Starlight or fucking uh, original business and uh, you know what they're doing with their giant robots. And somehow on top of that, we have the evil machinations of what si- <laughs> yeah, si- Doctor exactly. Strode is doing. I'm like, what is going on in this book? No, that's the thing is what I'm saying is I'm only saying the background deal. I'm just talking about the guy in Japan. Okay. I'm talking him, that idea of and, – and again, you're getting the idea – again, you can't have a cyborg book without somebody like being cyborgs or a, a robot or members of machine. I understand that that is it, – it's high time to change that up. Like we said, we would like a magic-based deal versus a cyborg. We've been saying this a lot because it changes the game up. But with that, I do like the stakes of a guy who's dying – trying to figure out Cyborg. Also, maybe the roundabout way of almost looking at Cyborg as a brother, uh, kind of like wants to talk to him. Maybe this guy just wants to talk to him about the concept of being man versus machine. You can play it. The way that it's set up, you could play it anyway because you're getting shit here. But I'm just saying, that idea, it, it, it's okay. The problem is you're throwing a bunch of garbage on top of that that doesn't need to happen you had a first issue where this book was canceled they brought marv wolfman back who the hell knows why this even happened this book should not be coming out pretty much we're looking at what i think me and you have been fucked with and we're in earth 15 the earth where they keep giving us books that should have been canceled i mean in that earth jla is going to go to 500 issues you're never going to end that we're going to go back and have hellblazer it's going to last to a thousand blue beetle is going to continue on just to fuck with us but with this the whole deal is you have a marv wolfman it makes me laugh where marv wolfman thinks because he's an old man i mean i'm an old man and i can say that he's an an old man where twice in this you get the idea that he thinks quote unquote nerd means Big Bang Theory. So you have the Big Bang Theory just straight out mentioned. And then you have Big the Big Bang Theory the, on steroids. Then, then you have the Bazinga being the Gozinga. And I'm like, really? Like you are one of these guys that we work with. They're like, yeah, you know what? I, I got a vision of the nerds on the Big Bang Theories. And I'm like, really? And you have this wraparound where Cyborg was saved, quote unquote, saved by this bunch of people. Uh, the last the deal SOBs. by this robot. Yeah, the SOBs. And they go and you're having this whole thing where there's this robot that goes. You're introduced to 17 characters, it seems, and with, I, with no the, sort the, of deal. The Starlight freaking uh, original business, as they call themselves, the SOBs. Yeah. That's what sort of, uh, they yeah, but that, call themselves. That's the thing is, even that – what, what does SOB stand for? Because it Starlight doesn't. Starlight Original Business. Yeah, Starlight. It doesn't make sense. There's the light and the thing. It just, no, that's one even, word, Starlight. I know, but even then it's stupid because they don't even spell it out well at the one point because they never say the business at one point. They just say, we're Starlight Original. You know, the thing. And then finally they say, oh, they call us the SOB. It's stupid. And in the meantime, you have Cyborg even say it before. It's just nonsense. It's complete and other nonsense, mainly because... They spell out the idea that we uh, we were part of Star Labs, 
they didn't want to go the next level and things like that. And we had this thing. So we got off. We left and got our own funding. That It, it just doesn't make sense in this whole deal with a business. It's like me and you, we work for our place. We decide, oh, they don't want to take it to the next level. And we just take all the shit that we had there and go and start our own deal. It doesn't make sense anyway. Plus, they have gone off to Hawaii to work in a volcano type deal or whatever this is actually the volcano. But I'm saying yeah. they have just gone to Hawaii to make giant robots. Why? What are they doing? Because they're I like, I don't know. And they say, oh, they want them for like military stuff. We realized that you could do more with that. What? What? What are you doing with giant robots? I mean, really, the the whole thing comes down to you're making giant robots. Yeah, that's it. I'm telling yeah. you, we we are making giant robots and we're sticking them in a room where you can look at them. Look at all these giant robots. Yeah. We make these. Yeah, we make cool. These. And and in that, while well, we get to it, I'm telling you, we'll get to the line where they say basically like. Yeah, Star Labs always wants to have weapons and things, but we realized our technology could be used to help people. That that's why they're equipped with missiles yeah. and, and and lasers. That, that's what you're doing. What are you going to missile up the you know the the local market to get chicken prices up? I I don't know what you're doing. I don't even know what anything's going on in there. But in the meantime, they they reactivate Cyborg by accidentally hitting his mother box. And he comes to, and they even say, like, oh, that's that mother box I've been hearing about. <laughs> they touch it. He freaks out. He's yelling and screaming. Then somebody gets a hold of him and says, you know, get him. What is it? There's the whole thing, like, you know, reinvigorate him to uh, give him a signal boost to help regain control. What, what does that mean? I don't, I don't even know, know what's going they, on. They plug something to the front of his chest. Oh, thanks. I feel so much better because something was inhibiting his self-repair. Yeah. And I love the one point too. Like, man, that's the mother box here so much about. He just shoves his fucking hand yeah, inside his chest. Like, and then that's, I said, he's like, oh, oh no, you've triggered a self-defense mechanism. Now, two seconds ago, he was, you know, flatlining. Now he's screaming and yelling. And the guy gets on the phone. Uh, can't talk. Not now. We're in the middle of listen to me. You have to give him a signal boost. That should help him regain control. That Stone. Yeah. And, but, but really, he then plugs something in, which knocks Cyborg out. And then they say, Oh, no idea, but something slowed down his ability to self repair. What, yeah. what, what is that? What we had? Then we go back to this, you know, the Japanese guy that we saw at the beginning, the original Cyborg girl is basically like, Hey, you know, there you go. I like the pianos. And then you got like all this stuff is just thrown out. Then you go and basically have things where Cyborg wakes up and says, where the fuck am I? And who are you? Well, we're, we're here. I'm this guy. Next panel. Yeah. Who are you? He keeps saying it. It just keeps getting repeated. Plus then he's introduced to people that next panel. The joke is he doesn't remember their name. <laughs> just what what the fuck is going on? The whole thing is they're they're giving him a a tour. So, Look, see, I'm we, not having fun with this book. No, you well, it's have like fun. here's the deal. They, they say, but really, here's the thing. Like, hey, uh, hi, cyborg. Nice to meet you. I'm a big fan. Listen, I don't want a tour. And he left the one person hanging. So they go, and he's like, hey, I see these uh, big robots that you do. Can I pilot one? I don't know if you should. Yeah, but I had a Gozinga action figure. All right, you're in. He gets just, in the pilot, then hooks up to use his, 
you know, he's going to download. And he does say at that one point that he can download and that he's kind of like a, uh, he has this, uh, web type, uh, cloud base, you know, that he can download things from anything, yeah, yeah. whatever. But the problem that's, is, that's cyborg, yeah. Yeah. But the problem is, he keeps saying to himself that they'll never be able to detect him doing it, which they do. And plus, they're, they're you doing can tell it they as would. they're doing it. Yeah. And you can tell they would. So it doesn't make any sense where he's downloading things to see if they are on the up and up. In the meantime, they're going to go through war games, which it seems like they're in a contained area where they're shooting bombs and lasers and just fighting each other where you have this Mako, the pilot, where he called the lady Miko, and also she looked like Mo from from the goddamn fucking Three Stooges. I don't even know what's going on with this whole thing. It was the most ugly-looking thing I've ever seen, where I thought Cyborg was going to be like, I don't even know what, what what's going on here. But really, all it ends up being is in the middle of this, Cyborg's dad calls him and says, hey, by the way, I need to do some tests. He's like, hey, I'm kind of busy now, but you know, do them tonight at 1 o'clock. The roundabout yeah. with that goes back to the idea that he's there. You have Silas, who we've worked hard in this, even though we've hated Cyborg. One of the things we did get out of it was him having a better relationship with his dad. His dad's sitting there, <laughs> we don't want him to remember everything, do we? Well, even we better that, the whole better relationship, Cyborg doesn't seem to be on board with anything that no. Silas wants to do no. with him. And like, it seems that they're still running tests like they always do, and it's just a weird thing. It's like, so I constantly going to physical therapy it's a goddamn pain in the ass and you always yeah. wanted to get over with it seems like cyborg will never have it be over with so he just goes into like a meditation stasis yeah, kind of he state goes to while they to go and interface with yeah. his inside stuff like uh, that the, but, like, it's, i'm telling you this whole idea at the end though where we find out that silas is like you know it's 106 in the morning they're going to go into like cyborg systems while he's meditating in his stasis to state almost whatever what it is. i think set up firewalls around his memories that they don't want uh, oh to that's have. the thing is it yeah. kind of calls back to what we we're dealing with though it in does, the last but run, I don't, like I don't, you know yeah. of hiding his memories of him dating dr sarah charles but and stuff that, that led up to his yes. accident and with that though i can't say that marv wolfman is dealing with that because i don't I see anything either. here that leads into us now here i'm, I'm gonna make you laugh here so Silas is a good guy, right? He's a good father, correct? You, you think he cares about his not, boy? Not from what I see here. <laughs> Just pretend he does. At uh, the one point, he when he calls Cyborg, he gets a hold of him. Beep, 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 Cyborg, zoom, there he is. He's got the screen. Son, are you okay? I just wanted to get a hold of you because we just saw that your your uh, internal uh, meters are spiking. Are you all right? It seems like you're under stress. Where the fuck was he three pages before when Cyborg was dead? He never got a hold of him there. See, I'm making you laugh there. Well, maybe, I'm maybe there he did, it. though. I'm telling you, with them Slot guys on that. the phone, it seems that the, he's working with the SOB. Yeah, but even that, why wouldn't he talk to his son? At one point, he just gets a hold of him. He's like, Victor, are you there? Are you okay? And he's like, I was worried. We detected an increase in your functions. And he's like, did, were you spying you, did, on did me? You, did you detect the fucking flatline a few yeah, minutes really. ago? Yeah, really. That's what I'm saying. Did you detect that I was dead? Did you detect that I was in, you know, almost dead and they had to repair me? Where the, where the fuck were you? And he's there now. They put their hand on like, my mother box. But again, Papa. yeah, this is the whole idea of, to me, like, Marv Wolfman is just throwing shit out there. And he really is. And, we got three and stories so, going on. I don't even know, I know. any of the but characters' But with that, names. though, none of the names, none of what's Never going Silas on. Because Stone. then you get the idea where you have Cyborg. Oh, good. You know what I think? It's not Marv Wolfman's fault that I don't know any of the names. He throws all their names at us. It's just a story he's giving us. I don't yeah, care well, about any Here's people. the deal. If I have a story that I'm telling and I'm like, hey – uh, me and Eric Shea did this, and then we tell a boring story that has nothing to do with me or you. There's never going to be a way. You have to retain a name 
by caring about the character. You These always characters, care about Eric Well, I would. Why wouldn't I? He's America's sweetheart, that guy. I just don't like that cellar dweller or that guy kid. Uh, but with that, you have this where you're, you're, yeah, no, the guy kid. I like the Uh man child. I don't like the guy kid. Yeah, that guy's a little crazy. But yeah, when you're doing this, there's never a time where you'd be invested. I, I know the one character, Mako, because Cyborg is a racist and doesn't even remember the name. Goes, yeah, that Mako. Like, no, no, it's Mako. I'm like, what are you getting at here? Maybe that was his ploy. That's a little ploy to get us to remember. Uh, but yeah, at the end, I'm just like, what, what the fuck is going on here? Because the wraparound is he did these scans that the people who saved him and did operate on him told him. I also like it's almost like you're getting the idea that they're like, hey, you know, here's the tour. He doesn't want to tour. He's just a jerk to him. But at the end, they seem to be maybe the bad people because. Well, and, and that's the best. The one thing that makes you lead to the bad people, it's the second to last page. We see Cyborg and Stasis. We have one panel where we just see these people from this, you know, the SOBs. I think he believes us, but dot, 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 move on. Yeah, now, that's where you now get it. Now, Dr. again, Silas Stone is he's it going to yeah. because he's blocking yeah. memories. But is it going to be that this is all just like it's really going to be like, oh, son, just testing you again. You passed. Dad, you son of a bitch. You've wah, done it again. Wah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm like. And then oh, we Dad. turn the page. We see the other puzzle. Yeah, that's what I said. I think that that's where you're getting the red herring because you have this guy who's this original cyborg. Uh, from, you know, feudal Japan. <laughs> it doesn't make no goddamn sense, but he has a, a wife that's a computer robot. She's there a robot, go. and he has daughters that are robots. I'm telling you, this robot. is the worst reveal ever because oh. every time you would see his family, they're always in shadow. Yeah. And from what you've already gleaned from this character about being the first robot like the cyborg and what we got from the last issue, you yep. knew that these people were goddamn robots. And I love it. It's like, Husband, I miss you. Husband, I miss you. Please come to bed. Listen, small wonder. I'll be there. Uh, you know, I never can say no to you. I'm like, <laughs> gross. But uh, with that, then I'm like, also kind of, you know, tantalizing. Engine where, reborn. <laughs> and it says engine reborn. Whose engine? Is it the I'm lady? This guy's Him? Engine. And it's also, I love it too. She's like, thank God you program me not to have eyes. I can feel this. Why do you have a leather wallet on your face? I told you that is my skin engine. Oh, no. I have had a terrible mistake. I think I am pregnant again. And then shits out an iPhone. There you go. That's how it ends. That's how it ends. I just want to know, though, because we have your engine reborn, who I believe to be this Japanese cyborg man. I think it's the girl. On the on the on the goddamn cover of this issue though, introducing Mech and yeah. X, the man god. Yeah. Yeah. Who is Mech and X, the man god? I, I, I don't know. Is it the man child, Eric Shea, introducing the man? I'm telling you, you want to get wacky. I I gotta see as you talk a little. Tell me what you think about it because I'm gonna pull up the uh, the solicit. Boy, they really go into a lot of crazy shit if I remember that, and none of it makes any sense. I mean, they are he is playing 17 angles here, and none of them end up in a triangle, Eric. That's, and that, that's the worst part, as I'm telling you. The thing I care most about, obviously, is the Silas Stone stuff because that deals most with our yeah. character, and even possibly stuff we dealt with earlier so in this ridiculous. series. It's continuing now, but. It's just full of, you know, cyborg. I like to play with action figures that used to pilot robots when I was a kid. I need to pilot a robot now, even though I just woke up from death a second ago. And you're touring, you're giving me a tour through your super secret goddamn hideout base. 
it's it's a it's a weird thing where nothing really flows together. You don't care about any of the characters, and there's just too much going on. And yep. I like the art overall, but I think I'd have to give it a four out of ten. Here, listen to this one. You want to hear? <laughs> First off, it's a solicit that is a quote from Najiro Jin, the, the guy. And Jin. Uh, hi, my name is Najiro Jin. I was born of flesh and blood, but now encased in steel. I have become Enjin, spelled differently than what we get at the end, by the way, who seeks to discard the final traces of what has become a frail humanity to become Mechan X, the man god, who will soon wield so the power, the who will soon wield the power infinite. All that, more names than I do. all that stands in my way is the construct that is called Cyborg. It is for that reason alone I must regretfully die. Introducing Mechan what? X, born in the waning days of the 19th century, who has targeted the destruction of the robo-dojo school of giant makers, but Vic Stone as well. That, that, that's the solicit. I don't even know either. I'm telling you. It's Engine who the now must become Mechanex, the man god, who unfortunately has to deal with Cyborg, so regretfully will die. Oh, that's great. That is wonderful. Thank you, Marv Wolfman. You have made my week. Oh, this Marv book Wolfman, you've should done be... it again. <laughs> oh, Marv Wolfman. You've done it again. Uh, yeah, this book was canceled, brought back from Marv Wolfman. It really... Uh, if this is goes as Let's high talk about as beating a I'm dead telling horse. you, if this goes as high as this was Dan DiDio's idea, if this was a Jim Lee idea, uh, they should at least get a pay cut, if not fired. There is no reason this book should be coming out. There's no reason you should read it. There's no reason that anybody should waste the ink to print it. It is not a story that is ever going to be remembered. It's nonsense. I don't know why they feel that they had to bring a cyborg book back. The only thing I can think that they want to do, and this is just me throwing shit against the wall and seeing if it sticks, is that they have some plan that in their mind they have somebody big coming on this book and needed to continue it so that people just didn't think it was canceled and then get a sour taste in their mouth. But this book never works. They no. keep getting just nonsense on it. It never works at all. So why are they doing this? They can't possibly, after seeing what Marv Wolfman has done recently, like the Raven miniseries you got before, the Raven that we're getting now, the current and, one, yeah. and think that Marv Wolfman still has it, uh, is And again, if this is one of those where they have a contract, they want to do something, they have an anniversary coming up, whatever they have to do, you are killing the character of Cyborg for any fans going forward where if you're reading this, you'd be like, fuck this. I And then the next Cyborg, and eh, that's Cyborg's nonsense. So I, I just – it's a lose-lose situation, and the real losers are anybody who reads it like us and have to talk about it because it's nonsense. I gave it a 4 out of 10. Uh, the art's okay. Yeah. Uh, like I said, we'll see how it goes, but he is one of those – I told you where when I read and reviewed this – he seems like a guy I, – I don't know. It's weird that I think he's old, Eric. But he's old, and I think he's stuck. So old. I think he's stuck in a weird place where he is still trying to write like the past, where you do have all these stories thrown in there. Yeah, you know, it doesn't need to make full sense. We'll get – but he also seems to have a weird pacing that is more modern that works 
completely against what he's trying Let's to do. Let's talk about for the what first the kids one. like these yeah, days. Uh, yeah, and that. So you end up where the big he, bang thinks, on he thinks steroids. he thinks that at this time on May fourth, two thousand eighteen, that he thinks the hip thing for nerds is Big Bang Theory. Please, the only one who thinks anything about Big Bang Theory Hello, weird science. is Dan Stransky, who may live tweet the first season this week. <laughs> That's what he's up to. He, he's now live tweeting Laverne and Shirley. Eric, and I'm thinking might do that. That would be pretty good, but it wouldldn't be live tweeting, but it, it's just nonsense. But I'm alive, aren't I? That, <laughs> that's it. And I'm like, hey, are you a Lenny or Squiggy fan? I have a poll right now on, on Twitter <laughs> wondering why nobody's getting involved. Who's hotter, hey, Laverne yeah, or Shirley? Who's hotter, Laverne, Shirley, or the Big Ragu? And we know it's the Big Ragu. Uh, it's just nonsense. It's, Penny it's complete, Marshall's where it's, it's at. It's complete and utter nonsense. Please tell me, what brewery did they work at? That would be the Shots Brewery, and then you would be correct, Eric. Then I'd be able to give you a ding. There you go. But so yeah, meal. That's Angel Muzzle. There you go. That is Oscar the podcast. <laughs> that, is, that is the Doing podcast. Doing it our way. See, now we're having my... Take it. Anything to move will make it. There we go. We're you gonna make it. But I'm waving goodbye to a drum. I just put on a bottle. Doing it our way. I've already lost my voice from, you know, yelling and screaming about these. I cannot Good. do my full intro to, yeah. Uh, I also got the idea because at the one point I think Laverne gets a glove and it looks like she spits in it. And it disgusted me. I'm like, <laughs> you dirty Penny Marshall. You're just doing that because of who your dad is. You're allowed to spit in gloves. Uh, yes, but that's the podcast, Eric. What is your book of the week? My book of the week is Green Lanterns number 46. Yep, so is mine. I actually said, like I told you, I lied at the beginning saying that my book was going to be Action Comics. Mine You're was a big fat easily. Liar. Mine was easily. Watch it there. Watch it there, buddy. Fatty, fatty. Uh, but yes, uh, now we're going to talk about what we're going to talk about next week. It's like oh, we're getting on. We're getting it. on, getting on. This is what books will be coming out next week and possibly we'll be talking about them unless we both have heart attacks because we definitely have a podcast each week. But we have Batgirl and the Birds of Prey number 22, Batman White Knight number 8 that ends that series, nice. Detective Comics 980 getting very close to James Tynan and finishing up that run. We have Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps number 44, Justice League I, no I have no Justice. idea. For some reason – I don't know if I was spacing out. You said Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. I almost went boop, boop, because I, I heard Get Fresh Crew in my head. <laughs> Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Ring, ring. Boop, boop. Ring, ring. Just to say, where, where are my sound effects for you? I, I need something for that. Anyway. Take that, buddy. Justice League, no justice, number one. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. <laughs> sound like a retard. New, Super Get Fresh Crew. New Superman in the JLC. Beep boop! Number 23, it's joop! Red Hood and the Outlaws, number 22, doop doop! I'm just gonna I don't keep like going. That one. Shit boy! Sideways, number 4, Suicide Squad, number 41. That book not canceling up. Flash, number 46, Prelude to the Flash War. Eep boop! We'll get there someday. <laughs> someday we're gonna be there. The Immortal Men, number 2. Hopefully I'll like that a little more, uh, and I'll get on board with you. I'd like to get on board with you to the good ship lollipop, Eric. Wonder Woman number 46. Right. And that are the books. Obviously, two will be picked by the badass members of the Green Lantern Corps. Boop, boop. 
<laughs> that will be on the Patreon. <laughs> and we'll also have at least one on the regular spotlight. I'm looking at the amount of books. It seems like a lot looking at, but I think we counted it. wasn't that many, but it's a couple 10. weeks from now, it's like 19 or something yeah, nonsense. Uh, yeah, you like that song 19? Do you know that song by, I think it was like somebody hardcastle that it's one 18 and life to go. No, 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 I'm not talking uh. skid row, buddy. This was like a song that, that it the was sequel to that. No, no, no. I'm telling you it was 19 and left. You got it. No, it was a song that it was like Paul hardcastle. And basically the song was just a bunch of dance, like almost like electronic music, saying like the average age of the per- people who died in Vietnam was 19. You never no. heard that song. And no. it went on forever. And I'm telling you, at one point, people were dancing it up to a song about people dying in Vietnam. I'm like, that is a crazy ass. And it's just 19. You have to look up the song. 19. I do not. Dancing Mike, I'm sure, loved it. It actually was very catchy. And one of the best songs, I think, about people dying in Vietnam. There you go. But yeah, that is it. That's the podcast. Right. I told you, I'm getting very, very tired at the end here. This is like one of those in the past where we'd have the ending and I would just have you tell me about uh, Transformers and or He-Men and I'd uh-huh, make up uh-huh. names for them. But we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. That's See, I got Snapper time. in the mail the other day. And you guessed oh, correct snapper. since he is a snapping turtle. Snapper you know, like his name is, is a snapper. turtle. Snapper. Yeah. There you go. What would you call a Transformer that transforms from a mail truck into a FedEx truck well, that, also that, deli- that also delivers mail and then is a triple change that then transforms into a tricycle. What would you call that? Would you call that tri-change? Is that what you call it? Tri-change? I'm done with your games. You don't don't like mock that. me, boy. You don't like that. What shit, boy. You- well, shit, boy. You had a, a transformer that transformed from man-at-arms into a building, nah, into a fire hydrant. No, no, I don't like that like cross-contamination. You don't like that? How no. about if it was a visionary that was based on a stripper, a male what? stripper, that transforms into a a rack of ribs that then you know, transforms into Fred Flintstone? What would you call that? Would you call that Freddy Ribs, the, the dancer? What would you call it? You got anything for me? You're, you're the everybody. You're, have a great week. <laughs> Come on, one more. If you had a transformer that transformed from Freddy Cougar to the Wolfman and then into a cardboard box, would that be a triple change? You'd call the horror box. Would you call it that? Would you call Scream Town? Hey, hey would it be called that? Scream Keep it town, weird. Scream Town, Clown Town. What was that? Was that uh, where Wrong Turn thought that Clown Town was the next Wrong Turn? Was that Wrong it? Turn Seven? Yes, you thought wrong Clown Town was Wrong seven. Turn Seven. Pound Town, they called it. You ever go to Pound Town? You ever drive? I know to the Pound back town? way there. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. What do we say at the end, there? See you in seven. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there he goes. Oh, there he goes. Oh, there he goes. Oh, there he goes.